going on January 6th. Five thirty four PM. I figure I better follow I I, I better uh, you know uh, follow the time because you hear January sixth and I didn't say anything. It's like it's like I'm celebrating with all the other assholes that are celebrating this day. Fascist fucking festivus. I played I, I play this song because I was going to do the recaps. I got a lot of fucking discourse, man. I got so much fucking discourse. But I haven't done a, I haven't done a podcast in almost like a fucking week anyways, right? So I might as well, you know, uh, you know, do a long one, I guess. I guess I'm, I, I guess for the time being, I guess my, the way that, that I'm structured right now is doing, uh, once, once a week, I guess. But, you know, I'm trying to, like, you know, get back to, like, doing, like, two or three a week, maybe. So I can keep them shorter. I did, um, I did, um, open mic on Thursday. See, again, if I went out more often for open mic, like, you know what I mean? Then it would be impossible to do a podcast, catch up with all the fucking wrestling shit. And I, and I just wrote a blog about trying to fucking, you know, escape Google. Because, again, there's too many shows coming up, right? You know what I mean? There's, like, you know, like, Money in the Bank coming, the Money in the Bank. And that was supposed to be the big announcement for WWE. People thought it was going to be, like, uh, it was going to be um, that they're working with TNA or something. Like, I mean, that could also be, like, another announcement. It's not just one big announcement. People thought it was going to be The Rock versus Reigns at... The Elimination Chamber, because, you know, The Rock returned on Raw. You know, I thought MJF would show up, but he didn't show up, you know. I thought, you know, but but I, I still do, but watching Dynamite, you know, you, you got a sense that they're moving past MJF, in my personal opinion, with him being off the roster page and all that shit. Um, but people think that's a work. I mean, even if he goes to WWE, it's still a fucking work, you know what I mean? These companies are still affiliated. Um... But yeah, no. So between Money in the Bank and uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, AEW coming in 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 March, you know, I I I can't afford all these fucking shows. You know what I mean? I, I love to get the tickets cheap or get hooked up with some of the tickets, but I don't have any connection that get me directly connected. You know what I mean? So I think that you know, and, and WrestleMania season's coming up, so I might have to kind of sway away from the wrestling shit and just maybe just focus on doing the fucking comedy shit, you know what I mean? Because I, I just don't want to have another fucking uh, year where I'm sitting here depressed about not going to Mania, you know what I mean? And missing out on the festivities and all that kind of shit and people I know being included in that type of stuff, you know what I mean? And then, it, 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 like, like the, the, the people that I know that are, like, you know, wouldn't admit it to me. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, every outlet's going to be there and stuff like that. And it's going to be a little bit rough for me for my mental health. And I, I know a lot of people, like, you know, like, thrive off of showing off during this time when, you know, when, when uh, like, they know that it can get to my fuck. Because, again, a lot of people fucking hate my gut. So it's like they're given incentive by people in the industry to fucking, you know, rub it in. Because they don't actually care about your mental health. They always want you to be fucked up no matter what. 
That's why a bunch of jerk-offs who get paid online, and a lot of people on Reddit and fucking, you know, online, they get paid to be, these people get paid to be online to basically uh, hammer home the system's narrative, even if the system's not fucking saying it, so they can find a way to, like, you know, uh, you know, body shame talent, basically. You know what I mean? And, and that whole pressure from the iron claw that you saw that we think we're we're above now, about the mental pressures and all that kind of stuff. No, it's still fucking there. Just it's amplified by the billionaires who fucking you know pay to fucking make your life a little bit more miserable. You know. I don't know, man. So yeah, that was WWE's, uh, you know, big announcement. Maybe I mean I thought they were gonna do something with fucking with with, with Japan or something like that. You know what I mean? Because I mean, like you know, because the whole thing with Charlie Dempsey, I saw some of the clips of the some of the matches he had. Yeah, he did pretty fucking well, man. He fits that style well. It the only thing is, man, with the call on NXT, they don't fucking use him. To his full fucking ability of what he can do. They don't make his group a fucking actual threat. Even if they have, like, one minute of, like, you know, like a, a week of where they pretend, like, you know, they're a credible group. But they always lose. They're not, like, they're not a big threat of, of a stable. I'm hoping that changes, you know. And it's weird because people... Listen, I don't mind working relationships with different companies and all that, right? I don't like when... Uh, yeah, WWE is always going to be a villain. So they're always going to try to probably, you know, buy out Japan. Like, like thing is, I, I don't know everything about it where, like... Because people who are heavy into the Japanese scene and kind of can differentiate why this will be different than the UK is because there's more... I think more of a united front, I guess. You know, I like, there's more. Again, I can't tell you every single thing of why it's different, but I I assume that within the real life storyline kayfabe shit, that what's it called? Um, you know, um, the real life kayfabe shit, that um, that like Triple H and them will try to like you know have a stronghold in Japan, by you know whether it's having you know relationships with stardom, you know, and and, and again and because in because New Japan owns that, you know, the people that own Bushi Road owns Stardom, right? If I'm not mistaken, I can't keep up, man. I, it's it's like keeping up with the record labels and shit, the parent company and all that shit, you know. Uh, but like you know, but them like they'll find a way to justify why these working relationships will happen. You know what I mean? It couldn't happen with Vince McMahon, even though like. Behind the scenes, like, you know, Vince McMahon probably was always cool with some of these promoters. You gotta pretend like he doesn't know what Japan is. Like, I, I, I would hate, I would hate, hate the dumbed-down fucking narrative of Vince McMahon. You know. But to me, what's the cold thing, you know, with, 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 people keep thinking that training is going back to WWE. And, and people keep going back and forth with Mercedes. Um, you know, uh. With Merce with Mercedes with Mercedes uh or Sasha Banks if you go back to WWE like I think Mercedes is gonna go to AEW I you know I, I I really do think she will ultimately but they keep like doing like oh she's backing out she might go they're trying to fucking really like you know do a bipolar shit with it they're taking you on a, they're taking you on a bipolar coaster essentially you know and then um. 
Yeah, so I mean, I I always assume that some of the companies in like in in New Japan in uh, in Japan will be associated with WWE, like 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 all Japan might be associated with WWE, while New Japan is associated with AEW, and it's like it's gonna have like Team Cap, Team Starks, basically type of deal. But a lot of people are supposedly headed to WWE from Julia to Camille. I thought Camille would be a shoe in for Impact, or she'd be a shoe in for AEW. But I think, you know, being in, in WWE, Camille could... Because when you first heard of Camille, she was uh, Nick Aldis's bodyguard. So if Nick Aldis kind of becomes more of a... Like, you know, more of a... Like, you know, a, a more of a personality that becomes, like, you know, kind of a heel or a... Fi- like, a, like a, Right now he's a face, right? But I do think ultimately he will be a heel. I think, you know, Camille will probably be, like, you know, his, like, muscle... In my personal opinion, if they like, you know, and maybe start a new stable or something like that. I don't know. I mean, it's not surprising that Trinity would go back to WWE because you know she has family there. You know what I mean? So like, you know, it was cool for her to like go out and like show what she can do, and she kept her. She kept her elements of her old gimmick, but she showed that she can have substance, and she can fucking do dope matches when she's given the fucking chance. And I know the the thing is, is like you know she's gonna go back and like you know and WWE, um, you know, produce like you know hopefully it'll be one of those things where WWE then goes okay we're gonna like now give her what she's worth. Cause I think she did well on her own, but I, it'd be cool if her and Mercedes showed up in AEW. Hence why I think that they're hinting at a women's tag title because maybe the angle would be that you know Mercedes and um, Trinity would come in as the AEW tag champion and say they never lost tag titles in the previous company. So they are, you know, by default that, and then you kind of, like, you know, start getting that kind of out of the open, maybe. Who knows? Velveteen Dream came out. Again, he's going to be, again, another discourse character. That, and the more that these discourse characters come back, and how, you know how, like, a lot of people who pretend to be pure, like, all, all these media accounts, they try to be fucking pure about, like, pro- oh, I'm going to call out, you know, uh, Brian Kendrick for, you know, um, for past fucking, you know, uh, opinions and all that. I'm going to call out this person. I'm going to call out that person. And then when they come back, then they have, like, nothing to fucking really, you know, say to justify because, you know what I mean? Like, you know, they people, people, in, the, people in the media that have connections to, you know, people in, the, in these companies don't actually want to, like, hold anyone accountable. It was just, you know, like, to me, it feels like fake cancellation type of deal, so now you have them bowing to the fucking right. Like, people think that, you know, again, because the people on the left that will blindly, like, deny that, like, there's a Mossad angle with Epstein and that it can get people to blackmail them to be loyalist to Israel or, like, you know, support, like, the Israel war. But there's other avenues of different fucking, like, Christian fundamentalists or other powerful fucking people, like, in, in in the far right and all that, that also fucking can get you to be blackmailed um, into accepting fucking more fundamentalist shit. Why do you think a lot of celebrities now are like uh, are, are are speaking out about this? Because some of, because a lot of them are being blackmailed into doing the anti-Semitic shit, and some of them are being blackmailed into doing the pro-Israel shit. People can be fucking blackmailed into doing shit. This is a mafia industry. But anyway, Velveteen Dream, you know. So so again, so all these people are showing back up, 
And from the start, from, from the start, I knew that Velveteen Dream would come back up. This is like the Garner, because again, these, these guys are cogs in the fucking mafia fucking system. And the new way of the Attitude Era is having all this problematic... Like, have you ever remembered a fucking time where somebody is... People are being accused of being pedophiles? And it's like, okay, well, pick pick, pick your poison because there's like 80 million of them uh, in the celebrity world that are fucking, you know, uh, involved with shady fucking shit. And, and now it's like there's so many of them that you can't cancel all of them. But to me, it's like... It's, it's the next evolution of like, you know... The thing is... Like and, and and what I hate about the fandom is that they think they're fucking good, they're awesome enough, where they are like they think that they're fucking you know uh, like I haven't spoken in a couple of days like you know since the last time I did fucking open mic and I didn't go really well so when I'm at home and I'm not really saying much and I'm just writing down mostly it's like I have to learn how to talk again. And, you know, it's not coming to me because I'm not talking as uh, frequently as I have been doing these podcasts. You know, and sometimes I, in my house, I, I don't talk. So in my head, it feels like I'm, I can have the confidence to say it. But then, you know, then an open this week, an open mic, it wasn't really that. It, the thing is, since I've been going to that show, that was the, the, the specific one at, uh, on Thursdays at Comedy Bar and shit, there's been some wild fucking characters that are fucking showing up. Like, I thought, like, here's an example. There was one guy who was, like, you know, like mentally challenged. And I thought, okay, what the call day, you know, I, I hope this doesn't become, like, a whack pack type of deal, whatever. But the guy who was, like, you know, helping him write material, the guy, you know, he, he delivered it. He did, he did way better than me, like, in a genuine way. I laughed more at his set than I did laugh at Chappelle's special, you know. And that's not like taking a, you know, a, I'm just saying, because Chappelle is like, you know, he's supposed to be the king of comedy. And yet, what they're called now, a lot of these comedians are not even comedians anymore. They're sports entertainers now. Where they, you know, it's more about the you shoot interviews now. It's not about, like, the actual comedy art. And this is what gets discord. This is what gets traction in the in the comedy world is, like, the backstage fucking shit, like, not even about the fucking art, because someone can be genuinely funny, but if you're, if they're doing liberal shit, then, you know, people are, uh, the people online who are the cool people are gonna fucking shit on anything that's liberal, because, you know, people think liberals already run shit already, they think Hollywood's fucking liberal, and it's not, it's fundamentalist right. So whenever you have, like, a, like, a left-leaning message, it's kind of seen as preachy and all that type of shit. I'll get into all that. I'm just focusing on the wrestling stuff, and I'm going to do some recaps. I haven't, I haven't done the Raw, SmackDown, NXT recaps. I haven't written them down yet, but I've done the AEW one so far. I want to get this done before Rampage, and I also have the Wrestle... I did Wrestle Kingdom in the New Year's Dash, but my notes aren't really good on that one. You know what I mean? If you want to listen to other people that, you know, recap this shit, go to Post Wrestling. They did a phenomenal job re because those guys know the history, and, like, you know, they, they set you up to know all that shit. So, to me, it's like, you know, you show... But because, like, those AW guys, and plus, also, like, this is, like, the one year... Like, I watch, like, some of the bigger events that New Japan does. I don't get to watch every single thing. Like, I don't get to watch a Super Junior Tag League until the final type of deal. I don't watch the World Tag League. I, I probably should. But, like, you know, like, you know, Wrestle Kingdom, the G1. I, I, G1's the only tournament that I actually do pay attention to. Um, you know, um, 
yeah, you know. But like, you know, some it'll be exciting to see where the new angles are going to be going. Basically, I don't know. Again, but, but, but Abushi, Abushi is now uh, saying that like he got scammed into some like I guess some like you know natural treatment or something like that, and that's why he hasn't. But the thing is, it's like if they wanted him to be fixed, they would. It's like another part of being controlled in the industry is that when you're at poor health, it's like it's all on you, basically. You know what I mean? Like, if they really cared about his health, they would have stepped in. They ha- the wrestling industry does have control, more control than you think, not just people doing shit all willy-nilly on, them- on themselves. The thing is, when it comes to, like, the, like, the natural advanced shit, what they call, I could buy that in, in some way there's some genuine, like, if the people that are connected have, like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like, uh, like it's like secret, like 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 it'd be like Wakanda, like basically, you know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? Like I, I like I imagine it like you know, secluded from everywhere else, whatever, and all that type of shit. Right, but but, but people, but 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 whenever anything natural comes out in the in the in the in in, in, the, in the on the surface now, it's normally because it's supposed to be a scam, and the person who promotes it ends up getting worse. Like, Robin Quivers, like, you know, like, was onto something, maybe, but then, because she promoted something, you know, alternative, it apparently made her, made her worse, right? But the thing is, like, now, like, 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 the reason why you should go to, like, like, you know, like, uh, like, you know, like, the supported doctors, whatever, is because those, like, depending on who you, especially if you're in the industry, like, like you know, what I mean, like try to make it, try to make it official, but like you know, try to make it official, like it's for regular people, like regular people can go to regular doctors and all that type of shit. But when it comes to like you know, industry people, it's like the advancements could now be gone, could be gone to an official like hospital or like you know, official like doctors and all that. They would have the advanced capabilities now, um, to fix these. Uh, like, especially, you know, these athletes and, you know, uh, celebrities that are chosen, I guess. I don't know what I'm talking about, man. All I'm saying is go see real doctors, man. You know, just, you know, do what you want to fucking do. But, like, the thing is, I, I think it's also, because, I mean, if you're going to argue that, like, there's, like, scams with the, 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 with the natural, with the, with the supposed natural shit... Then there's also like corrupted doctors that fucking you know put patients in uh in in, in worse conditions where like you know like they they might be compromised by what they support, and then they might make people more sick. Like that's also been a case as well. So I can see why like mean that in in order for this uh, this natural shit to like catch traction with people, it would it would mean that they had the people that go for this shit had experience where they were fucked over. By doctors, you know, like, like, here's an example, what they're called, like, uh, I don't think this was, like, I, I, like, they gave Muhammad Ali, like, I forgot, they gave him the wrong medication, the medication made him fucking worse, right, so, like, you know, the, the system could have compromised fucking people in their, uh, in, in their shit, basically, you know, like, they, they could have, like, compromised doctors that will, uh, make people worse, But, like, you know, but but it's, like, if Ibushi is supposed to be rebuilt again, it's, like, they built this up to have, like, you know, he, he had a match with Marafuji at, in Noah. 
And from the clips that I saw, I didn't seem like super horrible or anything like that, but people were definitely like, you know, so when you amp it up, when the internet amps it up, then it, and then, you know, and then it gets addressed, it means that, you know, he'll now go back to being, you know, really, really good again, I guess, if they get him the advancement that he needs, the treatment. But don't listen to me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not a doctor, you know, clearly. Dr. Hansey living in his parents' fucking basement. Um, no, I just, you know, um, but yeah, no, I, so, so, so yeah, open mic was, like, decent. Like, the thing is, like, everyone's still supportive. It's just me in my own head. Like, if it, if it doesn't go well, like, if, if, like, if my first attempt doesn't go well, I'm like, oh, shit, this is gonna be hard to get them back now, because now I don't, because the thing, I, I, I do have material, but then the thing is, it's like, I don't know, man. I just can't memorize shit. And there's so many people that are fucking good. You know what I mean? Like, you feel so out of place because, like, you don't have the same, like, perspective sometimes. Because I've been terminally online, whatever, right? And I've been going by what's funny. You know what I mean? And it's completely different when you're, like, in a comedy club to see how people are actually fucking... Like, you forget people are actually doing the art and actually are being funny. There's, like, you know, things that are considered comedy, but the internet has, like, watered it down. Like, different different entertainment fucking things have, you know, watered down what comedy is. Like, in the wrestling world, the political world, they've all watered down fucking comedy. And now people only pay attention to, you know, what's going on there. Anyways, uh... I did play Made in Japan for a reason, because I wanted to get to the fucking... Uh, no, Made in Japan, Big in Japan. Hopefully I'll get him... I think I might take a week off from going. I don't want to overstay my welcome. You know what I mean? I, I did meet uh, I did meet David Mar um, David Marudge, um from that show Rami. He was doing stand up there. You know what I mean? He has, he's doing stand up. I guess he's gonna be around for a bit. But he's a really I saw him do stand up. Really funny dude. <coughs> I, I watched, I think it was when Rami came, that movie, that show, that show Rami came out. I, um, after season one, when season two came out, I was already kind of scaling back from watching television and, and movies again. Like, I was more focused on, like, <coughs> wrestling and the, and the political discourse. There was no time, really. So I, I feel bad I never got, like, for example, like, I'll look for the first criticism of something. So that I can justify why I don't have to fucking watch it. So when people say, yeah, you know, the show's kind of like a little bit serious, but like it's supposed to be comedy, but there's <clears throat> that Louis C.K. effect of making shows like that are supposed to be comedy more, like a little bit more dramatic, whatever, and all that. Which I, which, which it can work, it can work, whatever, right? But I haven't seen season two, but I did like season one, you know?
But no, he's a good dude, and he, you know, he, he wasn't, that's why I got nervous, because I saw him sitting in the, I said what up to him, but then, I don't, normally they call, normally sometimes I'm used to being called up, and um, I'm used to being called up, like, later on in the show, right, and sometimes by the time I get there, there's barely anyone there, but there was actual, like, the comedian, the comedians were actually sitting in to watch me. And I felt really fucking nervous because, like, now, you know what I mean? Because I had this guy, Chris Sandiford, who I've seen, I've interacted. When James Adomian was there, you know, I met the, that Chris Sandiford guy um, there, whatever. And then and through the time that I've been there, I've seen him different times and we were chatting, whatever. He's a really cool dude, man. And, and, then, and then people that I'm curious about, I'm more, I, I jot down so I can go listen to their material. And, you know, just, like, you know, get used to, like, listening to some of the local comics. And these people have things accomplished on their own, too. You know what I mean? It's just, like, I, I, don't, I, I don't focus on the Canadian scene because I've been Americanized my, 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 my whole fucking life. And now I wish I could kind of go back in time and fucking figure that I wanted to be a comedian early on. Maybe I could have, like, you know, been big by now. You know what I mean? And, and, and the thing, I don't even know if I'm going to fucking, like, become big from this. Anyways, it's just, like... I don't know how long I have to live, you know what I mean? I'm probably going to find out I have cancer soon. I got to go to the doctors. I'll probably have lung cancer, prostate cancer, diabetes. And I don't know how long I'm going to fucking live. And I just thought that, you know, with the last, you know, like, I'm, uh, I'm probably not going to last long. And, and where this world is going, I might as well have just said that I, you know, went out and tried to do stand-up comedy and try to improvise, like, you know, how to, you know, keep it interesting. Sometimes I feel I'm too. Sometimes I feel I'm too cynical and depressed to uh, come on, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, what I mean, it's 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 like it's like it's like the host like kind of realize that I have issues, and they're like, okay, I don't want to bust this guy's balls too much, or whatever, even though they probably could. You know what I mean? And it's like, uh, you know. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, like, like people seem like, you know, like the people that I'm cool with over there, they seem, like, really, really nice. But I can also tell they probably know I have fucking, you know, severe issues. The, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm sure I'm monitored by, you know, like, the, the comedy Illuminati now, whatever I'm doing. I don't get much traction anyways, but, you know. I don't know. I I just don't know how, you know, I don't know if I belong in, in this world really, man, you know. And I'm sure people who come and listen to my podcast here and there will probably see how depressing and mentally ill I am. But it's like, this is the only way to get my, uh, to get my, you know, my, you know, my, my irrational thoughts out so I can kind of come off a little bit normal later on. Whatever the fuck normal is. The last wrestling thing that for discourse I'll mention is that uh, the, the, the Jericho and Nick Hell like, again, people think that, you know, uh, that people are deflecting from the Jericho shit. It's not deflecting if, uh, if people online are mentioning it. If people online move on, then it's deflecting. But if it's still mentioned online while the company is moving forward, which probably means, like, they're, like, symbolically they're moving forward because, like, Jericho might be leaving with all the headaches he's doing. But it's, like, it's hard to find, like, any 
Because, again, like, people who are, you know, call these problematic people, they'll eventually give in to people being problematic. Then the people who are online who are pointing out, like, a record of Jericho being an asshole, like, history is now of him stealing other people's girlfriends, the history of that. I mean, a lot of fucking wrestlers probably have done the same fucking thing. You're just, you know what I mean? You're just focusing on Jericho now. But if you're not focusing on the overview of the industry as a whole, then, uh, then, 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 then what's the fucking point of even pointing this out? Because you're just doing it to fucking get credibility off of one cog in the, in the system. You're doing that for one cog in the system when you could be kind of talking about how there's these fucked up rules that have existed. And it feels like it's being exposed now on some level to basically kind of symbolize that a little bit. But, you know, they have to always gimmick it up. Like, if you're someone that's shitting on Jericho, but you're still defending Cornette, then, you know. You know, I don't know. And then all these accounts, would they pretend like they want... Safety for the women and performers and all that, but then yet they're the ones that instigate online. And if if they don't and if they don't give into your conditional support, then you'll fucking trash them and fucking you know shit on them because you didn't get anything useful out of them. That's how like people um you know um politic for you if they can get something you know personal out of it. There's like no there's no honor in in, in this shit anymore. There's no well there, there never was. But that's, you know, how people fucking get shit on. You you don't get fucking people to politic for you. And these people put pressure on some of these women. Again, listen, and I have no issue. Because, because again, these, these, women are, these women are fucking beautiful. You know, if they want to put out, like, sexy photos, man, like, all the better. I'll like the photos, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll write in the comments, you want to be an Illuminati power couple. As a, you know, that's my only fucking joke. That I have for, you know... That doesn't say much for me as a comedian, eh? Um, no, but, like, you know, I, uh... Like, I, like, like because whenever I fucking criticize it, people think that I'm trying to be, like, this conservative who, like, wants, like, no sex... It's like, no, I'm pointing out that, what's it called? They promote hypersexuality. So then people can go, oh, my God, this is getting so out of control. So then they can advocate for why it needs to go back to the, 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 the quote-unquote good old days. That's, that's why I have an issue with. And sometimes I think that there's fundamentalism, edgelord shit that goes online where people won't fucking support you unless you're fucking, you know, not getting naked or not getting sexy enough and all that. You're not catering to their horny, uh, their horny needs and all that type of shit. So these people are pretending that they want safety for women, but they're like part of the reason why these women aren't safe in the industry. You know. I don't know. 
I don't know, man. I'm just kind of, you know, pissed off. Hold on a second. Uh, I better get to some of the fucking recaps. Um, you know, I don't know. Kingdom shit. A lot of my analysis for some of the matches, like, well, I guess we'll see what happened in New Year's Dash. I thought I'd be able to read it before New Year's Dash happened. So, excuse, I'm just gonna read it again, and I don't know how it's gonna sound. I just wanna prepare before, because again, sometimes in my head, you know, it's, I wanted to do it, like, I didn't wanna do move for move. I did move for move for, not, I, I, I was falling asleep during a little bit, so I, I wasn't really good for the main event. And all that kind of shit, but you know, for some of the matches I did move for move, whatever. I was gonna recap the matches I really wanted to recap. I've not been keeping up with as much, but I didn't wanna watch all all of the ram the, the the Rambo. I normally more I'm more easy on the Rambo because I'm not watching all the time, so it's fine to see other characters who might not who might not have big time matches for the show. I I I I. I, I I oh I really like, I always forget how the king of the pro wrestling championship works, but the final four would be competing for it, and it was Yano, Great Okan, uh, Ishimori, and Yo, and there was like some like you know, uh, like you know so, like, between the United Empire members that were in here as well, um, 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 beefing with some of the fucking you know guys from Bullet Club. Thought it was decent. Then I watched the first official match that was Alex Coughlin and Drilla Maloney. Losing their junior titles to TJP and Akira, Francesco Akira, and uh, TJP came out as like you know, looking like a ra it's a from from Filipino folklore or something like that, but he's looking rated. He was under the mask. He's been decently good. But I don't know what this really means. I, I, I thought it was gonna be a permanent thing. I'm sure. I'm sure I'm missing more contact, but it's a fine open. I think this is the, the the last time they saw TJP was when he was put into a casket. So this is supposed to be a new version of him, and he worked in a different style. I, f I figured Bullet Club would, would, would be kept strong, but Drilla you, um, used to be with the uh, United Empire, and I think this is a good way to give, you know, United Empire a victory over these guys. I just know what, what, I just know what to expect. With this. I, again, I thought it was going to be... It didn't carry over to the New Year's Dash, but whatever. It was a good match. Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. was dope. Tanahashi got a couple of twists and shouts. Then a cross body and Zach got his knee uh, got his knees to counter the frog splash. Their counter submissions are going um, you know back and forth with them throughout the next sequence, and the commentary did a good job bringing up the issues with the rivalry to keep newbies like me to date. I can't remember everything. I always love when they go crazy with the submissions because it was cool to hear the crowd kind of react to these moves, like they have meaning to these people. You know what I mean? I, I really like when Tanahashi didn't get the dragon screw and Zach was able to avoid it. Then he does a. Neck twist with his legs. It was a well done spot. The back and forth pinning attempts kept going on, and when you least expect it, one of them got the win, and it was Tanahashi. 
I really do like this match, but you could have done a better ending to, to end the historic reign, in my personal opinion. I consider historic reign. This is a pretty good reign for, uh, for Zack Sabre Jr. Maybe yeah, I made mean, a little bit of hyperbolic historic reign. It was a good match, though. I, I expected something more definitive, but Zack did, you know, give him the title and bow to him out of respect, even though he's still a bad guy. And I thought, I was wondering if Zach will be going for something else or and move past the title, but I don't know. Tanahashi leaves as a double champion since, you know, he's a trios champion holder as well. The six, the never, never open weight six, um, six weight title. It was a decent match. They worked the pace, they worked, they worked the pace up and it got more aggressive as it went along. I guess Tanahashi becomes a president and he books himself to be a double champion now, you know. I'm just, I'm just being an asshole. This is fine. I hope uh, this reign uh, is eventful. You can put someone over, lesser established, and have the this mid-card title help, you know, win over. Like, you know, get a win over a main event guy for the mid-card title. You'd find out who, you know, might be challenging for it, but I'll get to that later. I thought this match stood out because Tanahashi needs time in his matches, so they, you know, had to work fast with the 15-minute time limit. Which will always bring out more creative ways to do these matches, but, you know, which might be the best part for Tanahashi at this point of his career, I guess. Yoda Suji and Yuya um, were next. I obviously wasn't jotting everything down, but this, but there was a brainbuster bomb after the, the hard back and forth between these guys with the shit that they were doing. I like the three-point stands getting countered with an arm drag, but then Yoda kept dominating until Yuya we had a power mode to kind of get some momentum. I thought it was done. I thought um, it was done with the bridge dragon suplex for a near fall from Yuya, but the de um, the deadbolt suplex finished off Yoda. I thought Yoda was winning because it seems like the last year there's been more of a push for him to be the focus. But I guess you wanted to give uh, Yuya, um, you know, Yuya, you know, a good, uh, you know, a good fucking, you know, singles victory because because they're, they're billing this as Yuya's first singles match since coming back. Because he's been in tag matches since coming back, I guess. Then we had everyone's favorite group, and to their credit, they do the they do get heat because the crowd was heated for them. But I really hate House of Torture. You know what I mean? And then, but the thing is, like Yoshinobu and Ren Narita kind of make it, you know, kind of like you know appealing a little bit. But then at the same time, I thought the same thing when Show when when uh, when Show uh, joined in. I thought, okay, maybe you know, but then. Maybe it'll get better, but then, you know, I I end up hating show as well, so maybe I'll hate these guys. But, I mean, they kind of grown on me after this match, and it was like a short match, and maybe Ren helps make this, and, you know, um, you know, and Yoshinobu make this group seem better. Cause I do like, I, I did like, you, you know, I, I did like seeing Yoshinobu and El, El Desperado team up. You know, I, mean, I thought he was a pretty, you know, dope wrestler. And I also, and, and, and from what I saw of Red Narita, I thought he was really fucking good, too. They got heat for ripping up the Noah shirts to piss off Kato. And they're, and they're facing Yoshoda and Kato, you know, Kato, Kiyomiya, and Shoda Umino. Shoda did a dope uh, entrance in a motorcycle, something like scooter. It wasn't even a, a motorcycle, it was like a scooter. And the confidence were making like dick jokes because of Dick Togo being there. But like, you know, I'm a fan of Red Narita, but this was my first real look at this guy in this group. I was interested because I feel like the past year Shota has been Shota, Shota the past year his risen his stock. So him and Kato faced Evil and Ren, it was a heated match. 
I was hoping that it would end quick, but, you know, because I, I get sick of the antics from the people in the House of Torture. Ubido was fighting them all off, and he was more aggressive considering Ren just, uh, and, and considering Ren turned against him to join the group, you know what I mean? So that's why he was, like, getting more aggressive, I guess. Like, you know, he was more heated for this rivalry. And at one point, when, Sh when Shota had uh, the FTF, someone at the House of Torture rang the bell to fool Shota. You know, he executed the top rope shotgun dropkick and then tried it really well. I was actually, like, kind of, like, you know, kind of into, like, the match itself a little bit, but, you know... But I guess more with the, the, the Red, Kato, and Shota part, you know. Because I wasn't really into... Uh, I, wasn't, I haven't really been to evil in a long time. You know, because I ever said evil... I mean, evil just, like, he's been, I don't know, it just, like, I haven't, you know... Like, every time evil came in, I was losing my interest. But the crowd was booing him heavily, and it made it decent, I guess. When you get decent heat, I guess they kind of over, you know... Who knows? Um, Shota and Ren kept countering uh, until Shota got his back suplex. Ren used uh, the push-up bar and then did the double cross spike for the win. The crowd hated this result, you know. But I felt Ren, Ren and Shota were like, the strongest part of whatever this match was. The Connor were hyping up the House of Torture are the most dangerous version right now. They, they, they do have a couple of people who still feel lively, but... I, I can't say technically, I can't say 100% I enjoy this group. Cause it might change in like in a month or so. But I also after seeing this groups in the last event that I saw, it feels like real, the real life heel sheet, he, sheet, the real life heel shit is paying off because the House of Torture did feel heated. And, you know, maybe I, you know, and, 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 and maybe, like, that's, like, you know, kind of a testament that you build up real heat for a while, even if the fans hate it, but when it really needs to count, you'll really have, you know, something going on, basically. I don't know. I did enjoy the never-open-weight championship match between Shingo and Tama. I, I've been indifferent to Tama outside the Bullet Club because I always thought he was a lifer, but... I mean, he's kind of grown on me as a babyface competitor. He at least has his facial hair back. And his hair is growing back, you know, long, but, you know, that that wasn't for long because the New Year's Dash, they cut it off. It was pretty much back and forth in the opening stages. Shingo eventually dived outside onto him after, you know, um, he felt the match was favoring him more, I guess. He signaled for what commenters called the tea time. Thomas diving neckbreaker was pretty smooth. I would think I, I, I've seen it all with superplexes, but Shingo nailed a pretty decent one that actually got people, like, really reacting. The Tongan twist was a pretty dope move. I feel like Tama um, has really gotten a lot better in um, with the ring quality because back when, back then, I never really felt as a competitor he stood out too much because he was all about charisma and character, but this, but this match was actually impressing me. Shingo kept avoiding the gun stun and eventually got a high-stack powerbomb for a near-fall. Shingo moves when the um when um moves when running to do a lower move or always uh no yeah Shingo moves when um Tama was doing a running move to the lower to, you know to the lower move I don't know I, I don't know what I was trying to say I was like half asleep here uh Tama got a gun stun to counter the made in Japan and couldn't get it to he couldn't get to make the cover Shingo kicked out at one from a bloody Sunday you know he's bringing back some of the you know. 
the old Bullet Club member in fucking moves. But still, Tama still got a smashing lane to knock him out for a bit. The double underhook was countered into a Rana, but Thomas still got a move on Shingo right after, and Shingo got the gun stun out of nowhere. Then Hilaria, then the Made in Japan. I thought it was done here, but Thomas kicks out at the last second. Then he pulled up the Styles Clash to counter the Made in Japan. Then he got a stun gun, gun stun. And I thought it should have been done by now, but the the P, the PST uh, is what finished this match. Um, and yeah, so uh, what's it? Well, what's it? Tama won. I, I I was not gonna lie. I was not looking forward to the, the match as much going in, but they really got something going. And the basic story of them be, having a win apiece was pretty interesting. I like Tama bringing the Bullet Club leader move from the past, and apparently he's departing with this company to be closer with his family. So I didn't get why he's winning the title was happening unless they wanna they want him to lose it to someone else. You would think they would just let Shingo keep the title, but whatever. Maybe they, uh, you know, want, you know, um, to, like, do a, like, you know, a real-life angle where, like, oh, look, the the company has him as a champion, like Carl Anderson. And then he goes to WWE or something like that, and then he comes back to defend it. Then Dolph Ziggler, Nick Nemeth, and his brother show up before the tag match. And the commentary um, by, by, like, the VIP area, and I was kind of shocked by this, and it was... And, and 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 this is probably a, a good move for him if he goes there full time or something like that, or he does a couple of dates there. I assume he, he and his brother are going to have a tag run with this company, maybe. So the winner take all match between Bishi, um, you know. But like it was for a singles thing, so he think they they made you think they they get involved with this this match maybe. Um. So the winner take all match between Bishiman and Girl of the Destiny. They're doing callbacks to the World Tag League match. I couldn't keep with everything, and they got the, the, they got to the finish, but it was broken up like Haka, broken up like when Hakaleo um broke broken up by Hakaleo and Bishiman tried to for the finish again. LP got a runner to counter it. Goru got a Yushigarashi for a near fall on Hakaleo. LP helped out um Hakaleo and then a um, moonsault on on uh, Yoshihashi, and then Hakaleo did a choke slam and LP. Uh, with a splash and go to kicked out of it, which was um, which no one they say no one ever kicked out of it apparently. LP got a CR three and Hakaleo did the thunder uh, thunder kiss a seven when he was on the one who was on LP's shoulders for the win. And I wonder if the title will be unified or will they defend each pair of titles? I don't know. Because even King even Kingston defending because Kingston in the Battle of the Valley is defending his New Japan strong title, so I guess they're still gonna have. Separate title defenses for these titles. I thought once it became a triple crown, you defend all three at once. I don't know, but I don't know if they'll like the. I I don't know. Maybe they'll defend both of these titles. I guess I don't know. Even Chris Charlton was wondering, so I didn't feel alone. But they were putting over the long list of contenders for these titles. I didn't know if uh, you know at this point. I didn't know if Dolph stayed. But I figure he might get involved later on and make making attendance clear for the New Japan New Year's Dash or something like that. And I, I was not gonna I was not gonna go to uh, go move for move with Hiromu and El Desperado, but this is a pretty fucking good match. It feels every year Hiromu is always involved with the junior title, but I mean, in this case he's had the title for a year, so now that but year now, but he felt like a big deal coming out. He always feels like a big deal in these Wrestle Kingdom performances whenever like he you know is going for his. 
match. It, it just seems for the last couple of years that I've seen him, he's always like in the in the in the junior heavyweight. He's either a champion or he's fighting for it. In, in, at these events. But he always delivers, you know what I mean? I, I didn't know when to start mentioning mo- the moves because I was, because like, you know, I, I was intending on not jotting down everything, but then getting a move here and there seemed kind of pointless. But I think the match went to another level when Desperado was uh, using the stretch muffler for for a long time, and then Harumu got destroyed to escape it uh, eventually, but the knee was being targeted by Desperado. I like how Harumu's knee was costing him to able to do moves. First he wanted to move, but then his knee gave out, and he had to settle to place Desperado perched. But then he went for his run, and his knee gave out, and let Desperado get a power power move from the top. See, that part was cool. Injuries actually affecting your ability to do some of these high-flying moves. So as well as you take notice, you know. Desperado got like 50 elbow strikes, and I thought Hiromu was dead. But this guy got a bunch of thrust kicks. He kicked out a double underhook move that Desperado does. He uh, psyched, him up, psyched him up because people thought it was done. He tries for it again, but and Hiromu got a pinning combo. But then Desperado got a double underhook pile driver. Then the other version he did prior that he'd thrown Hiromu's reign. Really good match. I think my favorite match thus far, um, you know. You know, and then plus the tag match and the winner takes all. Um, the, the the tag match was pretty good, and then the Shingo and Tama match were really good at this point. I thought, but then the next three matches are really fucking good. And I did jot down like uh, I did try to do move for move with these uh, with with these ones right here. Osprey and Finley versus Mox was next. Osprey felt like the biggest uh, star with the Assassin's Creed get up and move. Uh, music and then the, and the ele- then the elevated theme fucking picks up. Mox did like a Red Hood character from DC. They all, they, I mean, they all had this big, big, big time feel when um whenever they whenever they come out for the match. They both beat up Finley because he was the heated one in the match for rooting the original plans for the title match. And during the press conference, they were kind of burying him, which made me think he was going over in it because this was like for the new global title, so the US title has been retired. So I like how Moxley and Osprey worked together in the beginning to go after the shit disturber, but Osprey actually felt like the biggest babyface in this was like his like gonna be like his last couple of events with his company before going to AEW full time. It felt like forever with them double teaming Finley and then it went outside in the crowd area. It was basic shit. They were doing some really aggressive shit to him though. Eventually they put him through a table. The New Japan table always come off like benches to me. Uh, and then um, Osprey and Mox mixed it up for the uh, next few minutes. They both got back suplexes, and Mox caught the handspring uh, and got a release German, which was pretty smooth. Osprey escaped the back rakes and got a super kick. Mox got a choke and then a sleeper suplex. Mox countered some shit with an arm bar and then transitions into a triangle choke, but Osprey deadlifts into a buckle bomb, but of course Mox doesn't sell it and gets a lariat. Osprey and Mox didn't want their finisher on the apron. Uh, didn't get the finish on the apron, but then Finley got involved and shoved Mox into the ring post. He had the, he had the shillelagh and blocks the os cutter and uses the, 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 um, shillelagh to assist the neck, neck breaker. Mox was bleeding at this point, of course. He got a jumping cutter. Finley got aggressive with the bites. Uh, Osprey eventually gets involved with a double handspring kick into both these guys. He used Mox's back to launch off the top to get an elbow on Finley. Mox got a suicide dive onto Finley. Osprey went for a moonsault. I thought this was going to be for a sky twister, but, you know, 
Uh, Mock does knock out a punch to counter the springboard and does a death rider for a near fall. Mock then applies a bulldog choke into the hammer and anvil elbows. Mock apologized Finley on Osprey and Osprey was going to for a sunset flip. Uh, Mox brings in a bunch of chairs, but Finley did a urinagi onto the chairs, the you know seated chairs, and gives Osprey the dominant onto Mox, and Osprey counters something with a stunner, but Finley got a backbreaker on his knee, and then Mox does a lariat for onto him. Mox gets uh, Osprey with the Death Rider, and immediately Osprey got a hidden blade, and I thought Finley had him because he threw Osprey out, but only a near fall. Finley got a neck breaker on the knee. And then Osprey almost cost himself the match with the hidden blade, which made Finley land on top of Mox. Then Mox pinned Finley, and Osprey had to break it up. Finley was striking um, both of them, and they were not selling it. And then they they basically ping pong him with like strikes. Coughlin and Game Kid get involved um, in the in the in the match because, of course, I was expecting Dolph and Ryan Emmett to get involved at this point. Um, really, uh, Mox eventually fends them off, and Osprey springs up to get a Coughlin with the Oz cutter. As he perched up on the ropes, Mox has both of the war dogs on the table for Osprey to do a senton. And Coughlin was playing the role of Ben Seaver getting caught in the table. That's my only dated reference I can think of. Moss got a death rider on Finley, and Moss gets hit with the hidden blade twice. And then a storm breaker, and Finley does a neck breaker on the knee for a close call. Everyone everyone was into the match. It's like everyone was, like, you know, the crowd was into this. He does a knee, uh, a knee drop cur- curb stomp on Osprey, does a GTS like move for the win. This match was really fucking insane. It was obvious that Finley had a win, but the man, but this, but the man, the, the um, you know, but I mean, they didn't, they didn't even doubt it for a minute that Finley might win. You know, it was done really well. They became, this became my favorite match of the night at this point. If they're starting with a new title, this is one hell of a match to start up with it. You know, and fin- Finley got in Dol- uh, Dolph's face, and Dolph approached him, and Dolph asked if he deserves to be. He asked if he deserves to talk to him uh, this way, whatever. And Finley shoves him, and Dolph starts brawling with them. It didn't come off overproduced; it came off so real. And I'm actually looking forward to what happens after this because I'm sure something will be set up for maybe Battle of the Valley. I'm sure there will be an angle. I thought he'd Dolph would be showing up on New Year's Dash. He didn't though. It was an excellent match, and Finley continues to impress me with his role. He's kind of um, he's kind of made the Bullet Club feel special again after so much overbooking of the group has been done. This may, this may be the match of the year, but then I realized I, I have a caught on Brian. And plus, Takashita and Darby Allen so far has been like you know um, getting people going basically. This is a good piece of business, and I'm looking forward to what Finley does with the title. And I'm going to guess Osprey will do we do something with New Year's Dash. Again, again, you know, uh, you know, um, no, I thought he might be leaving after New Year's Dash, but like they set up another couple of more matches because he has one with he has a match with Okada and he has like uh, the New Beginning show will probably be his last show there. But this, but this was a must see match to me. Dolph did attack Finley during the backstage promo segment and declare what the title means. He's coming for, for coming for it. The guy seems like he's going to be in for a run of his life. He even released like a Wanted Man trailer. We were doing some action movie and fighting zombies. And I don't know. I think they teased like the tag team on purpose so people could groan. But it feels like, you know, Ryan is going to be like Dolph's manager of some sort. But who knows? It was exciting though. I know Finley is still proving himself to the hardcore. But I felt for a guy who's being shit on because he didn't belong in this match. He pulled his weight. And I think he made the sure the focus was on him after the match to segue into a few with Dolph. And I mean people hate, you know, Dolph's promos and shit, but if he's legit motivated and there's freedom for him, then I can get behind him because he's a seasoned performer and maybe he'll get a legit second act to his career. 
So Brian versus Okada. My stream kind of cut out a little bit, so toward the end, I didn't get, like, all what was happening here. I was hyped for this match. Brian apparently hasn't wrestled in New Japan since 2004, and that was when he was competing for the junior title with Curry. Junior title with Curry, man, apparently. That's what the commentator said. But this felt like a big deal. They wrestled around and do the hard strikes, and Okada was more aggressive than usual. He was targeting the eye of Brian. Brian did a big uh, setup outside where he was trying to charge... Um, Okada, no, Okada did a big step outside where he was trying to, tra uh, trying to charge Brian, and Brian got a jumping knee, and that let Brian slap him around, and Brian continued to target the arm because he wanted to break Okada's arm so he could never do the Rainmaker again. He does a joint manipulation with Okada. He got a really beautiful Northern Light suplex. He manipulates the joints and stomps on the elbow, and he kept screaming he's going to break his fucking arm. He wrenches the arm, and I'm losing it, you know. Uh, this is like pretty good because it looks fucking nasty as hell. Okada got on the ropes, uh, got to the ropes eventually. Brian does multiple drop kicks to the arm while he has it tangled in the ring post. Okada got a raid crash neck breaker. Uh, Okada was covered in was covered in bruises from all these aggressive strikes. By the way, um, Brian gets an avalanche butterfly, then he attempts a label lock. Okada at desperation gets a tombstone pile driver on the apron. Okada kicks out of the uh, kicks the, at the orbital bone, and I I'm gonna say he kicks out at the orbital bone. Um, and he removed the eye patch. He favored um he was favoring his arm when he did the diving elbow from the top, and he signals for the rainmaker. But Brian counters into a crucifix pin, gets up with the roundhouse kicks. He can barely see through the um see through because of the orbital bone. Uh, he manages to do the hammer and anvil elbow, but Okada hulks up basically, essentially. But it didn't matter because Brian gets a bicycle knee and applies the bell lock. Brian has both arms trapped in place. Uh, after there was a countering going on, and you thought it was over, but Okada got his foot on the rope. Eventually, after some back and forth, Okada got the Rainmaker, still favoring the arm. Brian kept getting strikes, and Brian missed a Prosecco knee, but eventually Okada countered something into a second Rainmaker for the win, but my stream was fucking up, so I didn't get the last bit of it. But this was a really dope match. I thought their Forbidden Door match was better. Um, but, you know, um, and, then, and that had more limitations because of Brian's, you know, the injuries and that. Maybe because I was there for the whole thing, you know what I mean? So but maybe I, I, I have a bias. But this is still pretty fucking good. Now, as a matter where Okada will go, I, I, if Okada is leaving New Japan, I don't know. But I imagine we'll get some rubber matches at some point, maybe months later. Maybe a year later, I don't know. Maybe Okada signed with AEW as well, I don't know. I still think that if he leaves, he's going to be WWE bound, I think. I was not looking forward to the main event because Sonata has not blown away, has not had a blown away reign, but I was happy he got a chance to be a champion. But I don't think there was, uh, uh, I don't think there was really a top-notch matches in this reign other than this final match right here. And the only interesting shit was Muda, you know, shitting on Sonata for not being a good champion in the lead-up to this. Or doesn't have the charisma or some shit. I know deep down it'll work, so I wanted this to be a dope match. But, but at the same time, I didn't know if I wanted another Naito reign, but, you know, but, but, but they're actually really into this, you know. They were really aggressive with building the pace. It turned out being really good, but at this point I was really tired, uh, you know, and the talk going in, you know, of him being a shit champion was not the most appealing way to have me, you know, be as excited for a main event. But he came out, like, Sonata came out like a big deal. I mean, maybe the next time he gets another title reign, maybe he'll have a better reign if they do it again. But I do think he feels, 
He he felt like a solidified main eventer after the match, even if he lost. He got a back suplex or a multiple leapfrog with an aggressive dropkick and a crossbar to the outside. A shotgun dropkick inside by the ring um, by springing in. And he did a he did the up-down. That was what the commenters called it. He eventually got Naito for a dragon sleeper. I think of uh I I think but eventually Naito get a t- gets to the rope after a tussle after uh after t- tussling around Naito got a slingshot drop kick outside to Sonata, he dropped Sonata on his neck outside Naito got a neck breaker on his knee, um Sonata got the magic killer after Naito's DT was counter Sonata did a poison Rana or some other this is where I was really falling asleep, but the moon soul was countered with the knees from Sonata, um you know. So I was not keeping track of everything, but Sonata got hit with a Destino. Then Sonata planted him down for trying it again. The crowd was so pumped. I think I thought someone was coming to make the save because audiences are normally quiet, like, you know what I mean? But they were really hyped for this. There was a bunch of more Destinos. I was not able to do it justice, but this was like, he, 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 you know, he, he got the Destino finally for the win, basically. Sonata got his own version of the Destino, but ultimately the Tornado... Got old version of this, you know, but ultimately the turning of DT for Naito was well done. Sonata got a shining wizard after a fail attempt, pin attempt. Naito got a version of DT. There were several of those, and then Naito got a brain buster. Eventually, Naito gets another Destino and wins the match. I thought I finished the match earlier in this recap. I'll try to speed through this because I knew I wasn't going to do it justice, so I'll speed through it. And then, uh, uh, evil, and then Evil and someone else, I think Dick Togo, attack afterwards, and so I made the save. So I, I, I thought that was going to be Naito's first title defense, but it seems like Sonata will still be the title defense, but this will probably set up a match in the future because Evil seems to be going with Tama Tonga, I think. I, I didn't intend on recapping any of the matches. I, I just went along with it, but this pay-per-view was too long for me. I know better people were going to recap it, but since AEW people were involved, I thought of doing it. I think Sonata's title reign was decent. Nothing to stand out about it, but I understand why Naito won. But that doesn't mean Sonata can't get another reign. And this one will be, and maybe this will be, the, the next one will be better. It was cool to have him finally win despite people think they should have pulled the trigger like a lot sooner. But him making the save made him feel more important and solidified with the main eventer. I like the story of the match working on the knee. I'm not used to recapping New Japan shows. This seems to be the one time of the year that I actually put effort Put effort into recaps. The show was uh, really solid. Every match didn't overstay its welcome, and they saved the, the, the they saved the most time for the last three the, the three key matches. So I can't complain about the Naito uh, got another symbolic victory out to be promoted in the industry. Um, I, to be you know, because whenever you have like, something involving your eye, I always think that like a symbolism for something. I guess whenever you elevate, there's always like you know a way to initiate you with the eye for some reason. But I did like the ending promo of Naito putting over Sonata as he was, um, you know, crying as he was leaving. I think the winning title was like the highlight. But if your reign ends really well, I think it could could count as a solid reign because the finale of the title reign is what I think defines a reign, in general. It feels like it's just the beginning. I think, and part of me feels like with the way House of Torture have come across more decent, maybe this is where the real life heat to this group will pay off. And this has been done on purpose for getting real emotion out of draining these guys. And when they need to feel heated, then you know, they'll eventually get the heat that people actually can invest in. Uh, let me go to New Year's Dash now. Give me one second. 
Uh, so news dash to Tanahashi defending again. You, you know any of the card going in? I kind of like kind of like it, but sometimes you can be disappointed. I thought it was a decent show. I think maybe the surprise element of the matches is what worked for me. That makes it seem like it comes off better because like like we're all surprised by this card. Uh, Tanahashi defended his title against Taguchi. This is a surprise card. People were shocked that it was for the title, but it was the same ending from the previous night. But this time, both their pants were pulled down, so I had no idea what the hell was going on. But this is the most uh, random show on the planet. Then a video of Matt Riddle showed up, and I thought it was just Ali. I thought it was Ali the way that they were setting this up, because Ali has that kind of, like, you know, production. But Riddle is the one who challenged for us, so the crowd was kind of shocked. So time for New Japan to become the more of a discourse company. And I can't wait until we get the discourse of him being arrested at the airport for drugs. By the way, the only people who get who are discourse people will get caught. A lot of cogs are able to um to get through with it if it's uh, approved by the system. But I expect either Riddle to will do American shows only, or, or, or if he ends up getting caught, or if he ends up getting fucked over, you know, um, you know, we'll, we'll think it's on him solely. You know, even though like that's just, like you know the the cogs have to be problematic fucking shitheads sometimes. Um, but you know the the the, the thing is like even with the with, with the Velveteen Dream apology video, it's like it always has to be like WWE at fault for having guys like you know Gable Stevenson. Um, hold on one second. Um, by having guys like Gable Stevenson and uh, Gable Stevenson, and uh, you know, like oh WWE would be better off if they get rid of these people. But it's like they're still associated with the industry that WWE runs, so it just feels like even your cancellations that wind them off. It's like you you're not gonna like get mad at WWE for being the ones who enable this behavior. You're gonna get mad because they keep these people around. So that's why I don't like Velveteen Dream apologizing to Shawn Michaels and Triple H because he's they're probably the reason why, in my personal opinion, why he's into that kind, why he did the shit he did. Give me one second, man. Give me one second before I get into this. Okay, so, yeah, so, um, yeah, so Matt Riddle's gonna come here, and this is where, you know, this is where, you know, we'll find Tanahashi as a president wanted this to go down, and that's how he becomes a heel. Uh, Bishimon, uh, beat Kato and, uh, Rayoway in a decent match. I don't know what the future holds for this year, you know what I mean? They didn't really, you know. Oscar, uh, Oscar, Oscar, um, uh, Lobe and Nakashima... Took on Hakaleo and LP. And I think Oscar and Nakashima are going to make their excursion. And it'll see it as a big deal. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm going to get to show up on Impact. If they go on television, maybe they might do some ROH dates. If they, or maybe they get some AW dates as well. But I'm sure they'll be doing a lot of the indies and raising their stocks maybe. You know what I mean? But LP and Hakaleo won the match, obviously. They showed respect to them uh, before leaving. Chase over the tax and he challenges them to the titles and introduces that his partner will be Kenta. Uh, so I guess that's going to be happening. Then we had Shota, Desperado, Wado, Tamatanga, Hamana, Togi, Makabe against the House of Torture, Togo, Show, Yoshinibu, um, Evil, Ujiro, and Ren Narita. The babyface is one, but the heel's still attacked. I'm sure Tama's going to, you know, draw the title to one of them if he's leaving. Probably Evil, since he was the one who cut Tama's hair off after the match. Unless we're getting a Carl Anderson storyline where he'll be able to, you know, have the next, have the title even out of the company, and then he comes back, you know. 
Uh, Yoshinobu and El Desperado mixed it up um, since they were, you know, stablemates and tag team partners. Um, and it, it, it was hard... It, it's hard to keep up with who's Suzuki, who's with Suzuki Gun and who's with Lij. Sometimes you know what I mean because I I don't I, I can't keep up with the new stable. I had to like do Wikipedia searching where the where where each member was before. I knew Suzuki most. I knew most of Suzuki Gun uh, went with Taka stable, but then Sonata left Lij to join them, and then Yoshinobu turned against them to join the House of Torture. So I don't. I did like that Eldest Brother was trying to reason with Ren because he and Suzuki took him in last year. Like, at the same event, really, but, but, but he, he got clocked. Evil going Artama confused me because I thought it was, he was setting up for the world title down the line. But, I mean, then we, 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 then we got a you know, a whole thing about Sonata wanting another title shot. Then we had, this, this, is, probably my, this is probably one of my favorite parts of this uh, entire thing. It wasn't like a, a, a long, long match, but this was like, such a, I haven't seen New Japan have this kind of heated like, like it, it like it feels like a a, a a Western trope, but like it feels like such a Western trope, but like with a New Japan with a New Japan audience, it felt like you're seeing it in, in a different in a different light. Um. So we had United Empire with the Will Osprey, Hanari, Cobb, Akira, and TGP, not wearing the mask this time. Um, against the Bullet Club War Dog with Clark Connors, Finley, Alex Coughlin, Gabe Kidd, and Drilla Maloney. It was a violent angle. The match didn't last long, which was building to Osprey's final match with United Empire versus Bullet Club in a cage match, and Osprey's doing the main event of Battle of the Valley with Okada. They didn't really, uh, this didn't really start at first. Uh, it had a curve diving off the balcony onto the others. Again, I wasn't going to go move for move, but a lot of the beef stemmed from the Rambo from the previous night, and they had landed big moves one after another. TJP wasn't doing the mass shtick, as I said before, so I guess that's only one night. Hanari punched through a chair when Coughlin tried to go for a shot. Uh, Clark got a, uh, a shouting match with the referee, and then he speared him and beat the shit out of him. I thought the match was, like, thrown out there, but Cobb was signaling for another referee to come out. The match then was eventually thrown when the Bullet Club threw chairs in the ring and threw the guardrail around. It was a very, it felt very genuine, and, and, and with how it played out, it was really pretty cool. It was, like, over-the-top, overproduced angle. They stabbed Akira with something, but this made Bullet Club feel like a big-time deal. I wonder why no one from House of Torture ever really helps out, but I think there could be a split, but... It'd be cool if you had, like, a united front with, like, the House of Torture and them as, like, you know. But the, uh, but the focus was Osprey and Finley going at it. They were still, like, landing wrestling moves while doing these brawls. And it didn't feel out of... It still didn't feel out of place, but uh, Gato low blows Osprey to let Finley get the last word. Or so I thought, but in the heated angle, the United Empire came off uh, as badass baby faces. I kept thinking the heels had the last word, but the United Empire was able to make a comeback. And Gato got buckle bombed through a table. I mean, it was a really good brawl, man. I thought this was pretty decent. It was kind of heated shit I wanted to see with stables in this company. Then, like I said, in the end, Osprey challenged him to a match, and Finley wanted the cage match. So there hasn't been one since 2004, and it was not even in front of a crowd, apparently. So I'm excited for this match. Then we had uh, just five guys against LIJ. Taka pinned Bushi in the main event, not the main event, in this match. And I guess the, the reason why Evil might be targeting Tama is because they're building to another match with Naito and Sonata. But Naito didn't say anything about the challenge yet. yet. Yoda and Yuya were kind of continuing their thing as well in this. 
Uh, the King of Pro Wrestling match was uh, a 10 minute scramble of whoever had the last pinfall before 10 minutes were up with the champion. So it was, it was Sho, Ishimori, Greater Khan, and Yano. And Ish- Ush- Ishimori had the last pin, so Greater Khan was kind of chasing him and trying to get others in the ring uh, to pin him. But Ishimori interrupted the last pin uh, before, like, Greater Khan could, like, it was the last chance for Greater Khan to get one. It was pretty entertaining the, um, the, 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 the last few minutes or so. I really don't care for this title, but there are some interesting ideas with how they use that can be fun. And the last match was Brian Mox, Okada, Ishii. Brian Mox, Okada, and Ishii against TMDK. I figured there would be something with like this for the main event because they wouldn't waste Brian just being there for for an extra day. But I was unsure of the of the team, but the Chaos and BCC combination had a good look to it. They set up Brian versus Zack for a rematch on the line. It was an enjoyable match. I didn't want to do move for move, but the heels had heat on Okada for a bit. When Zack would be doing a submission, he would be looking at Brian's direction. Fujita and Okada got got, got a reaction when they interacted because of their history. Mox had time to do every go after every member of the TMDK. I knew the other members are not on the level of some of the baby faces, but I thought they still let other members take it to the established main eventers on the baby face team. Okada and Brian worked well together, and Ishii and Mox worked well together as well. Team DK got the win when e, um and Ishii took the pin from Shane Haste. Probably uh, the, the the only one who could afford taking the L on this team, since everyone else is fairly protected. And then Zach wants Brian another match, and Fujita and Team DK want the never open weight six man titles. Later on, then Shingo challenged Mox backstage with uh, for no rules. At the Battle of the Valley, Brian was talking shit about, about how he tapped a cut out, and Zack Saber, Zack Saber Jr. never did that. And he's Brian swearing his promos in New Japan comes off a lot more cooler than I thought, man. It was, it was a good show. Now let me go to uh, Dynamite now. Let me see. How long, again, this is a long promo. Actually, this is like a long one that I did actually. You know, but the show actually kind of was interesting though. The show opened with a promo that Samoa Joe cut after winning the title on on the on, on the after the pay per view, and how he's not a, he's not a prophet but a man who keeps promises. And what um, MJF did to him was cheat and humiliate him. He revisited the thousandfold and he turned everyone he loves against him. Showed up to his neighborhood in front of his friends and family and took everything from him. And he's a heart and he's a heartless son of a bitch in a world that's not big enough for men like them to occupy the same time. And as a result, he's now your AEW World Champion. This is the second clue after M. Jeff had taken off the roster page that M. Jeff could actually be done with his company, and then the and then and um and opening with this kind of solidified that we're kind of going to a new era of AEW, even if Joe might not be the champion for long. And from Cole's promo, it didn't feel like there was an alliance, but more of a business arrangement because they addressed going after the titles. This is a strong way to showing the social media exclusive before going uh, before the intro hit. You know, what I mean, they decided to address the cool stuff, which was the best thing to do since they did. St- st- I did. I feel they stuck the landing after a rocky booking for, for, from go, go, going forward for this. But this is a basic. This is a basically a way to show you who's going to be the company's main threat as villains this year. But but just Joe's present was decent to show you a major change happened, even though he was not there on the show. I think it's fine to really let let it kind of play this way because we don't need to see the champion right away, you know. As long as you ha- as long as there was some presence and the presence was enough to show you that there's a new era of this company, it seems like it. You know what I mean? If you until M. Jeff announces he's signing with WWE, then it'll be clear that these promos and snide comments from people about M. Jeff being gone are not just kayfabe comments. 
comments, you know what I mean? But real-life kayfabe comments where we think it'll play out in a storyline, but it'll play out for social media. But I think they made you know the focus, and uh, and I might not be... Um, I might not be all into this just because Cole's booking has been kind of suspect for the first portion of his run, but uh, this MJF storyline did help me give a shit about him more, even if it fell off a cliff after the all-in stuff. But I think he explained the purpose of the group and how this all went down and kind of had a justified opinion and showed how truly evil he was. And it means that this whole, his whole turn babyface shit was just a ploy, and he was really waiting to show his true heel side. But he claimed that M. Jeff was going to do that too as well. So we, we don't know if M. Jeff was going to be genuine or not. So the cold promo happened. There was a new theme for the Undisputed Kingdom. It felt like a more serious table. We're not doing much of the comedy, which is a welcome plus. Cole sits down on a chair while his stable mates are with him. And Roddy tells everyone to shut, shut up and listen to his best friend, uh, Adam Cole. And Cole wonders where the sympathy is. He finds it ironic that people were shocked and disgusted. That means two things. We're all stupid and we didn't understand right from wrong. Like he, goes, like he, he accuses us that we think that he's bad because he betrayed MJF. The guy who made enemies with everyone. Who ran his mouth about everyone, including, you know, them. He's the bad guy. If that makes him the devil, then buy him a first-class ticket straight to hell. Most of the locker room will thank him. Most of the fans will thank him. Even Tony Khan will thank him eventually. Fact is, MJF is going. He's never coming back. And I feel when uh, it's revealed that MJF is going to WWE, this line will really stick out and kind of uh, kind of ensure that they're going to run amok in this company. But this line was telling, though. He mocked the whole, how how could you, Adam? Well, there are plenty of reasons. First of all, MJF would have done the same to him. He just beat MJF to the punch. Cole never needed MJF. MJF needed Cole. He sacrificed everything within that friendship. It's how he broke his damn ankle. So at least they're implying that he was trying to, um, you know, uh, uh, he was trying to build up some genuine thing. But I think it it, it, it did a more um, damage where he just decided that he wants to, uh, you know, kind of just like, you know, just go go after him. He lost something, not MJF. MJF needed Cole. None of us would have been cheering or chanting without him. He made us fall in love with MJF. He saved his reign, and he ended it. In the beginning, it was all about the title. Then it turned into something much more. It was about destroying a man to his core, ripping a man's heart out and bringing him to his knees. And he goes, you can chant, but MJF is dead. Uh, you know who's alive? The Undisputed Kingdom. Aside from their, um, you know, from their... Uh, from their, you know, common hatred, they have one goal in common, you know, sorry, aside from, like, you know, their, their disdain, they have one goal in common, as championship gold, the kingdom has the ROA title, strong, uh, had a title, won the title shot for the international title, and Warlow finally, with a group that respects him, will go after the AEW world championship, and when the time is right, he's, he, and he's healed, Warlow will do the right thing and forfeit the title to Cole. And then Warlow sarcastically goes along like, you know, okay, yeah, sure. Now, people think that this is a retread of what MJF did with him, but this feels like a way to make Warlow kind of go through a sequel of um, of this. But this time he knows not to take shit, but maybe Cole thinks he got Warlow on his side with blind trust and is taking advantage of the fact that Warlow was fueled by revenge for MJF. I really, do, I really hope they don't try to draw out this Warlow shit. If anything, he feels like he'll be the first member of the stable not to really last long until they maybe add Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish back into the fold. But I did appreciate the explanation, even if you find holes in the argument, if you really try. And people thought they got something with how Joe fucked up uh, these guys, but it was clear it was a business arrangement. 
but there was no alliance because they're over, they're definitely addressing him. You know what I mean? Cole brings up Joe. It was a pleasure. He hoped that by the time Warlow was ready to challenge, he hoped Joe isn't the champion because it would be it really be it really sucked to hurt a friend. Self-esteem is built on action, and they took action. They were sick and tired of waiting for things to change because AEW needed change, and they gave it to us. The 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 United the, the United Kingdom uh, you know United Kingdom United uh, the United uh, undisputed Kingdom sorry. So I keep saying the United Kingdom. I'm I'm gonna fucking get really really uh, I'm gonna I I, I can tell throughout the year that I'm gonna fucking put United Kingdom a bunch of times, but. The, the the undisputed kingdom starts a new chapter. The devil is here to stay, and baby, basically. And then I like this. Switchblade interrupts. He calls Cole a good friend. He's impressed. There's a hell of a plan. He's a big fan of what they did to MJF, but he doesn't like being the collateral for this cause and making him a catalyst for all this. And now we know who's under the mask. He's not alone. And the guns show up, and they go to the ring, and they brawl with Roddy and Taven and Bennett, but Warlow helps out after he helped Cole out of the ring. And then the claim get the advantage as well, and then they um, have a face-off with the guns and Switchblade. Like, there'll be some mutual respect, but they just leave the ring. I'm sure there'll be a trios match between the uh, three teams. This felt like there was, like, some refreshing shit going on. And I think they did a decent enough job to explain and gave you a mission statement of the group. So whether the booking is supposed to be more discourse booking, then I'm sure something will go wrong. But I'm curious of how this will play out. And if more people can elevate, then the better. And it felt like this is what the show was. And it felt like... Uh, it was designed to give a good show so we didn't focus on the Jericho stuff as well. You know what I mean? That's like the... You know what I mean? Like, you know, it, it felt like that was an obvious angle too. This is a fine explanation and it makes Cole come off like a cold-hearted bastard to do this to someone psyche. But then at some point, MJF has done horrible shit. So some people won't feel bad about doing that even though MJF was redeeming himself with his promos and tactics. But if Cole had become vulnerable, maybe MJF would have turned against him If and it does leave it open for him to return because when you get hyperbolic about MJF never coming back, normally you expect the Titan Tron to show you that MJF showing up in a vehicle and he's like fending off security, right? But it wasn't going to be that. But I feel like if, if MJF is not coming back anytime soon, but even even if he does leave, I believe he'll be back with his company. He can still get revenge and maybe be the savior of the company. I'm sure there will be a, a trio shuttle feud and show that more people stepping up with this new group on the rise maybe as well. I hope it ends up working out, but this promo sounded like, you know, Adam Cole of old. And it felt like he got his venom back that I've been waiting for. The whole night felt like it was kind of a reset in some ways. I'm curious of how this Warlord shit will go through because we're all assuming that this is just going to be horrible retread, but hopefully we get more of his motives with the, with this because I I would want to assume that even though Warlord aligned with the like-minded people who hated MJF, does he want to go back into a subservient role or did he learn his lesson and, he, and, and it shows that if Cole convinced Warlord to get on board that he may have uh, promised not to treat him like shit like MJF did, but like most cult leaders... They all rescue you and help you get vindication, but when they, but then they will expect you to bow down to them. It's kind of the Artie Lang effect with me, basically. If anything, I think Warlow won't be in this group for a long time, though. The new theme is pretty decent. I also liked uh, uh, from Joe's promo that he was motivated. He was motivated from being humiliated in their match because MJF cheated to win. Uh, so the so the um, so between these two promos, it felt like they were like really moving past MJF while like kind of hammering home that MJF is gone. 
I still think they'll add more members to the group and remix it with all the with Kyle O'Reilly and Fish. I hope they book this consistently, but this is going to be hard to know what Cole's uh, direct storyline will be with him being injured from now on, right? But we'll see what happens. I think part of the discourse is that they try to patch it up, but if MGF does end up leaving, then they'll explain how they had to change up the plans because the in- because of the injury, but also give a plausible finale, even though you could argue why the- does Warlord need a group? He can do it himself. It would be much better if they re- they revealed that a bunch of MGF's old enemies were giving him a beatdown to send him out of the company, but they didn't want to give it away um, uh, that it was a finale yet because a lot of uh, shows are getting extra obnox- obnoxious about forcing that they're not buying MGF leaving. I mean, if he leaves, it's still a work because these companies are connected, but a work for the audience is when it plays out on the television exclusively. I mean, you could argue why uh, why uh, didn't Cole try to get the title off him with Switchblade, but maybe that was a plan that... But MJF coming back from the hospital thwarted that. I don't know. There are definitely holes in it, but I think they still got a decent explanation uh, for, um, for it. Um, and to me, it feels like the, when it becomes revealed... Uh, that you know, MGM is leaving. That the plan will, that the plan will, uh, the plan was like to basically push him out of the company. Essentially, like that's going to be the kayfabe plan because that's what they're trying to uh, make it seem like. But people are not buying it just yet because they think that you know MGM is coming back. Essentially, I did predict that even though the build was shoddy at best for this group. I did say that once they stick the landing and get a good promo to explain it, it'll eventually make you forget about the holds. You know, the, the plot holds. Maybe this will uh, continue to be a discourse storyline since we're not supposed to be positive about AEW at the moment until the next time WWE really fucks up. And Cole did said eventually he realized he was, getting, he was getting nothing out of this and he injured himself and he knew MJF would uh, do the same eventually. So at least he gave you that explanation. I think they did this. The the, the um, I think they were, did the, did the reveal the same way Bully Ray explained it with the um, with the video when he did Ace of Eights. It would have been better maybe, but this was probably going over each part of it. But this is probably one of the most important things to address. I think overall nature is to assume this is going to be a big heel group and will be focused on for the for, for a lot of this year. But I, again, like I said before, I also see a lot of body shaming going on with Cole as well. As much as the wrestling industry and community point out shit from the past about getting pressure as to the mental health uh, of different cogs, they get paid to do it constantly, all the time online, and just pretend they're doing it under the fair critique of being a fan. You can make criticism of, this, of, of his matches feeling formulaic, and it would be fair, but going after his body because a bunch of these shills are fucking creepier as the people who want women to get sexy online for them... It's like funded by billionaires, so it gets into your mental space. Orange Cassie and Dante had a match for the title, and it was um, it finally got going with the monkey flip while still chained together, and they would come to stalemates, wrestle around for a bit, and Orange Cassie would bait Dante in. Dante would um, be composed to be a to to, to like kind of like stay ahead and be able to get multiple pinning attempts on Orange Cassie. It was like Orange Cassie was trying to get um get it at his pace, but Dante was actually getting the best of him until Orange Cassie lured him outside and he gets hit with a toe pin and gets control and getting more aggressive. Orange Cassie ran to do a shotgun drop kick. They're battling over a suplex with a picture in picture. Orange Cassie did a stun dog as he came back. Dante springed outside, back inside and then the in the ring he spring 
outside and back inside to the ring on Orange Cassidy both times. Actually, I think the first time was uh, actually him jumping over the rope himself. I don't know. Dante then played Orange Cassidy's game of doing the slow chops and strikes, but Orange Cassidy got out of the way of a speedy thrust kick and then got him with the one, and then Orange Cassidy slow kicked until he sped up. I like the way that Dante sold the spike DT, very RVD-like. Dante sold the effect of the DT when uh, he tried to scale up multiple times, but he shoved down. And the last one, he backflipped and landed on his feet, but then Orange Cassidy got on a diving DT that spiked him. Very cool, very cool sequence. Dante got a GTS-like move from the powerbomb position. Um, at one point, when they were tussling back and forth with counters, I said, you know, essentially, when the, 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 that, that's when it happened. Orange Cassidy rolled out of the way from getting uh, hit with a flying move. So Dante then kind of did a tightrope walk to the center to get distance, and Orange Cassidy was on the other side. That was pretty fucking cool. Dante missed a running senton. He got uh, he got his move um, he got his move before, but he he, he popped up with a with a punch after he missed, and Orange Cassidy wins the match basically. This match was a good defense, and I was more impressed with Dante's performance in this, and he paced it out well. He was getting booed a bit during the match, but he did show respect to Orange Cassidy afterward. I thought they were prolonging a beatdown from Andretti and Top Flight, but they were waiting for, you know, something, and then the private party makes their return. And Quinn looks like a different fucking person completely. And he's talking about the tag division has been lacking and missing flavor the excitement and private party. And Quinn was, he was decent on the mic, and Zay wants to put all the teams on notice. He included the Hardys in that as well. And they want to be the new champion. And he did his phrases. We did the huh, yeah thing about getting the crowd pumped. This is a good development. They continued the, the night of feeling that this was like a new era a little bit. The match itself, it was pretty good. Orange Cassidy with Dan, was with Dan Housen and Hook, by the way, after the match, by the way. But after the match was uh, pretty entertaining. It was like a solid defense. But I hope Roddy is the one who does it, um, who does uh, take it off him because his character has something to him. And now it felt like uh, since he was dropping the goofiness, it felt like you, know, you could do something serious now with him. The serious version has the capability to expand his mic skills since he's been doing good the last several months on the microphone. If I had to choose, I would choose Takasha to the title off Orange Cassidy, but they're pushing for Undisputed Kingdom. But I think they will, you know, heat the group up with titles, in my personal opinion. I was excited about Quinn returning because I really felt over the last year or so, uh, since uh, Quinn's been gone, Zay has upped his mic skills and become a better character. He's gone over with something, you know what I mean? But if they're willing to give these guys a push, it's been a long time coming because these guys should have been focused on a long time ago, but I figured they would tie into the Hardy to the Hardys like directly, but it was like they made a clean break. But on Rampage, they kind of like you know referenced it, but they still want a few with them. But hopefully, this helps the tag division to have some more stability because right now it doesn't feel as hype as it did in two thousand twenty one, and in two thousand twenty two, you know. So uh, in two thousand twenty, even two thousand twenty, and you know. So we'll see how they carry this forward. But Quinn didn't look, you know, the same. He had, like, longer hair. He had that orange color or blonde color hair, you know what I mean, where it's like, you know, I don't know. He'd go, he's, he's gotten better on the microphone, man. Maybe got Illuminati advancements. And Dante Martin keeps impressing me with how much better he's getting at being an overall solid performer who doesn't just spam high-flying moves. He works at a slower pace and make his spots count when he needs to. They have a House of Black preview their match with FTR for Collision tonight. 
And it's going to be in front of their family. If they lose, they have to um, walk up to their family and disown them and join the new family. Like, do, what are they getting out of it? He's talking about Dax's daughter and how she will see tears coming from her dad's eyes. And not because he's sad, but because he has a family that loves him. This is like 2016-2017 Hansi Periscope level promo. I have no idea how this is going to work or how, how dark the storyline will get, but... I mean, I'm glad there's some storyline with tag teams, I guess. So I'm going to imagine this eventually that Copeland will get involved to save them or, or, or some shit. But it feels like his feud with Christian is still going to be going. I put this Tony promo before the Mariah May match because I figured they were associated, so why not, right? She did a jab at Renee's perfume. I thought She thought she was in New York, but she's in New Jersey. She talked some gibberish I could not keep up with. About how she tends to see, about what she tends to see. She belongs on a Broadway. She's heading to Manhattan for a seance. She doesn't want to watch Mariah's match. Uh, she doesn't want to watch wrestling. She, uh, she, she, she doesn't, um, uh, doesn't like watching wrestling or something like that. Look, she goes, it, 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 doesn't look, it doesn't look that hard, basically. And then says, nothing better than paying your dues and having to wrestle in New Jersey. And asks if Luther can carry her. And then she does a catchphrase. I know they're making these comedic, but they have to show that uh, something sinister or darker about this because in kayfabe, this person is losing their fucking mind. But I wonder if they're waiting for Mariah to turn on her so she can then just be the baby face or does she stay a heel and Mariah gets to be the baby face. But the the new debut showed that they're not going to let uh, going to Mariah versus Tony and there'll be a detour because Deanna made her debut after the match. I kind of looked at she was not there for the Tony was not there for the match because the focus was all on Mariah. Mariah faced Cre- Queen um Aminata. Uh, I was I was look, I was looking forward to this. It finally got going after chops and strikes with a nice head scissors and it really got a shotgun drop kick. She did another hard shotgun drop kick as Animata was tied to the ropes. Mariah controlled her the picture picture. She was in control when they came back. She did a dope double handed chop. Um, her and Arana was blocked and Aminata. Aminata got a, some really good fucking strikes that were insanely hard hitting, and a kick to the spine, and the running knee strike. She did a bunch of running punch, um, running punch strikes. The final attempt was caught with a sling blade, and she does a, and then right of the Death Valley Driver kind of move, and uh, they called the May Day, and she won the t- uh, one with that. I thought she could have nailed something better, but I don't know. Maybe I gotta see it again. Renee got a word with her after the match. She can't believe she won her debut. She wanted to be the wrestler as a little kid. The fact that she's an AEW is surreal to her, and she hopes wherever Miss Tony Storm is, she's watching and she's proud. It's and but it's all about Mariah. But her only regret is that they had to do this in New Jersey, and then Deanna Perrazzo shows up, and you know she had like you know a big deal, like a big deal. Um, and then, uh, d- d- she shows up and she's playing the gimmick she's been, uh, she has been, sh- sh- uh, sh- she's playing the gimmick that she normally has, but she's taking the spotlight, and, uh, Donna said that she's from New Jersey, and Tony doesn't want to, um, doesn't want to be here, and they all want, they want, they, they, and, and they all don't want her here, either, and she wants Mariah to pass the message along, that it doesn't matter where she runs and hides, she'll find her, and she is all elite, and they're in the age of the virtuosa, and then Mariah said that she got, she's on the messenger, and they tell Tony herself, bitch, and Mariah slaps her, and Deanna slaps her, like, a couple of times, and lays her with a pump kick. The match was really good, but I think the finish uh, might need some work. But this was a really impressive segment, though. I was, uh, I've seen Mariah's work before, like on and off, right? And it seemed solid, but I figured they were going to get like Mariah eventually to show her true colors. And she said, I'm Tony, but it feels like for the time being, she's going to kind of be her under. She's going to seemingly be her underling if she's fitting with Deanna. 
she keeps saying it's all about Mariah, so that clearly does value herself and wants to be the focus. But I figured if she's supposed to be a groupie, that her entire character would not care about her value, but rather wanting Tony's acceptance. It seems like she's kind of hinting at that, but she's also making it seem like it's all about her. But it's a good debut, and it actually works when you establish someone for a few weeks and let them debut so people can actually anticipate it instead of having someone debut and get a match and then get no buzz. And they've done a good job with how they've built the anticipation with her. People thought Deanna's nervous, but that's how she sounds in promos, and it catches on. I, I like how genuine it sounds. It doesn't sound um, perfect because that's how athletes talk, but she's done a dope job and impact in building herself up, so I'm glad she got a big debut. We don't know if Mercedes is going to go back to WWE, but people think Trinity's going back, so Mercedes might go back. But what if Trinity and Mercedes show up and they already, again, like I said, they made tag titles and never lost them, and Tony said he wanted tag titles for the women. Maybe if you give them more time, but they uh, did have two women back to tape on Rampage, so maybe we were getting there, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping with all the setbacks and potentially, you know, MJF leaving, that maybe it'll be time for Tony Khan to finally let the women get more time and build more interesting stories. Like, this is a good segment and made Deanna come off important. She'll be the true asset for this division, I think, you know. She could have done the easy thing and go back to WWE and get guaranteed time, but she's coming here where it fucking is risky because Tony Khan has been on and off. But the Shields who get paid to be negative will try to ruin people being positive about this by pointing out that she'll be on ROH in a few months. It means that they'll help purposely book that because these people are not capable of building anything up other than um, than people who give them, you know, give to the shitty narratives and agendas. But they'll tear shit down because they're directed to go into that direction and because it's negative. It somehow comes off more genuine. It can, and it can be, but, you know, being happy can also be genuine as well. But they've trained you to think that anything positive is like the agenda. The ones who get the most offended are, are the ones who are the most compromised by that. Uh, Shayna does the booing a mother shtick that she does and then says, how dare you? She tells them to pay respect to the best TD champion that's ever lived. The, the, the father, the patriarch, Christian Cage. She's really getting the hang of the Charlotte Flair delivery of her lines. Christian does his uh, pipe down to handle business. It's been two hundred days since he's won the uh, he won the title in the first episode of Collision, and Tony Schiavone is trying to interrupt because it's bullshit, and Christian threatens him that the mother Wayne is going to put him over his knee and discipline him like these new like these New Jersey sweat hogs. He went through a war at World's End, and there are people he needs to thank. First, Mother Wayne, who understanding understanding the vision. A mother's work is never done. He calls Nick Nick Wayne the apple of his eye, the prodigy. Um, and then he goes over, he closed the apple of his eye, whatever. He goes over Copeland trying to end his career, but Nick is staying um, in the fight and that's, that he loves him and he thanks the man who sealed the victory and put the final uh, coffin in Adam Copeland. And he gives him props for putting himself to the table and all that. And then he wanted to thank, uh, he wanted to thank himself when he was teasing, thanking Lucha, who was um, instantly put the head down to be disappointed, fan of cheering for Luchasaurus. And Christian feels like it's his duty to address Copeland for the last time. He goes over being 2-0 and against him. He's beaten him twice and is back in the line. No more title shots for him. And he said that he could make light about how he grew up with no... He could make light about how he grew up with no father and his mother not being here. But he has to wake up every morning and look in the mirror and tell himself what Christian has been telling him for the for the last, like, last decade or so. That Christian Cage is superior to him. He won't deny the fact he brought the fight and he puts over the match and the thing that they both 
a piece of each other's soul in the ring that night, but one of them doesn't have a soul, and that's the reason why he's staying in the ring, the TNT champion. He sent the message to Copeland for, um, or anyone in the back who wanted to take the title. What happened at World's End is just a glimpse and glimmer of what could, uh, what he could do to hang on to his title. He boasts about making the title the most important title, and he shuts up the crowd for chanting for Killswitch, uh, calling Killswitch Luchasaurus, and he will remain a team champion as long as he wants until he handed over to Nick Wayne to carry on his legacy. And he's a patriarch of AEW. They run AEW. I got like this promo a lot, and it's the kind of promo you cut after winning your title back on the same night you lost it. And it was just a culmination of him having a promo to show you how much he's elevated title. When he said 200 days as champion and carrying the, and ch- as carrying the other, other reigns, it was genius because we know that w- what is up. And if Copeland is not the one taking the title off him, they're definitely either... A, building up Lucha to take it, or be the reason why Christian loses the title. You know? But I do think we're supposed to think that Lucha, Lucha Sources put away the title, I guess. But again, Christian feels like the, the biggest heel of the company, and even Shayna's promo style is catching on, and she'll get better, but it feels like she's gonna she's going to school of Charlotte Flair delivery, it seems. This seems like Copeland shit will continue and keep going on, but... The feud is high. The character Christian has right now continues to be his best work. Also, if he loses it, he can manage Nick Wayne and he can chase a title, which would mean more commitment to this title. But this was a really good fucking promo. Um... The, you know what? I don't want to risk going over two hours with, like, the first recording portion, so I'm going to, like, just record... I'm going to... Even though it's going to be shorter, I'm going to record a second portion of the recap for this, all right? Give me a second. Okay, so Ruby, Soraya, Har- um, and Harley are backstage, and they put over Ruby's win and how Harley helped out, and Harley said that she's ready for the role, and Soraya had to kind of tell her that, you know... Can I tell, sorry to tell it's not a role. You feel like they're making it obvious this is a sports entertainment segment. Ruby said at first having another blonde out of her mind was not a good fit, but, you know, she's like, you know, she appreciates the help that Harley did. And Harley said that she's going to prove herself, so she'll do anything. And she does, like, the evil laugh, and Serena's kind of weirded out by this. And she's telling her to keep it cool. I don't know what this is supposed to be, but it feels like this is just continuous sports entertainment. Just, like, they'll not go anywhere, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't know. Anywhere compelling, at least. They had Takashita versus Darby, and they gave me what I wanted from the interaction. They figured they better get some buzz since the match the pay-per-view was not that well-remembered. Takashita dumps Darby on his head, and they were countering shit and avoiding contact, and Darby landed on his feet um, from one of Takashita's German suplexes. Takashita looked like the biggest powerhouse with how Darby sold for him. He really hit the roof of the arena from the back body drop. Uh, Darby, got, Darby got one of his spring, um, spring arm drags, um, and his fucking topia was counted with a jumping fucking knee. That was insane. Uh, we, we, we could have this guy in the fucking you know, C2, you know what I mean? Takashi should have been in it. Darby goes flying when Takashi pulled him out by force by the leg. He Takashi deadlift Jeremy Wall... D- deadlift Jeremy. Uh, he deadlift... I was about to say German and Darby. Uh, Takashi deadlifts Darby walking up the ramp. And he rolls through down the ramp for a release German. That was fucking insane thus far. Yo, this is crazy. This is my favorite match of the year. You know, again, it wasn't that many, but then, you know, the, the Wrestle Kingdom happened. But this is still my favorite AEW match of the year, I guess. 
it, it seemed even more insane during the picture-in-picture. Tacosta was doing an avalanche type of move from the top, but then Darby countered with an avalanche stunner. Then he toped out onto him outside. Tacosta countered the code red with a JML driver-like move. Uh, Darby got uh, got out of the way from a knee strike, then went outside and lures Takasha outside to do a jumping knee, but Takasha was dumped over the guardrail, which, was Darby, which let Darby get a uh, coffin drop to the outside. Uh, Takasha barely made it in, but Darby got a code red right away for a near fall. He got his knees up when Darby, um, did, when Darby did a coffin drop. Takasha turned him inside out with one of his, like, you know, released German suplexes. He did another one. Darby got a crucifix bomb, but he still got rocked with a lariat. Don is signaling for him to finish it. Takasha got the halluva kick. Does an avalanche German, um... Yeah, so some of this match was fucking insane. Then we get the power drive, power drive knee for the win. After the break, we hear from Don Cal's family. Takasha speaks in Japanese, and Don says, "Back to Daily's um, Palace, um, you know, for you know, Daily's Daily Palace, Daily's place." I can't speak English apparently. He says, "Back to Daily's place." And tells Sting to bring Darby because he's bringing Hobbs and Takasha to make Sting's AEW record twenty five and one. First of all, I need Takashi to go for a title soon. This guy is too good. And these guys have really good chemistry. The chemistry from the pay-per-view was the best thing about that match. And this match just blew me away. I want to see more of this with a, a good feud back behind it. But they will at least have more interaction than that tag match, I guess. I have no idea what the direction is because this is still tied to Jericho somehow. And he's a discourse wrestler. And the group has been book scattered so when you have a good showing it's fine but then it goes nowhere eventful and this is like the new formula with these people that are going and they just keep getting away with it the same fucking way and this dynamite felt like you know forced where they showed like this dynamite felt forced where they showed a new direction but making it seem like it's to deflect from the issues on some level but that but that isn't true since we're talking about we're talking about it online so how did they how, how's it deflected How's it going away when the page shows are the ones that keep talking about it? Kaysen puts over his victory and how he has the confidence and the best part about being in the ring with was being in the mocking when, when this happened. He put over his, he put his life's work on the line and they were going to determine who would challenge for the fatal for the fatal four way. Um, so he was on commentary. So we had Brian Keith versus Vikingo versus Trent and Cage to determine who's going to be the challenger for the C two title. Cage dominates, and then uh, Vikingo dives out onto him. Kingston on commentary. Trent and Brian, uh, Brian Keith go at it, and Brian drops him with a high boot. Vikingo and Brian Keith go at it, and they avoid contact until Vikingo did one of his fancy moves to get Keith outside. Cage threw Vikingo from his neck, uh, from, uh, from his neck from the position where you... Uh, he dumped him... He threw Vikingo from his neck from the position where you are when you're doing a sunset flip. Trent got Cage with a half and half. Cage got a brain buster outside on Trent. Vikingo got a back heel kick, springboard dropkick, and a running knee. Brian Keith headbutts Vikingo, who was about to do a high flying move at the top. Trent got a release German from the top to Cage, who was going for a superplex on Brian Keith. And then when Trent did his running knee, Vikingo breaks up the pin with a splash. And then Keith goes, um, gives Vikingo the lariat. Cage got an F5 on Keith and then power bombs into a deadlift, spinning Liger bomb. Denhausen interrupts and puts curse on Cage. Then Cage grabbed him and then Vikingo and Keith do thrust kicks on him. And then Vikingo with a moonsault outside. Keith with a Kamigari Saito, then a diving head by the Trent for a near fall. Trent goes for the strong zero for the win. 
This match will happen on Collision. It'll be a solid defense, but I still wonder, you know, how they'll evolve Kingston's character because now that he's confident, I think for a bit he can make him look like he's a dominating, dangerous monster because mentally he's focused, and from all that struggle, he should now know how to handle shit and not easily succumb to the mental illness, essentially. But I'm curious of how they'll keep Kingston consistent. Again, does he carry titles with him for the next bit, or do they make it the Triple Crown one big title at one point? Because it, it seems like he's, like, cause for the New Japan show, it seems like he's defending the New Japan strong title. You know what I mean? And this the title's for the C2 title. T- title. So if Trent wins that title, does he win all the titles? Or does he, I don't know. So they had a promo from Garcia hyping this uh, hyping this main event up seemingly that there's a new era and he won't f- fold no matter how much pressure they'll put on him. He's aiming at Swerve mostly since he's facing him, but I couldn't do this justice because I was in the middle of writing a blog and I didn't want to put the most effort into his promo packages. But this one, of the, uh, this one was pretty good and it gave you an impression that they were getting behind Garcia at least to be seen as a consistent threat. They made a promo from Nana and Swerve and Nana gets Garcia's respected, but he doesn't uh, get that he's getting in the ring with the boss of all bosses. And Swerve goes over Garcia performing in the C2 and respects Garcia. Um... Because uh, he's, he's after the same things he was in 2023. He goes off Garcia um, uh, talking about big pressure. Big pressure not being able to make dime, not make, about making diamonds, about making pain. And that's what Danny Garcia is going to go through. He just won the world title and he assumed that he would be addressing MJF, but his body couldn't take it anymore and he calls out Joe and tells him to be ready. And then it does a who's house and so the crowd could react. I figured I might as well put this in here, but Hangman interrupts Matt Menard's interview before the main event to say that he's on that he that he's on commentary. And Hangman interrupts and talks about wanting to beat someone's ass and calls out Joe. But if he can't find Joe, he'll beat someone else's ass. So I assumed he would show up in the main event and uh, set up a match with Swerve. And in the end of the match, they did brawl. So now to now to bury more people, the page shows who are supposed to tear shit down are now, you know, everyone now is trying to tear Garcia down and wanting him to get deep pushed. By, you know, claiming that he won't be the guy. You know, so, But he can build himself to be the guy if they give him the consistent storytelling and compelling ways to get there. And ways to evolve his character. But people people are behind him, and maybe he should have, you know, given it to discourse so the shitheads online could politic for him, maybe. So anyway, the match was decent. I figured Garcia would continue to lose for a bit because he was definitely not beating Swerve, but since they are discourse booking for Swerve, I wasn't too sure. There were counters and elements to each other getting the best of each other. They were both over. Garcia was trying to bait Swerve from the ground so he could get the advantage of the Mac game was supposed to be his Mac game was supposed to be dope, right? Garcia and Nana had a dance off, but Swerve broke it up. And I think it was this was unneeded, but Garcia still maintained control because he knew it was a ploy to get the advantage to Swerve, but Nana had to pull on his leg so Swerve could get a pump kick. Then a Death Valley driver from the apron. Swerve still had control when they came back from break. Garcia ended up fighting back. Swerve ended up getting a JML driver for a near fall. Swerve got in Menard's face. And this is like the second guy who did this, right? Makes me believe that eventually Menard was going to snap at some point and get a big pop for it. Garcia applied the dragon tamer on the table, um, but the, they immediately fell off it. Like, like, what, like, I guess like, you know, it wasn't as smooth as like the WWE television. Uh, I don't know if that was planned or not, you know what I mean? Garcia got superplex, but Swerve maintained control and got a brain buster, I think. Garcia did a ripcord knee. Swerve got a um, rolling flatliner. And then a house call for a near fall. I think they gave Garcia too much to kick out of that one. 
uh, out of the diving stomp, but he did get a crucifix pin and swerve, kicked out, got the house call on the JML driver for the win. Garcia went to show respect, but Nana low-blowed him. Then Bernard got involved and Swerve dropped him. Nana proclaimed that Swerve is the next world champion. And then Hangman came out to brawl with Swerve, and it was a lively one. They seemed like the crowd, uh, the crowd, it seemed like it could be a triple threat for the title, maybe. But they'll do a match, or maybe they'll do a match to determine the number one contender. But Joe could prevent both of them from winning, and they make it a triple threat. But I definitely think that this will lead to a Swerve and Hangman feud for the title eventually. But they need to involve Joe. But I don't think Joe needs to have the title long. But I can see Tony Khan giving him one still. They could still do Hangman Swerve three, and the winner gets a shot. And then Swerve could become an official babyface from that battle by doing a double turn. Then you have Swerve as a Joe with Swerve as a babyface. But since it's Swerve, there has to be discourse booking. There's no longer cogent and consistent booking, even if they have to give Swerve the... the um, even, if they, even, even if they get Swerve as a world champion eventually. This is what happens when you're more concerned about the discourse booking. Overall, I thought the show was decent. I felt like they were doing it for the discourse of moving from Jericho. But I think the overview that they're showing you... Um, Showing people that they're um, showing that people are going to be elevated because MJF is gone, and we still think MJF is going to um, be with this company. But I personally believe there will be an announcement of MJF with WWE soon. You know, um, uh, his rampage. I'll go over rampage quickly. Hardys and Briscoes beat Butcher and Blade and Kip. It was a decent match, and the Hardys feel like they're motivated. Then a segment of the private party later on, they're acting cocky in both um, parties. Kip, they're respectful of not wanting to take jazz, but, but, they're call- but because they're called out, but the Hardy tells them that they, they can fly on their own. They got, you know, they got them gifts, which were like shirts from them, and then they leave Zay, and Zay says he wanted one of their armbands, and Quinn says he wants to beat their asses. I figured they'd do an official angle where Quinn returns to rescue him from fucking Hardy Boy, you know, kind of like getting in his ear about like how they've been holding him down. So maybe the Hardy will actually get a genuine run, like, you know, like like motion in the system. It all falls apart because they're going to keep doing the same shit over and over with the, the real life discourse. Jericho and then Jericho and Sammy are going to challenge for the titles, but Sammy made it known about f- fighting Starks, and he put him over and basically that he is the best. And this is what the match will prove. Um, this is what the match will prove basically before they go for the tag titles. Jericho then talked about Bill about getting involved and made fun of um, his his, uh, his his uncle Joe for having gingivitis. I guess for this week, they opted to keep him backstage, which will get heat because they concealed him from the live audience, and eventually he'll have to go back out there. Again, more discourse going on with this shit. Stokely did a ring announcing for Statlander and a Willow. He was basically trying to compliment Statlander and trying to hit on her, barely and barely acknowledging Willow. They beat some jobber team. I still don't think Stokely is being hundred percent. I think he's still going to bring in someone else to bring someone else in, but who knows? They never use Stokely as the credible manager anymore. I, I hope they do. He's always doing comedy fodder. Anna J had a promo to say with a new year for her being focused. Uh, and then she's going to go after Sheeta, basically. Because, again, you know, you always have to have that match. And then Carly Cameron came in to, uh, to shoot a shot and try to whisper in Parker's ear. And asked, uh, um, and Parker asked if she would do that. And then she said she's the best at it. And Bernard encourages him to go on a date with her. But he's not interested. And then Jay is basically just facing Sheeta, uh, which he did, you know. And then she just kind of, like, left the fucking segment. I don't care about the sports entertainment stuff, unless, unless, unless we're supposed to know that this is sports entertainment in general. 
This was pointless. She'd have beat Anna, but uh, Anna put up more of a fight than her previous battles, and I would have loved for Anna to finally get a win over her since they keep going back to this because that was like her first match. But she'd have won. But I hope Anna does try to win in the future again. You know what I mean? I, th I think it's a decent story that you can get out of it. But, but to me, Anna, um, um, Anna J has really... Uh, has she like she's getting a lot better? She's getting a lot better in the ring. She's still like kind of still like green a little bit, you know what I mean? But I still, every time I see her, I think she's improving more and more. She at least, she, she at least knows how to do character work and stuff in the ring. Jerry and Lethal were having different differences in how Lethal has lost a lot, and Jerry goes over his win. The Lethal claimed that Jerry wouldn't have won without him. Sonja wanted to get on the same page and come on the team name. Jerry puts over his own resume, and Sonja keeps the peace, but it feels like we're finally going to get Lethal Babyface run, hopefully. And the main event was Yuta versus Commander in a decent match. Not really the must see episode, but it was still a decent episode to defend the pure title and all that type of shit. You know? Anyways, I'm going to go. It's 7.35 p.m. I want to get the recaps out of the fucking way. So, you know, uh, I just, I didn't want to, you know. It is what it is, man. Uh, January 7th. I've been procrastinating a lot, man. You know, I, I don't feel really motivated to do, like, you know, anything. So... I couldn't even come up with a proper song to play, so I went back to one that I played in 2023. Still fits, right? Uh, that's just like a lot. I feel like I, I, I keep going back to old music and appreciating it, you know? And then I, I sing horribly in my room for like hours. My favorite part is coming up now though. Gotta be a blue collar man. Keeping my mind on a better road. Where happiness is only a heartbeat away. Paradise.
I'm going to actually go on Tumblr and see if uh, anyone comes on. It, it, the new year was supposed to have the Tumblr live feature, like the lives on Tumblr to go on other sites as well, because mostly it was other people's lives from different sites uh, intruding on uh, Tumblr live. So p- unless you favorited your favorite Tumblr live persona, you know, you couldn't really find many people who are exclusively on Tumblr. So now, apparently, you're supposed to at least have it, you know, on other sites now. But I don't think it will. I still see the regulars that, you know, used to get a lot of views now just get, like, 40 or 50, 60, you know what I mean? Like, and and those aren't bad fucking numbers or anything. But, you know, like those are my numbers after, like, four or five hours, you know what I mean? They normally used to get, like, you know, 180 in, like, a fucking minute. And again, you don't know how many of them are actually, like, real or whatever, but, you know, at least the, the, the system was pumping you up a little bit more. Now, you know, you, you, you don't even have that with, the, with this shit. Hold on, let me, uh, let me go on Tumblr Live. I'm I'm on Blue Sky now too. I got the invite from somebody. Somebody sent my email. Sent me in my email. Like that. But again, you know, I I mean, Threads is the only one where it seems like my presence is getting bigger there, and that's not like very much, like two hundred eighty-seven fucking followers. But like everything else on Instagram and in Twitter, they all seem to be depleting because I've become a lot more relevant over the years. And again, you know, they thought that that would be something that would kick me off, but that's made me double down because they do pay attention to what I fucking say. That's why they have to intrude on my life and make my life a living fucking hell, but this year I'm trying to stay away from, like, because, like, the wrestling world is what is kind of, like, now doing that now, you know what I mean? And and, And the more I kind of sway away from it and try to do other things, maybe... You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I just, I, I don't want to be involved with the politics of all this shit. And plus, like, all the personal shit behind my fucking back has, like, you know, that goes for everything. But, you know, personally, I wouldn't want to fucking be here. But, you know, for some reason, I have to fucking be here. And I'm not even looking at it in a morbid way. I'm looking at it like, you know, there's probably something else that you can fucking, you know. Let me see. Let me just start this up quickly. So yeah, I got a blue sky, but the blue sky, I I I don't know if they, if it's open for everybody, but like I'm not really. I'm so far I got five followers there. I I, I was actually happy that I had zero followers on an app where like you know no one's gonna look. For, although I did write, I'm hiding from the Illuminati, and all of all of a sudden I got like four likes. So I guess other people are looking up Illuminati on here basically. Podcast recording bipolar coaster on Spotify Apple Podcasts now set my entertainment uh, celebrity I guess they don't give much options I put funny I guess. Although I don't think I'm really that funny. Certainly not from my last performance at open mic. 
I do, you know, uh, have ideas, but, you know. I try to come up with rants here, you know. Yeah, you know, don't have many followers on here. for my fucking email on here. I haven't done that yet. Blah, 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 blah. Let me see. Like, no dead air is not, you know. Hopefully I get an invite, hopefully I can accumulate an uh, invite code and I'll probably maybe send some out, you know. I got a lot to talk about, I, I think I built up almost a week of fucking shit to talk about. I'm gonna be here for hours, plus I still gotta do the fucking, you know, NXT, Raw, Smackdown, Collision recaps. I don't even know where to start because, um... 
I, I guess I can start with Cat Williams because that became like one of the big fucking stories of the week. It was kind of like he did a you shoot interview with Shannon Sharp on his podcast. And, and the thing is, listen, what to call it? I'm not, I'm not going to be like all these other people that are fucking, you know, uh, knocking his intentions because he's a cog in the system that has tried to remain as funny as possible. Um, given the circum, I know people are going to say it's all his fault for all the circumstances, but when you start fucking speaking out about shit in the in the past, or you go through some shit, they can design you to like that. That's my whole thing. They give you the Artie Lang treatment. They make you self destruct. You're in the news for constantly being in trouble all the time, and getting humiliated. Um, you know, on on purpose. Like him, like he he has enough celebrity clout to have more power over civilians. Not saying that should be the case, whatever, right? But I'm just saying that like, no one can, like, you know, like, try to fuck with a celebrity unless, like, they're given permission to do that. So, so, but, but to me, so even though, like, guys like him and Chappelle and others also have been through some legit, like, le- legitimate shit in, in, the, in the industry that people will never understand... It's like he's giving a gimmick version of it for the current stuff because he, the same type of forces that were involved previously are now more affiliated. Because again, you, you can call out show business as long as it's fucking you're talking about people being Democrats and being liberals because on the, on the surface, a lot of these people are, right? I don't think anyone's coming in here. You know, um, so I, I I can play some of it, but like, like, you know, like, like people, people are not focusing on some of the substance of what he's saying because, because everyone's focusing on him going at other people. And, and 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 by the way, what the call you're you're making it seem like any like this is the one thing that I don't like. Here's the thing: you can point out. Well, at first I should say, the same type of forces that like th- they're talking about have now become the religious fundamentalist, and it feels like a lot of the people who like have a legitimate gripe with the industry. Right? Like I'm not gonna shit on Kevin Hart and say he didn't work hard, man. The guy fucking worked hard. He's a funny fucking dude. And do I think he's the funniest dude? No, I don't think he's the funniest. His his early specials were fucking, you know, dope. But I never really felt like, you know what I mean? After Chappelle kind of left, like, it, it was hard for me to, like, kind of, like... Like, I think Bill Burr was, like, the next fucking comedian that I really felt since Chappelle, like, I could, like, see some genuine, like, you know, like, like you know, like, like legitimate passion and, and actual attempts of fucking humor. You know what I mean? So like, you, 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 it, it, it was it's very hard. So like, so but I still I still don't fucking knock the guy, but do I think that so like there's a bunch of people that are talented, that could like you know make it to the big big time, but there's some people that just don't want to play ball with what the system gives them, and certain people for the time being will get that treatment, of having a good aesthetic like Kevin Hart. But there's probably stuff that he's had to do to compromise because everyone does. Like, no one's a fucking immune from, from doing it. You got to either do dirt 
or take fucking dirt. You know what I mean? Like you had to fucking you know go through some shit, right? But then the but you see because like you know, they, they present people who are like who look like clean cut people in the mainstream for the purpose of eventually having this kind of storyline because now it's like Cat Williams is gonna be battling Kevin Hart now. You know what I mean? Because like, cause like Kevin Hart's another one that ever since like the like the whole cancellation of his old jokes, he himself between like get, having like the cheating rumors and all that, that's where his discourse is going. Once like you know what I mean, he, like some of these guys are no longer comedians. Like I'm sure I'm sure in this new in this new, in this new comeback that Cat Williams is doing, cause he's gonna get a comeback. And, and and people think this is like some he's on he's some underground podcast. Dude, Shannon Sharp is not some underground fucking dude. Alright? Even if it's an independent podcast from whatever he does uh whatever like what whatever official platform that he like whatever official institution that he's associated with. Like it's it's still like oh he got he got so much more subscribers now. To his, uh, you know, to to his thing, the, that could all just be that he scored a big interview, and again, it, that, that's not saying that people didn't fucking you know go and sign up or anything like that. But it's also like, oh, that was his promotion by the new forces that are fucking gonna p- pump you up. People only think that wearing a dress is the only time that you can fucking sell out when a lot of people have proverbially, proverbially, you know, have put on a dress mentally. To torque for these fundamentalist edgelord white supremacists that exist in the fucking space. Like Dave Chappelle himself told a story about Iceberg Slim, and you thought, okay, he's exposing shit. But then in the end, when he said that, okay, I'm going on my last little trick, you assume, okay, he's coming back to like kind of, you know, get one last run, but like. Now it's even more clear with all the subject matter and him becoming more of a discourse character that he's being used to ampl- for, for you know, a lot of right-wing voices to now use his specials and use his commentary as a reason why you should be anti-trans. Even if there's, like, people say there's more substance there, but this last special, there wasn't much more substance. This is, like, a final nail in the coffin of him going on that fucking side. You know what I mean? You can, you can, if if you can study Dave Chappelle's and 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 the way that he doesn't like people just laughing at anything, you can tell. Like again, when you watch the MTV Awards two thousand four, when he is kind of like disgusted with the audience about them laughing at anything, and this time he can. Like, I, there's a couple of times where they're laughing. And he just kind of looks a little bit, and he kind of just turns away a little bit, has his head down, like, and he's kind of, like, laughing. He, like, he knows that this shit is fucking hacky. He knows that this isn't his best material, but it's going to get amplified by people who are, you know, still, like, you know, hyping up his past, his past hits and all that. But then the people who are hyping up his past hits are are also people who notoriously online who basically do a lot of anti-LGBTQ stances. And this is what I'm worried about with this whole, you know, wearing a dress thing because, because like there is a legitimate argument. Like you know, that's just one part of humiliation that like. And and by the way, because show business is run by fundamentalist type of fraternity, right wing type of fucking people. Even if someone's a gay, most of the time the show business people are normally fucking con- more conservative. 
even if they say that they're liberal and to like appease some of like you know, the, the 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 left wing that wants to like you know um support it because there could be a like a message that you support and some of the causes that they might support but then you know you mean but when you have it solely basically like you know when you solely like give the messenger like um like you know super credible like super credible credible cred eh, credibility I'm sorry, I haven't been speaking, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I've been mostly in my own head for the last fucking week. So, like, now I have to fucking practice how to fucking speak again. It's, it's always a fucking process. Like, I need to do these more often, I guess, because I'm not speaking enough. I'm normally in my own head, and by the time I come and say something, I have... A, it's, all, it's, all, it's all mumbled up, and I, I want to get through this as fast as fucking possible. You know... It's another thing that you can hold against me, and and worse enough, no one's coming into my, uh, no one's coming into uh, the the fucking stream. I might as well not even fucking do it. Thing is, every everyone has been playing the clips. You know what I mean. And I was I was looking for like a remix of some of the fucking clips. You know what I mean. I want to play the whole thirty five fucking minutes of the of the thing, whatever. But it was basically a way to fucking shit on other fucking talent like Ricky Smiley. And you know what I mean? Like it, it, it feels like a purposeful, like, since the world is going to a more fundamentalist fucking type of direction. Because again, because again if anybody, like, depending on what the role is, if someone's wearing a dress, I, I don't think that's the worst fucking thing. And I don't think it just exclusively happens to you know black talent. You know what I mean? I know I know it's more it's more focused. It's 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 been more focused exclusively. But like every but but every you know every everyone in show business on some level has like dress in a fucking dress on some level. That should go to a bigger fucking question. But to me, it's not because like oh like wearing a like if someone wore a dress like they're a fucking bad fucking person. If you're doing it on your own and you want to fucking do it, you go ahead and fucking do it. If you have an angle, whatever. If you're someone that just wants to fucking cross dress, that that does exist, right? But because in show business, like it's run by, in my personal opinion, conservatives, fundamental, like you know, fraternity, like fucking. Uh, conservatives, they find that kind of they, they find that to be like the fu the funniest trope, or like they think that's the most uh, humiliating fucking trope. Basically, that, well, why do you think you find out about like guys like Steven Crowder, who's like you know forcing like they're you know they're forcing their you know staff members to do homoerotic stuff. You know what I mean? And and, 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 I, and I think people on the left like because they don't want to go the conspiracy route, they kind of ignore. Some of the, but like it's it's not it's it's not just uh, it's not just uh gay pe gay executives and all that kind of shit like that going down. It's more about like what you're no what kind of power is at play, and 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 having to fucking do shit to like you know um get like your showcase of, of what your talent is. It's kind of to me it's kind of shitty, like that's why certain women fucking go through that too. Me, me, straight men go through that with some of the powerful women also you know in different institutions and all that kind of shit other women go through that with other women powerful women also everyone ha it's like every leader or every institution has to have some type of like abuse ritual going on or humiliation ritual and for some reason like the like for some reason like that's always a go-to thing for some reason 
but like a lot of people who have been fucked up by the industry and making that the focus. I noticed that a lot of the, like, especially Cat Williams, he seems to be going more in a religious type of fucking deal. And on the surface, it doesn't seem that fucking bad, whatever, you know what I mean? You can see some good in religion and all that kind of shit. But whenever it's a celebrity, it's like, they tend, like, again, like, I say that some of these celebrities who get abused, or, like, and and again, I don't even know if that happened. Cat Williams was painting it like he'd never been compromised at all, but, like, or or Dave Chappelle will act like he never wore a dress, but he wore one in fucking, uh... In, 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 um, you know, the Robin Williams, no, 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 what movie was it? Not Robin Williams, um, what's it, uh, Prince, uh, what, what was it, uh, he wasn't with Robert Williams, I thought the movie was with Robert Williams, um, hold on one second, hold on. Robin Hood, Robin Hood, but who's with it? I, for some reason, I thought, um, what, what was his name? Robin Williams was in it. I forgot that Robin Williams was in, uh, you know, um, Hook, you know, the Peter Pan thing. For some reason, I, I, for some reason, I got those, I would get those movies confused for some odd reason. I don't know why. Who, who was the main cast? Carrie L. I, 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 yeah, Princess Joan. I don't know. But also, but also, Dave Chappelle also did um when he was doing, he used to do a sketch show as well before he got like, not like it was like a small sketch show, but he parodied Robin. Um, he they did they did the Howard Stern parody, and he played Robin in it. You know what I mean? So like he's done that before. But if you want to talk about a common thread of, like, them kind of, like, doing it, but doing that, but they act like they're not aligning with, like, the same type of conservatives that are still kind of doing that shit on the low as well, like, you know, who, who you know, they're acting like they're not part of this new fundamentalism. So and so so it's, it's it's an excuse for people to think that you only sold out when you you know only um, dr- you know dress up like that, but you're also being propped up because you're serving the right wing agenda, which is why a lot of these people are having a resurgence now. Because like there is genuine fucking you know politics that they're talking about that shouldn't be ignored, but it is going to be ignored obviously because and, and the thing is like. It, Cause I understand that because again, like people might be aligning with the far right, right? The fundamentalist far right that's supposed to fucking take over, you know. And it's 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 happening with every like like every delegation, like the conservative elements of different delegations, are aligning with like what the, what's going to happen in the future with the Trumps and all that kind of shit. Because that guy isn't going anywhere. I should turn this off. Should turn well. This podcast I should turn off, but but no. I was I was gonna play the Chappelle. I was, I was gonna play the Cat Williams shit. You know what I mean? Like I like for for example, like something that shouldn't be overlooked. That, that, that like and and people don't think that like there's like anything conspiratorial going on. The fact that like he said that Weinstein 
was supposed to, like, you know, was offering to fucking suck him off at a, in a meeting and all that kind of shit. Like, he, he did pay, like, I, I do think that he was exaggerating with the whole ludicrous, that him and Ludacris would have the same career. I do think that they do give you um, an overall plan of where your career is going to go and how much money you will accumulate in the next 20 years or so. Like, I do think that that is possible. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? And I, I don't know if Ludacris got paid, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, 10, 10, mil, 10, mil, uh, 10, uh, 10 million for, you know, each, each movie or something like that. But like, I'm sure there is like something to that. But then he took a shot at Ludacris having, you know, he's catering to like, you know, he's catering to like all like, like, you know, like, 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 like discourse type of stuff because then it became like a light skin, dark skin thing because there's like, you know, like, you know, all. Uh, like, pe people act like the people that make a big deal about, like, oh, someone has a light-skinned wife, whatever, right? Like, you know, like, fall in love with whoever you fall in love with. But, like, in when whenever there's an, whenever there's an uh, you know, whenever there's an industry person and they, you know, get chosen, like, to have, um, uh, like, th th they get chosen to, like, you know, have, like, an arranged, like, you know, marriage or a business partnership. Like, there is, like, racism deep, deeply embedded where they would rather you, you know, have somebody that, you know, is, like, that, that you know, like, looks more white than, you know, that looks dark, basically. But then, like, that argument, like, that, that statement becomes, like, you know, because, again, then, then, because, again, because regular people then have to deal with that, and then the regular people are just falling in love with who they fall in love with, Right. And the thing is, but then we, but then like, so then people get mad that you're judging these celebrities, because like, but, but the but the reason why people judge the celebrities is because like it's basically like an arranged. I don't think people should be this invested into celebrity fucking relationships, anyways. But because of all these celebrities become like cogs in the system, where they don't really have much fucking control, even if they have a nice fucking aesthetic. You know what I mean? Like they get chosen, but I, but I, but the thing is, I, I don't know because but, but, but Ludacris's wife is never really a character in the fucking discourse. Maybe this is her way of becoming one now because, you know, because now Cat Williams is mentioning all these people, and then and then and then something that I do agree with with Cat Williams about how they put a, they wanted to put a rape scene in the Friday after next. Ice Cube denied that. Ice Cube denied that there was, but like you know, I understand. That like like because like because like because even when I watch Friday the Next, I always like the Friday movies, right? And I always thought like I because I, Cat Williams makes the fucking scene because he's so good as Money Mike in that movie, whatever. Um, you know, but but like I always thought like that scene was fucking like I I thought the whole story arc of of, of like like I said you wanted to have like a wild character character like Terry Crews. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, but, like, I just thought it was, like, weird that, like, they had, they had to add, like, him trying to, like, like, him wanting to, like, rape fucking Cat Williams. Like, the scene, like, you don't see the scene or anything like that. But, like, it, 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 it it's a funny visual seeing Cat Williams getting chased around, getting chased outside. I thought it was funny because his character basically outran Terry Crews for that fucking long. You know what I mean, and I, I but I always thought that was a, a weird fucking scene to like kind of 
Like I, 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 I always find that weird because in the in the in the night in the nineties and a little bit early two, early two thousands and and also the eighties also too whatever, from old movies that you see like they've always incorporated or normalized some form of rape, like you know what I mean whether it be married with children like you know you could say Peggy was raping Al because Al didn't want to have sex with her, there was one episode where Al like kind of raped Peggy, there was one episode where Bud raped um you know uh Kelly's friend. You know, I mean, see, but but the thing is, like, they do it in, in a smooth way where you don't think, like, you find it funny because, like, oh, look, they switched positions, like, you know what I mean? But that's actually fucking rape. But, like, they've, but, but, but they, but they, they've, like, made that, like, 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 just look at the, the, the Rocky movies, right? Like, the way that fucking Sylvester Stallone got his, his, his woman. And a lot, that's what I'm trying to say, man, a lot of people, whether you want to believe it or not, they view entertainment and it plays a part in their fucking head. The only time that you can ever talk about entertainment being a bad influence is whenever they need to throw hip-hop under the fucking, you know, uh, thing. But I do think to impressionable people, yeah, entertainment can influence people. People don't think that they're easily impressed. If I copied Bill Burr's act... And I did all the good things that Bill Burr did, and I copied his act. You'd say that, yo, you're copying Bill Burr. Like, you're, you think you're Bill Burr. But, like, for the good reasons, right? But if I do something, like, you know, if I have a, a horrible attitude, because of, like, let's say something that Bill Burr said, right, that can't, like, be a trip. I'm not saying you, I'm just using Bill Burr as an example, whatever, right? I'm just, I'm not saying, oh my God, blame Bill Burr for it. I'm just saying the overall culture of entertainment of what's being normalized in an era, normally does fucking play, because again, when I'm watching what's popular in the late 90s, early 2000s, a lot of it was amplifying, like, the edgelord kind of stuff, and when I'm not consuming, like, political talk, like, talks, but, like, you know, talking about, like, kind of want to be entertained or whatever and all that, I'm not looking at the political ramification of the messaging and all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not thinking about it in a political fucking way, even though, by default, a lot of stuff is fucking political. So it seems like everyone's replying, Ludacris is replying, Kevin Kevin Hart made fun of him while he was doing some basketball show. You know what I mean? It's, it's a way to get fucking buzz, but this is like, I guess, Cat Williams' second act to his career. We'll see what angle he goes. The thing is, like, he might end up problematic, but the thing is, Cat, Cat Williams is a lot, a lot more funny than a lot of fucking people, man. You know, he's had some good spe- I, I, the, He When he started out, he had some really good specials, but then, like, toward, like, you know, the latter part, I didn't really feel his specials were that fucking great, but he had one really great special, I think, what, like, in 2000, uh, I think it was, like, 2007, 2008, or something like that. You know, it was a really good one. You know, can't, so so yeah, I, I can't keep up with who responded, whatever. But I mean, it's basically that you should interview him going at different people. Like, for example, he went at Cedric the Entertainer. I think Cedric was always supposed to be at a role where, like, certain like you could make that excuse for anybody that makes it in the system that like they're talented enough where you go, okay, well, yeah, they, they, they'll have this career, but they won't ever be like considered like the, like the oh the greatest of the greats by the hardcores that consume, like, the entertainment, whatever. You know what I mean? So it feels like this is a way to kind of bring discourse to Steve Harvey, to Cedric, 
and all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like maybe I'll maybe I'll end with a roast or something like that. Who fucking knows? But like Kevin Hart also like Kevin Hart. What to call like even though like I don't like, I'm not saying that like you know he uh, didn't work hard, but when like he has to like when people in the industry have to like um, like. Like for example, like you know, the, 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 he should understand that like the, the 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 same business that you know that's help like that's like you know propping up his career, they can also destroy fucking people, and make their lives a living fucking hell, and and then and, and then because of that, people might spiral out of uh, out of control, and then you know what I mean. But then but then what happens is everyone has to blame, the fucking per- like the what the, the the person who. Um, career is not fucking happening, whatever. The the, the thing that I hate about... The the thing that I hate about, um, like, this kind of stuff is that, like, the people that will hate Kevin Hart and never think that he was funny are looking for a reason to, like, justify why his career shouldn't be given to him and all that kind of shit when the focus should be on the people who fucking run the whole fucking shit. You know what I mean? Because Kevin Hart, like, basically went on the Breakfast Club to basically say that he's not the one. He's not the one that's living up to the end of his deal. He's, you know, what I mean, like maybe that depression, maybe that depression. Because again, like, if 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 the if the if it's a mafia world, and all these people are doing insane fucking shit behind the fucking scenes, then yeah, it it might fucking play a fucking role in your mental decline about what kind of world you're in, and some people might fucking give in to being a fucking addict or whatever. So like you know what I mean like I'm not gonna come here like I, that that doesn't mean that Cat Williams' trajectory is not gonna be backed by the the new fundamentalist right that's you know easing their way into 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 the culture where you have like oh look he told he told the truth on the internet and it's and that's underground no that's the Shannon Sharp podcast is mainstream on the internet millions of people are fucking watching it me me there's probably millions of people that are watching it but. Like, you know, then when, like, you're supposed to be propped up, then it gets even more numbers where they amplify it. Like, you know what I mean? I do think there's there's genuine numbers. But I think to make it seem like it's taking the world by storm, they do then influx the fucking numbers and make it seem like it's higher than what it is. Even though there's still... I'm not saying, oh, that means no one's watching it. There's still millions of people watching it. But to make it seem like it's, like, doing great fucking ratings... The ampli- just like I believe the the ratings back then were also amplified as well. You're using a justification. You know. This is my fucking opinion on it at least. I don't know, man. I don't know. But yeah, I mean I mean that's basically what it is. The other thing was that, again, I can't even keep up with the um the Epstein shit because like, you know, um cuz that's also being conflated. I mean, every listen, here's the thing. Even if there is people that are not on the Epstein, I I don't know why Epstein has become the center of him being the most important figure in all of this shit. Because I believe that, like, if this is going on more regularly, like people fucking say, then why does it just need to be the Epstein Island? So even if you say Trump is not on the list, 
Trump probably has his own fucking island where he fucking does it. He probably does it in his own Mar-a-Lago. They have other fucking locations. Di- I didn't know the only location for this kind of shit would only be done on Epstein's fucking island. It, now that I think about it, the fact that they've lur- made this a, a lurking issue the past, like, 10, 10, 15 years on the internet means that it was supposed to become the main focus. Because now people are using it for anti-Semitic fucking purposes as well. Meaning that, listen, is there, a, is, there, is there blackmail that's going on that makes people vote for Israel's interest and all that kind of shit? And are people blackmailed? But people act like, I think the people that are pointing out, like, like the right wing that are pointing out, um, you know, um, uh, who are pretending to be against Israel and for Palestine. I'm talking about like some of like the, the white nationalist type fucking people like uh, a Jackson Hinkle or Jake Shields or, a, um, you know, like, you know, like, so very bad faith actors on the post left or people that hang out with people who are supposed to be on the left, like the Jimmy Doors and all that kind of shit. I could say that they're being blackmailed by whatever dirt they're doing to be protected to serve the right wing while also making it seem like they're doing it under the guise of pointing out the fucking truth. But the thing is, like, they'll point out, like, a, a, a subtle truth about people being blackmailed, but they'll solely make it for an anti-Semitic fucking purpose. Like, when you say, when, when people say, oh, look, a lot of, a lot of uh, people in the acting world have, uh, f- um, have fleed to, um, to Tel Aviv, because they're facing pedophile charges or facing rape charges or, 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 or you know what I mean, they've been, they've been exposed to that. You go, oh, see, they all go to Israel, whatever. But is Roman Pol- did Roman Polanski go to Israel? He went somewhere else. Did, did, did fucking, uh, what's his name? Did, uh, another guy that's trying to be pro-Palestinian, Andrew Tate. Where did he go? He went to Romania, did he not? To escape fucking, you know... What's going on? You can go all over the fucking place. Things have to be, and then the people who are who say they're on the left will then completely fucking you know like that post left watch account. I don't I don't I don't trust that account, even though I like some of the things that they point out. But whenever it's conspiracy conspiracy orientated, they fucking completely make it seem like the conspiracy is complete and utter shit. Even though the people that are fucking complaining about the conspiracy are the ones that are fucking doing it themselves. I don't know if anyone's in here still. No one, yeah, no one's in here. It's a dead town in here, man. I bet you the power that be figured out that like I was getting some type of audience here, a little bit. So now like the sites had a fucking merge, and all of a sudden now that. You know, that's why, you know, they don't want me getting any extra fucking viewers at all whatsoever. I'm going to assume that. It's always, you know, always to get me less and less fucking viewers and all that type of shit. Who fucking knows? Yeah, no one's coming in here, man. Maybe I should have gone on, uh, you know, maybe I should have gone on, uh, maybe I should have gone on, um, the thing is, if people are watching me from outside, that'll be, like, one thing as well, I guess, I don't know. 
Wait, like if they don't have an account, I, I don't know, man. It doesn't work. Uh, give me a drug, give me, give me. So yeah, I don't know what's going on now with um. Just a poor soul living in the appointment line. I'm barely alive. Is there golden globes on right now? I'm not, I'm not watching this shit. Hold on. I guess I missed it. Again, I don't watch enough movies or television anymore to really, to really care about this. I guess I went on the Stern show and I was like, kind of, uh, you know, trying to get involved with like the conversations online and shit like that. I mean, watching more television and movies and all that kind of shit. But, you know, I, 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 I'm kind of regretting staying in the wrestling bubble because... It, it it really didn't it really didn't it really didn't get me anywhere really you know what I mean like you know what I mean like it, I think it's caused more fucking issues where like you know now I'm kind of like I wish I was part of other fucking fandoms because the fucking conversations within fucking wrestling are so fucking weak to me and 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 it feels like it's like you know like stuff that's talked about like you know on online and in reddit on on the podcast like a lot of times like they feel it it feels like a lot of like a lot of topics and narratives that are given out by the system like they have to be like done in a done in a in a, in a limited kind of way and i'm not saying like my view on stuff is like don't be all end on all that but it's like you can't have an open conversation about some of like the practices that are going on behind the fucking scenes I don't know, man. 
So again, I don't even know if Oprah's mentioned on the list. People keep talking about how no one can talk about the list. And everyone's talking about it. Because everyone's using yesteryear's um, value of the media. When there's other avenues now that are, you know. <sighs> you know, I don't know. I'm just getting so fucking sick of the fucking, you know, bullshit. But it's like, yo, you can't talk about the list. But then you're talking about it. And then and then and then I noticed that people who are going to the right wing, who are online, who are acting like they're part of the left, who cancel celebrities, when like so they'll cancel them and then when they get rehabbed and the same ones that were criticizing them don't got nothing to say about their rehab because is designed to get more people on the fundamentalist side, essentially. For stuff that they're initiated with. And then it's like, we can't find out who uh, Doe Do 137 is until... J so it's like they're prolonging it, but they're acting like people are actually withholding it. They're just trying to build up more more anticipation for promoting the list and all that kind of shit. Like, you have Alex Jones doing, oh, I'm uncovering the truth. Um, to make it see, and, and to make it seem like the, the politicians are only blackmailed to doing stuff that they don't like, whatever, and all that kind of stuff, right? But they're acting like they're not, play, they're, not they're, they're also not blackmailed into pretending that they're the ones who are going to be the truth tellers. People will give R Ricky Gervais credit for calling it out, but he's a court jester who's allowed to call it out because he's probably part of them. And then, like, you know, you've, this has become such a parody now. Even though this is serious shit. But this has become such a parody now where you're having discourse of, like, Alan Dershowitz becoming a fucking sports entertainment character. Where you're having him on the fucking news talking about, oh, these feminists care about the Epstein list, but how about do they care about what Hamas raping? And it's, like, it's obvious, like, supposed to be an obvious deflection and everyone's pointing it out. But it's, like, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not supposed to fool people. And and then anything that anything that Hamas fucking does, I'll condemn it. But I'm also gonna condemn like the law, the fuck a, a a a whole hell of a lot of what fucking the IDF and what the Israeli government are fucking doing, and all the pro, <coughs> all the pro fucking Zionist celebrities that are actually making it fucking more difficult for, um, you know, regular Jewish people out there because they because they get to be the representatives on the fucking discourse and dominate that the bad faith anti-Semitic actors that are trying to fucking get more people to get into their fucking, uh, into their, like, little revolution type of deal, whatever, that they, that's run on fundamentalism, but they're making it seem like it's, uh... Like, I'm not saying that there aren't genuine fucking people that are g g trying to, like, you know, push back and all that kind of shit, but there are a lot of bad faith actors that are dominating the fucking space, at least online, you know what I mean, who can dictate shit.
You know, and then you had Jimmy Kimmel versus Aaron Rodgers. You know, because and, and the thing is, listen, I, I'm I'm listen. If you're a regular person, or like you know, again, like you know, what I mean, because again, because here's the thing, you, you could be guilty by being associated with people and you don't know. Like for example, I don't know anything that people I associate. I don't have enough resources to look up what people are up to behind the fucking scenes, what dirty things they're fucking doing, and all that kind of shit. I have no genuine idea. But someone like Jimmy Kimmel, who's in the inside. That's associated with like fine if you're not gonna if you're gonna ignore Epstein's uh, Epstein's fucking uh, chef whatever. There's other problematic people that Jimmy Kimmel has been associated with, who are you know definitely people that do do fucking you know fundamentalist propaganda like Howard Stern. I know right now you're put the thing Howard Stern's a good guy because he's seemingly against Trump. But this is a but this is a way for more sports entertainment. But you're gonna, f- I it, it wouldn't shock me if Jimmy Kimmel like is, is not guilty of something. But you're put aside because Jimmy Kimmel will call out people on the surface, and I appreciate the message on the surface because he'll do the right thing on the surface a little bit, even if he comes off like. But he's doing it. In, he's doing it in an era where anyone that makes fun of the mega types are automatically discredited because they're associated with the Democrats. You know what I mean? Because they have, like... And again, like, they're loosely, like, Democrats. Like, they're, like, like they'll still have, like, a lot of ignorance that they fucking do. Like, they'll do, like, you know what I mean? Like, they'll do, like, super pro, pro U.S. Empire level shit. That's seen as a fucking good guy, but but Jimmy Kimmel, you know, he's you know, definitely going to be someone in my personal opinion that turns fucking heel. I don't know if he was on the Epstein Island or not. I don't know what the again. There's a lot of people that are that are making up fucking names, being on the list as well, where you can't tell what is real and what is not. The thing is, any any it doesn't need to be on Epstein's. It doesn't need to happen on Epstein's Island for something to be you know. uh uh, to something to be considered, um, like, 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 it doesn't need to be on Epstein Island for like for something horrible to happen to other fucking places. You can still be organized in that fucking way, but there's definitely something there where some of these people, like, I, I. I I'm not saying they didn't do anything or anything like that, but I think at the at the very least, some of them had to be present there because it's supposed to be something that will be added to their fucking name. Like at the, at the like, how could Steve like how could Stephen Hawking do anything? On you know what I mean? Like the, the, this guy can't fucking you know even even move. So what? He would definitely just had to be one of those guys that had to like probably watch some fucked up shit go down, whatever. So they got his name on there, but there's definitely some blackmailing shit going on. Oh, look, I, look, I got, I got, I got my first viewer in here. I didn't think, I, don't think, I, I didn't think I would, I would, I would, I would make the fucking, I didn't think I would make the cut because a lot of, uh, a lot of, I don't know if you're from Tumblr or not, buddy. I don't know where you're from, but what the call? I'm not breaking through to, to a lot of. I uh, just like when when you have mostly people from Meet Me and Plenty of Fish on here, they're dominating the live space of what you can watch when you when you can see like on the front screen of the live. 
and even before this happened, you know, I wasn't like the most, you know, I wasn't the most sought out after person on the planet, uh, with Tumblr only, and and now you know, um, and now with the merger happening with all these sites, there's barely anyone that comes in here, and you're the first person, Mister. I don't know who who this guy is, Mister Krusty Buns. You know, I don't know. Give me some hearts and pass on the message, I guess, you know. So I got one person in here now, finally. After, you know, already uh, 55 minutes or so of this shit. When you're not here with me. And then people are debating if all oh, because Michael Jackson wasn't on the fucking list. Here's the thing, man. What they called the thing is, there's always inconsistencies of why when people defend him, and there's also inconsistencies of when people go after him. I personally think a lot of fucking celebrities did some some uh, were initiated into some fucked up shit, or like you know again, I I do think there is mind, there is mind control that is involved as well. And then and once you get them fucking kind of hooked with the mind control shit, then they still fucking keep doing that shit after, maybe. There's definitely something at play, whatever. But like I, but people who think that, like, oh, oh, everyone else is guilty, but Michael Jackson was never fucking guilty. He was just, he was used, like, like he was, if he is guilty, he, it'd be a reflection of what fucking industry he's in and, and what goes on. Because it's it's like it's like it's like there's different people that are guilty of shit, but they put certain people through the fucking ringer, of being like the focal point, just like just like they put Kanye West, as the main focal point of like what he's doing and what fundamentalist shit he's doing and the anti-Semitic shit he's doing. It's like it's 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 not he's not the only one. You know what I mean? He's like one of many other fucking people in that in that celebrity world. That are going down that fucking route. But they have Kanye be the... Because he's the one that kind of... Is like, you know, can get people, you know... Through like, you know, like spiritual shit, basically. Because he seemingly spits a good message about like... Faith and like not wanting, you know, your daughters to... Like his daughters being on... Uh, being like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like... Uh, the Kim Kar- like the the Kardashians and all that. But because it's like supposed to make her a star in another fu- in another way, you know what I mean? It's like she's breaking out from the pretentiousness. But like, like that's just just a fake fake attempt. Like if if Kim had all this power and all that kind of shit, to she could basically cover that up and show you that it's not fucking true at all. But like the fact that they're showing you video footage of her shitting on, like the pretentiousness and all that kind of stuff, and you know what I mean? It's like it's designed for it to go in a more fundamentalist direction. But like, believe. But I personally believe the Kardashians are still like heavily involved with whatever Kanye is fucking doing. You know, it's like an institution. You know, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. It's just, uh... 
This is another weird fucking thing to go on now, man. It's just another fucked, fucked up thing, you know. I can uh, cover again another big. I, I I can go over some of the stuff. I again I haven't been jotting down every single like development from the Palestine Israel thing because like I st- like as horrible as like everything that's going on right now. I also realize that in the midst of it, there's stuff that's online that's fucking you know like just supposed to be there for trauma porn. And it's like it's also engagement farming as well in the sense that like okay like we're already pissed off that you're like that that you know people are being fucking killed by by this fundamentalist war that's supposed to like just destroy um innocent people while the fundamentalists know that this is supposed to be going on and it's always been the fucking plan in my personal opinion and they're all kind of aligned in some fucking way but if they you know they might they might kill like a they they might kill a body double or something like that of somebody in 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 fact what the call they got uh the co leader of Hamas in in Beirut right and again because people cause again I couldn't follow along the discourse because there's bad faith actors that are guiding it as well people were boasting about like people are like oh you see they they, they did it with without killing any civilians which shows you that they could have done that if 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 they're really fearful of Hamas they could have got them you know got these threats. Um, you know, since you blame the Palestinians for having Hamas, whatever, you could have got these threats that you guys say that, you know, uh, you're, you, you, you don't agree with, even though, like, they exist because of you. So you, you really didn't have to fucking do what you fucking did, but you did it anyways. And we, and then, and then I'm supposed to think I'm a genius for pointing it out, even though, like, at this point, these motherfuckers don't care if I'm pointing it out because they're getting their fundamentalist fucking dream of fucking, you know, destroying all of Palestine so they can build a fucking golden temple for whatever their fucking prophecy is. You know. Like, there was, like, Iran sends a warship to to the Red Sea after uh, the U.S. killed, like, Houthi militants. And the thing is, like, I, I, I never, I, because, like, I don't trust the alt media, because, like, they'll just defend, like, the government, uh, they'll defend, like, Iran's fundamentalist fucking government. And, and, and by the way, by, by pointing out that, like, the people that Israel's going, like, you know, go, like, you know, uh, like, feuding with, that doesn't mean you want the innocent fucking, that doesn't mean you want fucking war happening. And I know whenever you point out that other governments are fundamentalist, and, like, a lot of the fucking people are doing it for war hawk fucking, you know, um, you know, thing going on over there. Like they, they, they would rather that shit go down. Like oh, because 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 they know that the, the innocent people are the ones that are gonna be fucked up more. But anyway, people are saying that oh oh like they got the, the Hamas co leader. But then I'm seeing other things happening where there was a terrorist attack in in uh in 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 in, uh, in Iran. First of all, people think it was Israel, and then also people think that um it was uh you know and then also I saw buildings in Beirut getting fucking torn down. But I don't know if like that was like from airstrikes or whatever. But like, I, it's hard to fucking keep up with what's actually fucking happening. Cause I literally don't trust even the alt media. Like I definitely can't. I I definitely can't trust the the full narrative of the mainstream fucking media. 
but the but there's also a lot of bad faith actors over the last ten years that have used their credibility to be like, well, I'm not like mainstream media, and then they give you a shitty fucking narrative. You know, I don't know. And then, and then, and and and, and there's people, and, and then the people that are you know trying to, uh, like, there's be one guy I used to follow on Twitter that like I used to think that had a good a good politics, but ever since Jimmy Doris moved to the right, like a lot of the guys that the socialist MMA dude hangs out with, I think his name is Nick Cruz, right? He he's like he's like he's one of the guys that's doing the Tel Aviv harbors like you know pedophiles. And that's why uh, they're so, and that's why West, the Westerners are so against calling LGBTQ groomers because it's, uh, it's, it's projection. And it's like the fucking right wingers that are the ones doing it are the ones projecting. They're the ones that are always associated. Like maybe they think gay people are groomers because a lot, of, a lot of these conservatives that are down low that fuck other closeted fucking conservatives. Maybe those people are fucking you know, uh, in in into um you know fucking kids or something like that. And not because they're fucking gay, it's because they're fucking fundamentalist right wing fucking creeps. And you can be in any 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 dele, any delegation can be involved with that. They have like the Muslims. They have black people. They have Asians. They have uh, uh, LGBTQ. They might have some trans. There's a tr- there's a tr- like, there's a shooter who who what was a uh, non-binary apparently, and the, automatically that means that the non-binary shooter automatically is somebody that's associated with the left. Like that person couldn't have, and that could be another M- that could be another MK Ultra fucking you know cog in the fucking system designed to go and do shit. But then it's like, oh, they, they, they're distracting you from the Epstein's list by talking about this mass shooting. And like, they're not talking about this mass shooting because it's now a non-binary person. So make up your fucking minds. You know, I don't know. And then you you got to deal with the fucking, you know, uh, oh, um, you know, m- m- more justification of them pretending that they have huma- have huma- humanity to them where they're talking about, oh, um, well, oh, what the call, we're do- we we just want the um, Palestinians to move to a safe area so they wouldn't do that. And then they're going to displace a bunch of them and, you know, and, and fuck up their lives even more. And, and the thing is, like, you know, people can condemn them. And, and, and again, what the call, you should condemn them. But but people that are condemning them, you know, it's it's like they're they're gonna keep doing it until they get the until they get the anti-Semitic side to then um to get people who are already angered about what's going on to now fucking root for the destruction of like all Jewish people and all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 rooted it's rooted in it's rooted in fundamentalism. Even and this is not me like generalizing any pro all protest all protesters and all that kind of shit whatever and all that type of shit or anyone that supports Palestine. Do I think everyone that does the river from the sea mean like what they like you know what the intent of that is, like, what they say the intent is? No, 
But there's bad faith actors that are the ones who are coming to the defense of it that I don't fucking trust who defend other right-wing fucking dictators also. Like you know, like I, I just, I just don't trust people who, 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 who defend Putin, who defend fucking, you know, um, you know, uh, like you know, um, um, you know, the 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 Chinese president. And I and I understand and I and I understand that you know I understand some people will oppose, op- oppose any criticism because a lot of the criticism that comes from the mainstream at least when it comes to China and fucking Russia, it's like this, it, it's done in a fucking U.S. imperialist fucking type of way, which I don't, and, and that's why I don't like to talk to fucking people who are, you know, pumping up U.S. fucking fundamentalism um, about different fucking countries, because then it's like, I have to co-sign your fucking bullshit, and I'm not doing that. I don't, I just don't like fundamental, uh, I just don't like fundamentalist governments at all whatsoever. Um, you know what I mean? It's, it's not anti-religion or anything like that. It's anti-fundamentalism. It's as simple as that. And it's, and, and it's, and it's like pe- there's bad faith actors that use the plight of Palestinians to like, you know what I mean? And, and will point out like justification, like they'll have j- justified responses and messages, whatever, about, about like, you know, what's going on. But then also they co-sign other fucking shit and I'm supposed to just give them a pass because like they're saying they're pro-Palestinian when they're trying to fucking discredit the cause even fucking more. Like, no celebrity is really getting fucking cancelled if they're being talked about and being supported. Yeah, I don't know. And and, and then you're having storylines of, like, oh, this is happening under Biden's watch. And what they call these are brave staffers for... Listen, if you broke away from the fucking system... But if you're just blaming it solely on Biden because no matter who the fucking next president is, they're going to still do the same thing the owners of the fucking country, of the Western countries want. Like, yeah, we should live in a fucking democracy, but if you actually think that we're actually, you know, uh, like living in one and the rules are run by that, then, I mean, you're, mis- you're sadly mistaken. You've fallen for some type of fucking kayfabe. Sorry, man. Just scratching the inside of my... Sometimes I have to, I have to use like a Q-tip to clean my ears, but I, 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 I normally take a fucking toothpick to scratch the inside of my ears because, you know, the fucking Q-tip doesn't scratch your itch. But you got to be careful that the fucking toothpick doesn't break. You know, but sometimes my ears, inside my ears get a little bit itchy sometimes, I don't know. Like that, one place that can't be fucking, you know, it's, I wish one place could be itchy proof. And the, and the inside of my ears are the worst place where it gets itchy for some reason. 
Then I wonder how much fucking hair is in there, you know what I mean? Then because of the whole issue. I don't know, man. I don't know. But, no, but, but I, I'm, you're, you're gonna keep seeing this more and more with, like, it happening, the breaking point being under the Biden thing, whatever. And it's gonna be a justification for why people wanna vote for fucking Trump. Even, it just, but basically, the, the election's not gonna fucking end up, ma- I, I don't believe the election is gonna end up mattering in the sense that, like, people are gonna go in and vote, whatever, go and go and do it, whatever, if you wanna go and do it, right? Go and vote whatever you want to do. But I feel like since they already established that there's dirty fucking finishes all the time, you're never going to get a clean finish to an election ever again, basically. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't, it, it's, it's, again, like I, like I pointed out, you watch wrestling and, you know, you, you get used to all these rules that they, that they planted. And then the attitude era comes and they start breaking these fucking rules. And you're like, okay, well, this doesn't make any fucking sense. So now it's like, Random fucking booking and anything that they decide that's legal is legal. That's what it fucking comes across to me. You know. There was discourse about um because in Nathan Square there was like a whole uh, ice skate like here's the thing the, 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 there's legit protesters. That are you know um you know um like I feel like there's there's legit protesters on both sides, like I I do think there's like like younger impressionable people that actually do think that there is like a rise of anti like I, and there is a rise of anti semitism right but not what like some of the but like some of the some of the fucking figureheads online and uh um and and the ones that are dominating fucking mainstream culture. They they'll classify anything as anti semitism. Like you, oh don't don't kill fucking Palestinians. Oh that's anti semitism. Like they'll do, literally fucking do it where they're making it fucking where where they're making people who are already pissed off about what's going on in Palestine and and how much no one see and no one see no no one seeing their humanity and all that and denying his genocide. With the cold, so when you hear that there's anti-Semitism on the rise, at this point, if you're ignoring what many fucking Muslims are fucking going through, or other groups that have fucking suffered um, a lot of horrible shit happening to them, and then you expect fucking people to... Like, listen, man, you, we should care about any group that's facing fucking danger, the general fucking community of these groups. But, like, you know, the, but it, it's kind of like, like, you know, like, like for example, like, the, they'll admit... For so many years, they made it seem like it, oh, um, the Isla- Islamic religion re- runs everything, where like you can't even do this, even though everyone's spending their time being fucking racist, and they're like, oh, you can't even be anti-Semitic, when, or you can't criticize, but like everyone is being anti-Semitic constantly, and they're getting paid for it. They might have a fake cancellation, whatever, and all that kind of shit. I think there was one thing about people. People were were calling for, oh, b- 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 balloons flying, have some bombs in them, or something like that in New York, or something like that. Like they're, they're doing over the top shit to fucking, like you know, like to like to like they're trying to fucking fundamentalists on both sides. They're trying to fucking uh, like generalize, um, you know, both community. But the thing is, like m- most of the people that are being affected, um, who have been affected for the longest fucking time, also are innocent Palestinians and fucking Muslims and our humanity is not seen. 
So like, so, so like, that's why I say whenever like, like when, when Stern, Stern, Howard Stern and his followers knew what they were doing by being pro-Israel and also being fucking overly racist to me because I'm mentally ill. So I was supposed to automatically go, well, if they, they're racist towards me, I might as well fucking start generalizing them as well. And then when I'm the one who's generalizing, it'll be more of an issue. Like, because, like, you know what I mean? Because there's more support. Any chance they get to fucking shit on a Muslim they'll do, or a minority in general, they'll do it. So, like, Howard himself would have preferred me going on the anti-Semitic fucking side because he would always do fucking horrible generalizations. They do that on purpose, and then they pretend to be liberal... So you count them as be and 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 guys like that know that they're discrediting what liberals are supposed to be. So they don't mind that because then everyone will say, "What's the difference between a liberal and a fucking Republican?" Because again, on the surface, the same fucking results, right? Seemingly, even though there there is a difference, but people on the inside never want to disclose what the difference is. And you're letting the right wing run the narratives of the conspiratorial nature of stuff that's dangerous in the system. But they're only doing it because they think that there's some wokeness taking over when they all just want to go back to the fucking Stone Age days. Yeah, I don't know, man. So the other the other discourse thing on Nathan Phillips Square. The, I, I, so and again, in 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 these protests, they're definitely bad faith actors who are you know. So the thing is, online, whenever like anyone who's like a super pro Israel person, they'll like like even the tamest thing they'll say, oh, this Hamas supporter, right? But then there will be a sensationalist one, which I do think the system cosigns to, you know, basically that that's their crisis actor that they send to the protests to basically be like, you know, the focal point of it so that you can get a viral video and then go, this represents what everyone else in the protest is fucking doing. So they do that kind of shit. But like, but like you know, so so now they're making it seem like the police are aligned with 
uh, with the Palestinian protesters. Um, because they because they gave them coffee and donuts, but it wasn't them giving them the donuts. It was people that were trying to get to the side where the protesters were to give it to them, but the police wouldn't let them through. So then they told the police to send it to them, and then that got um filmed basically. So then people on the right wing started fucking you know, or the super pro Israel side, kept fucking acting like the cops are giving this to the protesters. To make it seem there's an alignment, so it discredits the fucking protest. Again, they're supposed to be pro-cop, but then they'll use, oh, look, they're associated with the cops to pro- to discredit them, basically. There could be different factions of fucking different institutions that have, that are on different sides and shit. That's why a lot of people who uh, pretend to be, um, you know, who said they're on the left, like, you know, generalize, like, the whole cop situation as well, because they're still... You know, they still defend powerful people that are more powerful than cops. You know what I mean? And again, like, I'm not saying don't point out fucking, you know, corrupt cops and all that. Especially the stuff that goes viral and all that kind of shit. But that's also designed, you know, to, um, you know, basically see one institution, see institution as just a general thing where it's actually more, you know... It's actually more nuanced than what's going on, whatever. There's, like, different factions within institutions. And and people who are supposed to be on the left have been helping the right wing by, like, kind of uh, calling out some of these corporations and all that. But they don't uh, go... They, they don't call it the right wing for uh, using it for their, defer, like, for their nefarious purposes, basically. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe you don't know what I mean. I'm going to come back and uh, do more. Got a lot to fucking talk about still. You know, now it's January 8th now. Okay, it's one sixteen a.m. January fucking January eighth now. It's probably gonna be a long ass fucking podcast, you know. Hey, I'll go through some other shit, um, you know, before I get to the recap for later on the podcast. Again, I have to do the raw stuff, you know, it's going to be a week. I, I guarantee you by the time the podcast comes out, it'll already be the raw, already started. I'll be, you know, behind, but it doesn't matter. I don't think there's anyone that really listens to the podcast too much, but, you know. Again, at any point that you, you know, I mean, I should state, state this in the beginning that, you know, it, it might not be. Because, again, I just like putting my thoughts out as much as possible. People like listening to it. People can listen. If halfway you want to give through, give up and not listen to it, it's also fucking fine. You know what I mean? Not holding anyone fucking hostage. Go listen to whatever the fuck you want to listen to. I, I just, you know what I mean? I, I understand there's other people out there that are, you know, trying to compete for, you know what I mean? And, and, and all I have is like, you know, this kind of discourse now because this is how I view the world. 
but I'm barely ever looking at, you know, t- social media as much, other than what's posted on Reddit, at least, that goes viral, you know? But I mean, uh, you know, uh, they did have booze again, so, like, you know, whenever you become a viral character, you do have, you know, people to tie in that persona to how they're going to promote a movie. So now I feel like any time people in the bigger networks need a promotion in some way, they even get Lil Boozy to, like, you know, because Lil Boozy, anytime there's anything LGBTQ-related, like, you know what I mean? Like, even though he would point out some of the stuff in the industry, um, and, 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 and then it goes into more, you know, and, and then he he went more into the homophobic completely direct in direction. And then it's like he gets owned, he gets, he gets like, you know, shown up by someone who's related to him who might be, you know, uh, in the LGBTQ. And so it's like a lot of the, old, the, the older generation, like a Jackie Chan and all that. It's like they got to become villains so that their kids become the symbolism of confronting, you know, their, you know, heelish dad, I guess, you know what I mean, or heelish, you know, uncle or something like that, but to, prom- so, but, so to promote the fucking col- movie Color Purple, Little Boozy had to say that it's gay, so it gets, you know, controversy from him, you know, but that's the way you promote the fucking movie now, you know, and then once you become an online character, it's like you become kind of the promotional tool for it. In a little bit. I'm not saying this is like the main, the, the main one. The main one that ha, ha, got more focus was obviously the Taraji P. Henson. And, you know, the paid, um, the, 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 the payment that she received or something like that. And then it got heat for Oprah, you know what I mean? And the Epstein's list came out. And people assumed that Oprah's on there. They finally, um, they, they they finally started releasing video, of like you know how uh, Krishan Rock went after Tamar Bra- Tamar Braxton's uh, backup dancer or something like that, and and now and now that they're like sh- kind of showing video of it, of her like interrupting the prayer circle and just staying there moments before it happened. It it didn't show the beatdown. I'm I'm willing to bet that what they're called because like some you know s- some of the people who are like you know known to be wild cards like Krishan Rock and Blueface and all that it's like the industry will use her like you know because the heat will just go on her for being for wilding out but it wouldn't shock me if now you found out that maybe this backup dancer or someone pissed off Tamara Tamara Braxton and that she used Krishan Rock like you know I mean everything's always a mystery right I wouldn't be shocked if that turns out to be the discourse not saying that it will but the fact that they're like releasing it like showing you video by video now, uh, like you know, what I mean, I'm sure like in a couple of weeks we'll see the actual beatdown or something like that. You know what I mean? They were taken, they, they actually like like they were taken aback by her being there, but then they just continue and let it go on, whatever. You know what I mean? Like if, it was, if she legitimately wasn't supposed to be there. Then they would have told her to go away. You know what I mean? Like it would have, it wouldn't have been a fucking thing. It wouldn't even, you know. I, and and I I can't keep up with the amount of discourse of um, which celebrities are cheating. The relationship discourse is always uh, weird because it always feels like it's manufacturing consent for um, 
it's always manufacturing consent for um like more like like more old school thinking of how to like run a relationship and all that kind of shit. You know what I mean? And then, you know, it's and 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 the ones that are kind of opposing it will like do something, you know, you know, hyperbolic where it kind of like gives like, you know, where it makes it seem like, you know, like the like, like the ones that are advocating for old school type of shit even though it's like under the guise of fundamentalism in order to like you know basically look like the, like they're the ones who are the good guys and, and good guys are good girls in the situation you know i i the, the discourse loves relationship discourse you know what i mean so they can live vicariously through it i i, I mean this is, i understand that you, if you want to cater to people that are in relationships and all that kind of shit but because I know that these celebrities are like in open relationships, or they're like you know, in or some of them are closeted, and then they have to like do a fake relationship for the surface. Like I just know that this is designed to for people to live vicariously through. You know what I mean? Uh, I jotted down here. Skepta cancels retirement. I like like every fucking rapper. I thought there'd be I thought there'd be more to the situation, but I guess you know. It's just like, here's the thing, no one's going to retire. Everyone always hints at a retirement, and then it never fucking ends up happening. It's like, you know, I, I guess I, I've seen too much wrestling to, like, you'll see that. Although, in, in hip-hop, Too Short was, like, the main one that would always seemingly be the one that's retiring, and then, you know, I don't know. I'll I'll give Rick Ross props for being obvious about his discourse. Because obviously, like there is some type of uh, promotion for how much po- how much followers and how much you're you know um, in the upper echelon within like you know your followers and all that kind of, like you know it, like it, th- that's what the value is you know what I mean like it's your you know your determination of how relevant you can be basically so I don't know if this is like a new relationship for Rick Ross but he gave her a good debut in the system basically if she was unknown because he put her. Instagram on a billboard, you know what I mean? So not only is this like, de- it's like one of those cocky debuts, you know what I mean? Like you're writing out, writing out billboards for somebody's like, you know, social media presence. So it automatically gets you followers, but like it's a hell of a debut to go, look, this is how they're going to bring in Rick Ross's new lady, essentially, you know? See, so- sometimes you can analyze that it can be fun a little bit, you know what I mean? I mean that, that that one that one was a little bit of fun one. I, I'll give Rick Ross props, you know what I mean? Again, in in the world, at least he's be at least he's being obvious about it, you know what I mean? He's a good social media personality, I guess. You know what I mean? He doesn't seem to be doing anything, you know. I I I never thought that I would like Rick Ross's social media persona more than Fifty Cent's tired persona. Of, like, doing the same type of fucking edge. Like, he used to be really, really fucking funny, at least in the 2010s when, like, everyone, when, when like, no one was taking anything, the people weren't taking social media as seriously and all that kind of shit. You're like, ah, I can see this shit talking be funny, but I started, like, the thing is, I understand, like, if you're making fun of somebody, like, just like an adult, like, who, who can't read properly, whatever, to diss them and all that, but because he has a lot of white fans, right? When that Floyd made like I, I understand that it's like I I don't think he was doing it to go oh look another like to go oh look a black guy can't read whatever, but like when you see some of the comments that the white fans are making, 
um, you know, because we just hadn't given them permission to do it. It's like, to me, it, it, it felt like, you know, you're at a clan rally kind of in a way, and you're being like, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah I, I listened to a Chris Rock special, so I'm, I'm allowed to, you know, r- repeat his bit about how, uh, you know, I don't hate black people, but I hate the, you know, and then the N-word thing, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like that kind of mentality. You know what I mean? That's when, you know... But Rick Ross's persona hasn't been that fucking bad. I don't know. But that, I mean, I'll give him credit. That's one hell of a fucking debut, though, for... If that... Again, I don't even know if... Like, again, I don't keep track of who these people are, you know, in relationships with. Until it becomes discourse. You know what I mean? Then then I fucking realize it. Also, another thing was, like, um, Chappelle was mocking Little Nas X in the special. And listen, because Little Nas X came up in the... Um, in the, uh, Nicki Minaj institution, like, you know, like, you know what I mean, like, celebrity become institutions themselves, because he was a Nicki Minaj troll, and, like, you know, now he's getting boosted up, I'm sure he's, like, you know, again, like, everyone in the system is guilty of something, but I guarantee you, whatever he's guilty of, they will, they will definitely tie it into him, like, you know, him being gay or something like that, right, but even when, like, you know, when people are mocking him for, like, doing the thing with the devil, it's like, I'll give, like, on the surface, like, if the devil is, like, the enemy, I don't see why people are fucking, you know, uh, getting all up in arms. The guy literally killed the devil after he tricked the devil into fucking him, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, that's more than what Eminem or, like, a Snoop Dogg have done. To, you know what I mean? Like, you, you again, like, they're battling the devil and they're, like, you know, like, oh, they're fucking being conflicted by it and all that kind of shit. Little Nas X took one from the team and he snapped the devil's... Neck in neck and half, you know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> but I mean, because anyone's a celebrity, right? Because then, because because little Nas X is into something, then everyone who's doing the anti-LGBTQ angle on the right wing side are gonna tie it into that. But it's more, you know. The thing is, like, he seem, he seemingly seemed like a, a decent dude. Other than some of the trolling comments that he's made in the past. He's done some, like, anti-Muslim shit. He's done some, like, ig- ignorant shit, whatever. It's, t- it's typical fucking, you know, how you start out, like, in a chat room and all that kind of shit. On the surface, though, he doesn't seem like a bad dude. Other than just being over the top to troll some of the people on the right wing. But whenever, like, you know, someone like him gets you know, like, part of the discourse. It's like anything that they do will always be t- be tied to what they want to discredit. So, like, because, like, there's a lot of anti-LGBTQ sentiment going on, you know, like, they use that these celebrities or whatever is viral to basically confirm your fucking opinion. That's why you, you, you gotta look at these viral videos, for, for example, people who are unknown who are gonna become characters down the line and all that. And these people in the alt media are the ones that are promoting it when they're probably better than the mainstream media. They don't ask questions about the <laughs> about how this is shaping our opinion. None of that. All it is is just taking it by its word to then go on your little racist fucking rants like TYT does.
don't know. Uh, what else is here? Um, oh yeah, see, they got they they gave uh, they gave um, Megan Thee Stallion's ex boyfriend party. They gave him a spinoff series. You see, because they're making everything you know like a, you know what I mean like the like you know what I mean he was a part of, he was kind of part of like you know the the Megan Tory series. And then they had their own issue. They got a spinoff series, and now he's getting his own little singles run with his new girlfriend now, or something like that. So, you know, it's all marketing essentially. Oh yeah, and and uh, and, and another celebrity. So again, this is what I'm showing you with how these celebrities are, like you know, like uh, like mean, mean that like if if you're a celebrity that's a royal blood, like, you know, that has like you know like a lineage that's supposed to make you a value in like the in the world whatever and you find out that people are related and you're like yeah that makes sense because it makes sense because now it adds to my theory that people in show business are like royalty and if you have like people of the same lineage that are kind of that, that are related somehow then it kind of confirmed that people who are related somehow are somehow at the at, like two superstars like sierra and uh jeter and they're related, you know what I mean? Like Tracy Morgan. I guess, I guess that people look at more comedic with Tracy Morgan and uh, Nas being related because one's like a comedian and the other, you know, the other is a rapper. And this one is like, you know, Jeter. Like, you know what I mean? Because Tracy Morgan is kind of like, like, I guess it's because when, when the article came out, they said that Nas cried when he found out he was related to Tracy Morgan. It's like, it could go either way. Like, he was happy, or it's like, oh my god, I'm related to this fucking guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, but like, yeah, apparently Sierra and Jeter are related. You know what I mean? And I'm wondering if, there, if some of these are just kayfabe. Just like, they're running out of creative ideas, and they're like, okay, we'll just say these people are related. So, you have some type of, like, connection of what... Like, like, it'll be like an Undertaker-Kane situation. I'm sure. I'm sure that's fucking next, eh? Like you know, I mean, essentially, um, essentially, essentially, you know, Paul, like you know, Paul Bear, coming up and telling about the Undertaker's secret. Like I'm sure there'll be a, a, an angle like that. But at the same time, I guess you can say that some of the uh, online characters who try to expose um, people's dark secrets from the past is kind of like Kane and Undertaker, kind of in a way, in the sense that like, 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 like they're playing the role of Paul Bear by like you know teasing it. For months and months until something comes out, you know. Who knows? The thing is, Undertaker's storyline did it. You know, he did cop to. Uh, he did cop to like actually doing setting it on fire on purpose. Like he admitted that when he turned heel, later on when he turned on Kane in '98. Uh, you know, but they but they never bring that they never bring that part that that, that little part up. It's also like they they they, they never bring up how. Uh, when uh tr like like for example they g give themselves the problematic like, like they give people the narrative that they want to be problematic by making it seem like triple h roofied stephanie it, um you know and, and, and that and that's like the, and that's the folklore of the whole story whatever right but then in the storyline them they themselves uh admitted that in storyline that that was the fake that was them faking it but they actually got married off of camera basically you know what I mean, and and that, and that was, and, and it made sense because I'm like, why? Because even if you're doing it in a sports entertainment way, I never understood the woman that was like marrying them, like not being able to tell that Triple H was the one that was voicing, uh, um, Stephanie McMahon's voice when he said when he said, "Oh, I do," basically.
you know, I don't know. It is what it is, man. I don't know. Uh, Uncle, Uncle, again, I, I gotta say, I, I miss, I, I understand skills has passed the torch to Uncle Murda, but I think it defeats the, I guess maybe he, he's taking my route because, uh, because, again, I have so much fucking Discord. I got to do multiple podcasts, right? And I got to do, like, long-ass hours. But, like, he's, like, you know, he did one... Like, you know, I guess there's so much discourse. This guy needed to have three parts of the wrap-up of 2023. And, and the thing is, like, the way it gets promotion, it becomes, like, the most forced thing because then there's artists that he, that he makes fun of that do react. And then it becomes, like, it's their way of promoting the song, essentially. So, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like it's pro wrestling in that sense. But to me, I you know, I mean, I'll always be the Mad Skills guy. I always will appreciate Mad Skills' as a version of it. You know? But, I mean, I, not, not, not that Uncle Murda is, like, you know, not doing a good job at it or, or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, he's doing a decent job, but it's still, like, you know, I'm just a Mad Skills guy. But he, you know, and 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 I, th- I think that he he rhymes better. You know what I mean? He, like he he you know d- d- he can execute his lines better. You know what they call sometimes it's, it seems like uh, Uncle Murder just talking over the beat sometimes. But I, and 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 not that I and not that I hate Uncle Murder's flow. I think Uncle Murder's flow is uh, you know pretty uh, you know it's 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 pretty. I, I'm always into unique uh, unique flow. I, I don't think it needs to be. Like, you know, the cookie-cutter flow that everyone has or anything like that. But, you know what I mean? But I like, you know, you know, different different flows and all that. But, you know, it just, to me, just, I don't know, I just, I just, I guess I haven't been into that, that gimmick of wrapping it up. But if, again, it, it also catches me up on, um, you know, what discourse I did miss. You know what I mean? Because sometimes I can't keep up with everything. I, I was going to play it, but it's like, dude, I don't want to play three parts of this shit, you know. Oh, by the way, 50 Cent has now become one of those celebrities where you now can see where he's going in the right-wing fucking direction to basically now fear-monger over illegal illegal immigration. So now you know what side of the fucking fence he is going to be on. The fear-monger... And and again, they're talking about how... Oh, they have footage of them be uh, of immigrants being aided, and the thing is, they, they keep claiming it's Democrats. You don't even know if it's Democrats doing it, but 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 the entire system wants this to go down, so you don't feel bad with what's going to happen to these people, um, who are being lured in anyways to make it seem like it's out of control. And the and the more some of these fucking you know, uh, um, some of these fucking um, um. Uh, like for example, like a lot of people like TYT, for example, will basically kind of go, "Oh, well, we have to be fair that it's happening under Biden. It's happening. It's like, dude, you know what the fucking plan is. You're making it. You're just giving yourself a plausible way to kind of um, to kind of be on Trump's team, which is which is, which is what's gonna happen. They're somehow gonna end up fucking be making it seem like they're protesting Joe Biden, even though they can disclose to you that the fucking billionaires that own this fucking system, um, own the system, are the ones that are dictating where it fucking goes, and they want Trump at the fucking helm, and these and these people know it, and that's why Anna Kasparian is coming off more unhinged. Don't think that her passionate fucking callouts, um, for the frustration about what's going on in Palestine, Israel, is like actual concern for them. Because they're shitting everything else, and they're using this as a way 
to basically get people to go more fucking right wing. And they know what they're fucking doing because everyone who they produced on their fucking show ends up becoming a right wing fucking person. You start to look, you know what I mean? Again, what they called the uh, people are just looking at like a mom and pop shop. These things are not a mom and pop shop. They aren't as independent as you fucking think, in my personal opinion at least. They can spread misinformation the way that they do it and then pretend like, oh my god, I care about educating the audience. And I know and I, I know I'm on their fucking radar because they copy parts of my fucking rants to basically uh and, and I think that they can actually do it because but the thing is you don't have the charisma. Even if I'm stuttering and I'm all over the fucking place, I still have more charisma than a lot of you do. A lot of you just feel fucking soulless. Especially in the fucking political fucking spectrum. But yeah, no, I, 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 but I'm telling you, 50 Cent, you know, he's, he's helping with that shit, you know. I, I saw a couple of people say that Raptors are missing out on a... I, I don't know if Kaminga is going to the Raptors, but there's like, uh, what... I think um, Chris Paul was supposed to come, Moot, uh, Moses Moody, is that his name? And I think Wiggins was also supposed to. I, I don't know if Raptors got them, but I saw people on my timeline complaining about Toronto not being able to secure Otani and now this. And I, I assumed, because I saw Kaminga and Raptors talk, so I'm assuming it's that. I don't know if they got him yet or not. But I'm sure, you know, someone will fucking be signed to Toronto where they'll get a... Uh, Another run of the championship again, basically, you know. Who fucking knows? BG started dis. I I I always been confused by his uh. Because st- again, I know he went to went to jail, and the thing is, whenever um, I I always wondered if like because like um like you know um like in the overall grand scheme, pe- like not every single per- like you know if you're the bigger artist like a little Wayne. You're not going to be touched for a bit if you are up to something shady, but if you're like not on the level of Little Wayne, like you know, on the status or like you know, um, who the higher ups choose, it's like for whatever like dirt you did while you were at the top of like you know your game, um, with like you know like like BG was with Cash Money and all that, then like you know then it's like you got to pay your price by like doing something by either doing like like they'll either make you like do something humiliating on the surface. And you'll be out of commission or they'll, like, you know, give you the aesthetic of them being locked up, whatever. You know what I mean? But, like, if he was supposed to be, if, if, they, if, they, if they needed it to be covered up, it would have been fucking covered up, whatever was going on. But he came out, like, you know, um, he did, like, nine years or so, I think, was it? I don't know. I don't know. He's done, like, no, 14 years. He came out in 2023. And I don't know if him and Lil Wayne and Birdman, all of them are talking, but since, like, Birdman and Lil Wayne are the established heels now, because once you're the established, like, once you had your run as a baby face and being popular, you still get to exist, but then you also become heelish to people. So BG called them out in it. And I, I wonder if it's, like, designed to, like, give him a second act to his career, or is it going to lead to, like, you know... uh because, like, the whole Wack 100 talking about him snitching, Wack 100 claims that Birdman then, like, uh, um, told him to fucking say that or something like that. He, he alluded to the fact that Birdman was the one that kind of, kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, but I don't know if he's, because, again, Wack 100 is supposed to be a sports entertainer now, too, you know what I mean? So you don't know what, like, you know, what, what his intentions are or whatever. But, like, you know, 
Um, so people don't mind that BG is calling him out. I don't, you know, if if he was legit, if he's like like legit wrong, then sure. But if he's just like doing it to kind of just get his name buzzing again, it's like then if he has that agenda, then you know. But if if it feels like it's scripted for that purpose, because like it, because again, in recent years. The like you know the, the the people that have been here the longest end up becoming the heels in some way, and it feels like Birdman and Little Wayne have you know it's like it's like there's been stories there's always been stories lurking about Birdman like how with stories with Diddy have lurked or whatever right not like I, again not the exact same thing whatever but there's always been like these un, these these stories that have just like people will run with a joke on, um, online essentially. Or something like that. And it feels like, you know, um, eventually, like, you're confronted with people who, like, you know, got fucked over in the past, whatever. And part of me wonders if the storyline will be that because BG wanted to leave cash money that, like, you know, they, like, like maybe Birdman set him up or something like that. I don't fucking know. Who fucking knows at this point, you know. But it's apparently supposed to be, like, you know. Like, maybe they'll get a, maybe this will lead to a reunion or something like that. Or maybe they'll just, you know, this will be the way that there's going to be, like, shit talking and promos being cut and all that kind of stuff. Who knows? That's the way I look at it, at least. There, uh, people are, again, I don't know if this news, again, I, I never care enough about Star Wars where, like, like, I, I try to respect fucking people who have, like, you know, their opinions and explain why they think certain things, certain ways about, like, the movies and all that. It, it always seems like it's a culture war between different factions online that are mad that they didn't get a right for it or uh, dictate the narrative for it. So then they, they start trashing it. And they make it seem like they're trashing it because it's, like, not the... And it, it, it always... It, they, like, they'll say that they're, they're doing it, like, not like the right wing is doing it, but they still end up helping the right wing in some way. You know what I mean? By not, expl by not explaining certain fucking things. But it's like... They're actually on the side of... Uh, because they're always supposed to be on the edgelord side. And I always feel like the edgelord side is like they're like supposedly supposed to be going against the fucking narratives, but they're actually being funded by the corporations to go that fucking way because there might be some people who might have more uh, a more a more like a more liberal way of presenting it within the institutions, whatever. So it seems like a way to like get any type of diversity out from it. But like you know, because because now the, the 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 new director is some Pakistani woman. And now people are using her clips about, like... She was talking about men, like, men with power who have done stuff. And she likes making them uncomfortable. But, of course, we're all generalizing it that she hates all men. So you're going to market... So whatever... Even if, even if this movie is good, it's, it's going to be shit on because of the, 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 the director or whatever. And I don't know if she has some problematic shit that she's done so they can discredit her, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, it'll be the same fucking thing. Like, people will, like, automatically gravitate towards her... For the sake of gravitating towards her. For, you know what I mean? Because right wing are going after her. Or something like that. But then at the same time, she might be shady herself. Because everyone in the game is shady. And then they'll use that as a reason why, you know, oh, wokeness and all that kind of shit. It, it, like, is it supposed to be something that's supposed to help? Or is it supposed to be something that's going to give the right wing carte blanche to then fucking, you know, because again, like, now it's not even about the fucking movie. It's more about the discourse around it now. So I don't know what's going to end up happening with that one, you know. 
There's a rapper named Viper. I, I never listened to this guy, but apparently he makes references to kidnapping uh, people in his songs. And now he's been caught for kidnapping. This one seems like one of the more obvious. Like they, they, it's like they, they had this guy who who does that shit. And like, hey, you can be a rapper who does that. So we can pretend like, oh my god, can you believe there's a rapper did that? It's like it's it's like they could have caught him earlier on. It's like they let him exist. You know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? It's 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 like the feds are the ones that are help producing some of the entertainment now. It's it's like a, it's like it's like cops on a whole other level now. You know. By the way, kid, in in this, I don't know if SNL happened this weekend. I gotta check if it's, the new episode happened. But I, I think Kid Cudi's supposed to be a musician on one. Uh, supposed to be the music musical act on one of them, and I think he was like in a dress. And again, again, if he if he wants to be in a dress, there's nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing wrong with fucking being in a dress. If you if you that's what you want to do, but if it's supposed to be used for an example. Because while this whole topic is coming up, he is the one that's you know doing it in the in one of the more over the top ways. But it just feels like the like the like the like the ones that are or like they're not having the nuanced conversation about the whole fucking um, the whole mindset. Like you know, it doesn't just have to be the dress; it has to be like other fucking things. It's the element of forcing. If they if they forced you to sit there and eat McDonald's all day, it's not about eating McDonald's; it's about being forced to do something. But there's there's definitely bad faith actors out there that are using this for their anti LGBTQ fucking stance. You know I don't know. By the way, you want more proof that DJ Vlad is going more fucking right wing? And I know with the called him interviewing the QAnon shaman. It's like, oh, you're just giving him his... Dude, the, the the fact that this guy already was a persona before he became the QAnon shaman shows me that he's not just some regular fucking dude. They're making it seem like these guys were fucking victims. Um, I'll, I'll, Because, again, like, you know, they're, they're, again, people on the left want to pretend like there's no orchestration going on in January 6th, right? In my in, Again, in my personal opinion, there is orchestration going on, but I think it's supposed to be a botched attempt to make it seem like they were framing Trump fucking people, even though there's enough fucking evidence to show you that Trump people were doing fucking violent shit, and that it was encouraged and given fucking ins- even if you, you you'll show me that oh everyone everyone's saying that Donald Trump uh, condemned it whatever and all that, but he was also cheering it on at first, and then when it got out of control, then he said be peaceful, and people use that often. But to me, it shows that there's a faction of the FBI that are probably with fucking Trump. But they, but but because people on the right wing want to pretend that they're going after him, people on the left wing, people on the left wing pretend they're going after him. They can't entertain that fucking theory. Even though, and they know that there's no chance that this guy is doing any fucking time. He's not going to do any fucking time, and and a lot of you know that. You know how how I, how I always say that uh, they always try to force the N word in the discourse all the time. Whether it's like, like the, the the one of the main examples that I use is when the Navy fucking you know. And again, I I, I don't believe in the fuck up. 
I guess people entertain it because it's like, oh, if it happened by accident, then we can all goof on this accident that happened and have fun with it. But I always think that whenever these, whenever, I always, I, I, I always notice that in, in, like, in every, like, every big time story, like, you know, we, we like, for example, in the, uh, like, like, here's one example where I felt like people, I'll name a couple, but the, the, the one example that I saw, uh, like in the 2010s, when, when Mel Gibson said that you should be raped by a pack of N-words, whatever, and all that, right? Then it leads to people in the 2010s who are, like, condemning this, but then also saying the N-word, even within within the context. And then it, it, and then it becomes a normalized thing, and then all of a sudden, like, ten, five years later, you're like, oh, my God, can't believe people are doing this? It's like, yeah, but they're doing it right now. Like, even with, like, like Talib Kweli, he condemned Bill Maher, for saying the joke, like, oh, I'm a field and then the N-word or whatever and all that type of, whatever, right? But then at the same time, he was retwe- retweeting white people doing an impression of Bill Maher, you know, using the N-word. You know what I mean? It's like whenever a controversy happens with the N-word, it's like everyone in, in the discourse then starts goofing on it. And then they start using it themselves, basically. And I started, and I started noticing that because within context, I would also be using it. But then it's like at the same time, then I would, I'd be thinking like, are we being manipulated into always saying this fucking word all the time, or any slur for that matter? But now they found a new one. They found a, they found this, they, they found the real life sequel to 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 the Dave Chappelle skit of uh, a family having the N word as a last name. Oh, sorry, they have. Oh, sorry, there's a K in front of it, so it makes it okay now. And there's a football player. I, I, I guess he's a college football player. So his name is Noah, and then the N-word with the K in front of it. You get it? Noah, N-word, you know? It, it, and then, and what do you think? What kind of discourse do you think is going to be, you know, someone's going to be, I guarantee you, someone's going to be canceled for it. Someone's going to be fired for it. Someone's going to get too enthusiastic about saying it. Some people are not going to want to say it. And then the one, there'll be one person be like, oh, you're afraid to say it? Well, I'm, I'm going to say his name and because that's his fucking name. And, and they're going to say it with like pride and all that. They're going to get him canceled. And there's going to be a whole discussion about it. They, they, they always find some fucking way to do it. E- e- even, e- even when hackers hack shit, like instead of talking about the advanced shit that they can fucking do, the advanced shit that, that they can do, the first thing that the hackers do with these gimmick hacks is just say the N-word, and then all of a sudden they're promoting Crypto Zoo or something like that. It's like, it's such a fucking ploy to fucking make us want to say the, say these words. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, a, it's a weird world man, we live in. But, I mean, essentially they just created... Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Dave Chappelle, if Dave Chappelle didn't go, because uh, we're manifesting our fucking entertainment. I, I wouldn't shock me if like Dave Chappelle pitched this one. Hey, you know my sketch about the uh, you know family with the uh, N word as a last name. Yeah, how about we make this a real fucking thing, basically? I guarantee you, there gonna be people posting the Chappelle, like you know, um, you know, like there'll be someone saying me whenever, t- uh, me whenever Noah, and then the you know the name whatever, me whenever Noah whatever um, comes into uh, in, onto the field, basically, and they'll show Chappelle um, as a milkman coming back into the house and saying the N word to the family, basically. That's what, like 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 the like, like the N word is really really fucking bad. It's rooted in fucking evil, whatever, right? 
and but but it feels like one of those like 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 one of those gimmick racism things now, where it feels like that's the only like discourse that happened, like the only controversy that happened, like when there's like a million other things that are happening to black people that you can talk about that are like like not 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 just call saying saying the n word. There's like a lot of more horrible shit that should take precedent to mention, but whenever like someone says like you know. And then and then and then we, we and then we 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 reduce it to jo- to jokes because you make these situations. You can't tell me that this fucking guy uh, with with the N word as his last name wasn't fucking a a crazy. There's no way that this is his real fucking name. Otherwise, they just made this guy for the purpose of this being the fucking name. I'm sure there was creative changes to the real family's name, and now they're gonna pretend you know. Always gonna be an obsession with like always having <coughs> that in the discourse all the time. Can you believe it? You know, I don't know. I got another follower on uh Give me a job, give me security. The, the, the lyrics are "Give me a job, give me a security." For some reason, I've been I, I'm trying to come with come up with uh, some some way to remix the lyrics, and I'm for some reason I'm saying "Give me a job, give me security." I don't know why I'm saying that. I don't know why. Maybe I'm a fucking idiot. Maybe I just don't belong on this fucking planet. Yeah, I got I got an appointment. Fucking with the doctor. And I've been prolonging it. I'm probably going to find out that I have fucking cancer. Which is probably for the better to find out than I'm going to die off. You know. So yeah, it was January sixth anniversary. There's like a, again, people they put out a documentary, and then there's like also debates around it. It's like the, again, it becomes another marketing tool, and and and, and it's gonna happen again. You know, the, 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 that's the unfortunate fucking thing. There's definitely gonna be like a lot more fucking chaos this fucking year, where you know you don't know where it's gonna go. You know, 
By the way, with Nicole, one of the things that I, I, I totally forgot when I mentioned Jimmy Dore and Alex Jones. I totally forgot that, what they're called, um, I totally forgot that, uh, uh, Jimmy Dore was the one that spit on Alex Jones's face, and now they're fucking buddies again. And they're, it, it's basically like a troll, like, basically kind of complimenting it. You know, basically like, oh my god, I thought you were always funny and all that. Now it's just proof that that whole fucking shtick was a way for, like, the alt-media to be divided. Because, again, because before 2016, even though, like, they disagreed... They they would still be pretty fucking friendly with each other enough where they're on the same fucking team in the alt media. It felt like a way to basically divide the alt media in the left and right with that situation, essentially. It became fucking pro wrestling, essentially. It was like their fucking scripted way of fucking organizing something. Since they're all fucking actors. Since they, again, Anna experience with an agency, you know, so to me, it's like she's supposed to be a state actor, I guess. I don't know, man. I keep thinking that I'm on Twitter, but I'm on Blue Sky. Give me a life. My mother and father and wife and my friends. You see them laugh in my face. I got the power and I got the will. Yeah, let me go right here. There was like the whole uh, January 6th debate and it had like Destiny. And again, to confirm that fucking the uh, Crastocene brought those guys, Crastocene. Like, they get credit for some of the liberals who cause they make fun of Trump, but they also, like, kind of, like, normalize other people that are going more right-wing and by going, oh, my God, you, you got to be fair, even though, like, the game's already rigged in their fucking favor. But they're all having this fucking, like, debate with Alex Jones, Glenn Greenwald, Destiny, and then every time their fucking fans have to fucking always deny that these guys are actually, like, going more right-wing. Like they know that the right wing is like a, ba- is, a, is, a is the bad side. That's why they have to keep pretending that they're not going right wing. They have to make it. They have to sell it under the the guise of it being fucking left.
and, and the way that a lot of right-wingers are hyping up Ricky Gervais, because he called out fucking uh, people who are cool with Epstein, it's like he's calling out other conservatives while he's a conservative himself. Why do you think that he's like, you know, they allow certain people to expose it? Like they're, they're giving him the Alex Jones Bohemian Grove role, basically. Being allowed to fucking, you know, kind of like, you know, talk about shit. But one of the things that, what the cold though, when Roseanne was mentioned, like, R- Roseanne is now tying in the, like, the World Economic Forum to MK Ultra shit. Uh, or something like that. But like, like, I believe MK Ultra does fucking exist. I do believe that mind control exists. But because, like, you know, like, like, like Jimmy Dore got mad that Bill Maher was, like, denying knowing who, like, the, like, knowing what the world, I don't know if he didn't know who a certain person was or didn't know what the WEF was. And then, so, but she was implying that what they call Bill Maher might have MK Ultra control to, like, or forget about that. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like Roseanne was, like, doing the, it, like, in the 2011 or so, that would have been, like, a big deal. But it's, like, it's, like, the bare minimum, the bare bones of a conspiracy that you can bring up while doing your right-wing fucking grift. You know, but... But I guarantee you, Bill Maher and fucking Jimmy Dore are going to be on the same fucking show together. They'll probably do a whole fucking stand-up. I, I thought it would have happened in 2023. I guess 2024, you'll see Bill Maher, Jimmy Dore, Jenk, Anna. They'll all be at CPAC at some fucking point. Well, John Adarola fucking... Again, like, that guy seems though, like one of the last sane progressives on that show, but even you can tell he's holding back when he's... I don't know if he's holding back because he's actually going to be agreeing with Anna or if he's, like, you know, just holding back because he knows that they're so far fucking gone. I don't know. I started. Uh, I started. I started vaping. You know, to kind of get me off cigarettes. I don't know how long I'm gonna be doing this. I don't. Cause again, I know this is worse for you than you know, cigarettes. I have no idea what I don't know. I, I, I'm just trying to, you know. No, oh, what the cold, uh, you know. And this is another other discourse. Whatever celebrity has to come out, but because it's Grimes who's associated with Elon Musk, she's doing the whole like, oh my god, how come you're called a Nazi if you want to say you're proud of white culture? It's always one of those fucking. It's like, it's like they add a new face to it. Then we gotta explain. It's like it's like they they already know why it's fucking bad, but then we have to fucking you know waste our time explaining why it's fucking bad. Like there's nothing wrong with celebrating your different cultures and all that kind of shit. 
But because, like, whenever you define it by white, it's like, yeah, what the cold has been a history of people, like, you know, wanting, you know, oh, my God, we're better. Like, oh, we're proud of, of, of white culture. But, like, there's specifics. But it's always one of those things. And another thing on 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 New Year on New Year's Eve uh, at the at the you know the, um at the at the you know the 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 Dick Clark fucking you know uh lit, midnight shit whatever, Rock and Eve or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, Green Day were performing and they basically changed one of the lyrics to the mega agenda. They're, they're down with the mega agenda, so now it's a fake sports entertainment thing, where like. Like, again, like, a lot of these people that, like, because, again, it, it, like, a lot of these people who are condemning Trump and making it seem like he's a threat, like, like, like the message on the surface is going to age well for what's going to happen in the fucking future. But right now, in the current time, anyone that, because, again, they've watered down criticizing Trump at all, that, like, the alt-media thinks it's fucking cool... That, like, they, they think it's cool to fucking, you know, shit on people that are called out fucking Trump. Because it's, it's an establishment fucking narrative. Even though the establishment is, like, keeping his name, um, you know, out there. Allowing, covering him non-fucking stop because it causes a lot of ratings. You know what I mean? They probably agree with him even though they pretend that they're... Again, it's preserving the message before he does some evil fucking shit. So, like, now Jimmy Dore and all these guys are like, oh, that's not punk rock at all. Like, dude, you're, dude you you are simping for fucking the QAnon uh, shaman. Who the fuck are you talking about being uh, rock and... Like, you and Kurt Metzger are the lamest fucking shitheads on the fucking planet. Just because, like, now you have a base that has to pretend that you're actually fucking funny when you guys are not. I see so, some of the clips that I see, man. Like, some of your attempts at jokes, like, they're complete and utter shit. It's like, like, is, is this what the future for all comedians are? Like, you have to become a fucking, you know, a, a parody of a parody? I wouldn't even say Jimmy Dore was, like, you know, like the best fucking comedian before and then that. At least I never fucking fully had said that he was, like, the funniest guy ever. But, it's like, the guy had a, a right fucking message of calling out shit, challenging fucking power. It's seemingly. But at the same time, he dumbs shit down, basically. He takes advantage of it, and he still dumbs shit down to go to a right-wing fucking narrative. They're the ones that fucking sold out. But I don't understand what their fucking beef is. Like, uh, Green Day are probably going to end up being fucking heel anyway. It's going to be those established celebrities that are calling out Trump that are actually going to be on Trump's fucking side. That's like the ironic fucking thing. That's the only way you'll call out a Howard Stern for being corrupt is because now he's calling out Trump by... He's gonna be. He's the one that probably helped Trump fucking get in office. You know that's that's just how I fucking look at it at least. Like I like 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 I understand like in the midst of like the the Biden being the fucking president, and you're telling people about Trump taking foreign fucking um, money from foreign government, taking money from foreign governments and all that. Yeah, it's it's, it's alarming, right? But in the midst of fucking Biden not doing anything with what's going on with Palestine and Israel, which is a huge fucking issue. And you better believe that there's bad faith actors that are using this to lure people into, like, voting for fucking Trump. I'm telling you, that's not going to be a good thing either. 
But again, I, I, again, I can't fucking stop people from doing whatever they're going to fucking do, but... There's going to be people that are going to, like, pretend that, like, Trump actually is fucking going to do something, really. By the way, TYT was also fear-mongering about this, uh... Another, another, another funded viral story of someone that was going to go to jail who attacked the fucking judge so that you uh, basically uh, are, like, again, because, like, they know that the right, the right wing is going to be taking over. So them, um, 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 them advocating for um, um, institutionalizing people, they make it seem like, yeah, like, listen, it's not like the fucking old days, whatever. There's actual fucking things that will, you know, like, you know, um, make people better and shit like that. But, like, this is organized by the system for the person to do that. They don't want these people to get better. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like oh, we're going to put someone else in jail, but guess what? We're, we can get some viral fucking hits off this. And they can fucking organize that to happen. I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if that was orchestrated on some level. But a lot of people don't want to fucking realize that shit for some odd reason. By the way, what's it called? Um, it, 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 it's always funny when you see like, these paid accounts online. That Anyone that kind of has to show for the liberals a little bit. And I understand that what they're called calling it out. You know what I mean? It's important. But the people that call out some of these liberals that are doing it for... They'll call out people who oppose um, the far right-wing shit. But the people that are calling out under like, oh, look, these guys are phony, whatever. Like, they're the ones who are also phony because they're fucking doing shit to normalize more right-wing shit by looking like you're anti-fucking establishment and shit. I, I just hate when other people who are clearly agents who have been, you know, who have been blackmailed in because of, like, you know, maybe getting caught by the law or something like that. Maybe that's why they don't want movie about snitches being out there because it shows the process of how these snitches get caught up in what situation they're in. And people could fucking put two and two together. Whenever people online get offended by these things, then you know it's like it's, 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 it's kind of getting close to home for these people online. The Supreme Court is going to decide uh, on February 8th if Trump can be unbalanced. It's going to work out in his fucking favor. This whole thing has been a fucking circus to make it seem like they... Whenever it comes to the booking of Trump, you have to make it seem like they are trying to stop him. So it makes the comeback look like, oh my God, they're cheering on something that the system didn't want to happen. No, they wanted this to happen. And 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 if it doesn't go their way, it'll still be designed for them to fucking go, go nuts about it. Like if if they really want, if they really want, like either way, they they want chaos in the sense that okay, if Trump gets in the office, he's gonna run. Um, he's he's gonna run and do some chaotic shit. If he doesn't get on the fucking ballots, his fucking his his base is now fucking you know. Um, has become, you know, very extreme now, where they're fucking radicalized enough, where when they're given the fucking, you know, the, 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 the fucking bat signal, they will fucking decide to fucking go out like vultures, essentially. 
they're they're even showing you what kind of stuff that they're going to be able to do in the future by showing that it failed in the past. Like they said that Roger Stone um, was telling a cop to abduct uh, Mueller's deputy. You know what I mean? So it's like if they're showing you that they can do that kind of shit. You know, e- even that whole um, Governor Whitmer shit where they made it seem like they tried to frame right-wingers to get get, get a kidnapping going. To me, it's like they um, done the, it's supposed to be a botch. So it looks like they're from, uh, they're, they're, or, they're organizing um, good intention fucking people to do this shit. Even though, like, it's like, it's a more representative of them being on their side, essentially. You know. That's why, that's why that that guy Dan Phillips, who like now is getting fa- is is being favored because he's been one of the chosen one, of people that are being oh look he's not allowed on the ballots either, you know what I mean oh my god the Democrats want show no the system wants show elections this entire storyline of people acting like they're off the ballot and they're being held back is part of the show election. You guys are part of the show establishment of people that are supposed to get traction. But it's supposed to mean more because you're kept off the ballot. If you're supposed to be kept off the ballot, no one would be saying a goddamn thing. They would fucking silence everyone that would be saying some shit. It wouldn't even be a known fucking thing if they wanted to conceal that. They would fucking have people bowing down and saying, hey, you know what, I want Biden to run. If, that, if, 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 if that's how much they want it. They got to make it seem like the Democrats don't want anyone else to run. Because, because 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 nothing good can happen or nothing can change unless it's like by mistake. I've seen so much WWE shit going down that way. The Lululemon, the, the Lululemon uh, co-founder, I guess he's not part of the company anymore. But, I mean, he got he got in trouble for other shit before. But I guess he's supposed to be, like, the maker of this anti... Like, again, to show that the, there's... Inclu- like, for example, I, I understand that they kind of, like, give other people who might not be, you know, like, the most conventional-looking whatever to be on, on these ads now. And it makes it seem like they're forcing it. To base, it, it feels like it's it, it's like they give other people a chance, like a fat person a chance, to be like you know like uh, you know, uh, out there. They get paid for it and all that, but it's also designed for the purpose of like being over the top, that people fucking then push back against it, so that they can justify why like you gotta like the thing is like hey, listen, I don't like the over promotion of unhealthy shit, of like you know celebrate about celebra- celebrating that, like. To me, I, sometimes I'll look at the people celebrating unhealthy lives like, this is what my body is for the time being as I am, but I'm proud of who I am, basically. Even though I could probably be, get, you know, g- getting in better shape. But I also think that the fucking other way of, like, like pretending like you're, you know, doing a great fucking, you know, uh, thing by being in shape, whatever, that also has unhealthy fucking, uh, uh, unhealth, unhealthy fucking, you know, risk to it as well. Because of like what you, what what people are pushing to, oh, this will get you, you, you your body in perfect fucking shape and all that kind of shit. There's an unhealthy type of fucking mindset there as well. It can go both fucking ways. 
But this Lululemon guy, whatever, I didn't even, honestly, for the longest time, maybe I just, I just took it for granted because I used to hear people mention Lululemon or make jokes about Lululemon. I had no idea what the fuck it was. I thought, I seriously thought it was, like, some fucking, like, some, like, like some bougie, like, you know, place that sells, like, top-notch lemonade or something like that. Like, I, 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 I know what the fuck it was. Like, like, different varieties of lemon from different countries or something like that. You know what I mean? I, I had no idea what the fuck it was for the longest time. Maybe I should go to it because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty fat fucking guy, so, you know. It is what it is, man. I don't know. The last thing I, I heard about Marjorie Taylor Greene that she was being uh, fined by the F FEC for, like, her Stop Socialism Super PAC, whatever. I, I don't know what, the, what it is, but, I mean, th that's not going to happen to her, but Jack Smith, apparently, was trying to go at her for, um, like, again, like, I can probably buy that she has something to do with the January 5th pipe bomb case, right? But it's like, you know, we have to guess and play them, like, you know, we have to, like, do the murder mystery thing about it if, like, the, like, the most you'll find out is that she incited it on some level, but, like, there won't be any tie, and even if there is a tie-in, what's gonna happen, they're gonna do anything to her, it's, like, stuff that they know that happened, now they have to bring it out, like, it's a tabloid level thing, just, like, the whole President, President Claudine Gay storyline, that's happening because they got rid of her officially, and then they brought in and then and 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 to add add to the add to the fundamentalism that a lot of the anti-Semitic fundamentalists are going to run with, they brought in someone that's pro-Israel. You know what I mean? Like, and and of course that's going to like give carte blanche to you know more of the bad faith actors to, uh, you know, get more anti-Semitic shit going on. But at the same time, it's like also normalizing that, like, if you legitimately didn't do anything fucking wrong, and you're gonna say you're taking it case by case, then you're gonna get fucking exiled, and then, the, and, and, and then we have to deal with, like, people that are cheering it on, now that they're, and now that the irony of Bill Ackman, his wife, um, you know, plagiarizing as well, and doing more of it, or, uh, or Chris Rufo, the guy who's being credited, uh, again, this is like a, a a big effort, but Chris Rufo's being fucking promoted as the guy that's putting it out there. So you make it seem like it's his fucking plan, but like this is like uh, something that like he didn't come up with. It's like probably someone else came up with it, but they're giving him the fucking like the, the like him being the face of it. So even that like is plagiarized already. But like he didn't even go to fucking Harvard, so like you know, it, like it, it's like it, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's already been established that they're doing this to fucking silence um opposing voice of voices and making it seem like oh my god, this is why you don't go with woke candidates and all that kind of shit. They're trying to fucking blackmail these fucking universities of not giving in to anything diversity and inclusion or anything like that, so they can fucking then get their right wing takeover of even the education. By getting it defunded or something like that, or just adding to their fucking nature, you know. And and and, and even like and, and you think that that would be one thing that uh, po supposedly that people on the left, on the post left, would fucking get behind, 
But, like, even the, pe- the people who are Jimmy Dore followers are shitting on her as well. So you're basically g- going, g- going, at, g- going at it um, from a right-wing angle as well now, basically. While you're pretending to be, like, you're a left-fucking-wing person. And then the whole argument about diversity hires. Whenever, like, anyone who shares the same political view of the right wing will fucking get hired or be allowed to do whatever. They, like, white people are allowed to be mediocre as fuck. As, you know, a lot of them can be mediocre as fuck. Not, not, not every single one. But people in high positions can be mediocre as fuck. And it, it's like, oh, that's normal, whatever. And then, then if some of the minority and they're in these spaces, it's like they got to fucking jump through hoops to impress these fucking people. It, 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 just because they were willing to hire one black person, that doesn't mean that they weren't qualified for it. it just, the system is so fucking racist, it won't hire more than one person. And it doesn't even do the one person who they hire a favor because most of the fucking, because when it's advertised that they're getting the job because they're black, then all of, or, or, or brown or a woman or anything like that, then automatically it gives fucking the, um, you know, people who don't want that there. Um, to basically, you know, who don't want that kind of diversity there, they don't. They they'll get the people to fucking the, the people who work there that hate that, to then fucking keep shitting on her, or shitting on her or him. It 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 it, it, it doesn't even it doesn't it doesn't matter if it makes no if it makes sense or not whatsoever. They will, you know. Like if if you're against um diver, um you know if you're against affirmative action. Like if you're if you're against that, if you're against diversity or anything like that, then I guess you should be against legacy fucking hires then. Cause that's fucking shit too then. Yeah. I don't know. By the way, what's it called? Um, I guess no. I guess people weren't gonna talk enough about MLW and Matt Riddle versus Jacob Fatu for being a good job, whatever. So Matt Stryker had to do some discourse about, you know, about the court of public opinion. And listen, there's a fucking there's a great there's this thing up the the thing I, I agree that the court of public opinion sh- like shouldn't be the be all end all and it should be handled by court cases. But that's only applies to regular people. They make it seem like these celebrities in the system, like go like you know like like if they're probably found guilty or innocent, they it'll they'll have something that works around the way for them um um because they're cogs in a mafia system, and the mafia system will fucking get the law to play. Play play along with whatever they want. If someone ends up going to jail, they'll become a discourse fucking figure or whatever. So whatever, so so if Matt Riddle's guilty or not, if you want to have a bigger conversation about what they do to these cogs to put them in the situation, then let, let, let's have that conversation. No one's going to do it. But all of a sudden, you're shitting on people that he may have fucking hurt and acting like that's not support, like, you know, like that he couldn't have done this shit. And considering that he confessed Matt Stryker in 2019 about being sexually assaulted, that's even extra disgusting. And now there's um, some women, that woman, that that redhead account from, you know, who's always at the AEW shows, who's a CM Punk stand, she mentioned about how Matt Stryker tried to grab her in her pants, whatever. 
And again, I guess Mastrick is supposed to be exposed now whatsoever, but again, it's if he bows down if he bows down to the future right wing, then he'll be allowed to do whatever he wants, whatever. They'll probably get the girl the girl that's accusing him. They'll you know once he's like rehabbed again, they'll get her to cool it or something like that. They'll probably do some shit like that. But a lot of time with the cold, a lot of people will get cancelled. Are designed to get fucking cancelled for the purpose of uh, going more right wing. So Matt Stryker has definitely been going in that fucking direction. But again, it, it, it just my whole thing is that people, there's people who cover this shit, like you know, online and all that, who pretend to be like, oh, we're morally superior. We're gonna put you through every fucking purity test ever on the fucking planet, and yet none of these motherfuckers are fucking as pure as they fucking say. And all, not only that, then they make excuses for when these people get back on the screen. It 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 doesn't disturb them that they have to kick um um um. Th- th- there's still a bunch of fucking uh, sex pest stuff happening within WWE. Um, with some of the people and 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 in AEW, and it just it, it's it, inconvenience to their fucking fandom and their access because that's what that's what's most fucking important. By the way, with the cold, even though those people hype for Ali, I can tell. Because he has like the pro, you know, uh, Palestine stance. You can tell there's already people that are already trying to discredit Ali and his like, you know, what can, what he'll be able to do on the fucking Indies and all that kind of shit. I do agree that you shouldn't always use dream. Just so you're gonna have cool matches. Cause not, cause again, like you know, every, every, everyone abuses it to the to the ground. Dream. Maybe it's his dream matches and stuff like that. I guess. People are like, oh my god, I'll leave versus anybody. That's not my dream. I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. This is some people that don't want anybody to fucking, you know, uh, you know, get ahead. They would have to fucking be defensive whenever any minorities fucking try to get ahead in the fucking system a little bit. I root for the fucking guy. Who knows? I don't know. TNA is starting to like un- uh, unveil their different titles throughout the week until because again you know they they haven't been doing any live television you know what I mean it's all been the best ofs and like you know and you know like the you know the best of the year or whatever the best of TNA but like this this week like you know this week this weekend coming up because it's Monday right now this weekend coming up they're gonna you know have um, you know they're gonna have their pay- hard to kill pay per view. And you're going to see the rebranding of all this shit. So, you know, we'll see what ends up happening. You know, I don't know. But they... I, I hope they're not res- resetting the lineages. I hope they keep the same fucking lineage. I I, I always thought that whenever... They, when the NWA... Because, again, if they just called it the NWA title... um, That was an, that was an impact, whatever. I can understand why you need a new lineage. I always thought that by NWA, um, you know, kind of, um, you know, um, like escaping from TNA, or like initially in 2007 and all that, that they still could have just by name, ha- like, you know what I mean? Because again, part of the title is still the TNA fucking title. So you still could have had like, like you know, the, the, the lineage there for the title. But for some reason, like all the NWA reigns 
up until 2007 don't count for this Impact title. So now I'm wondering if they're going to fucking reset all the lineages for the titles. I hope that's not the case, though. The only one that's escaped ever ever, ever being, like, cha- like cause again, you know how they, they changed it to Global Force for a bit? They had a fucking, you know, like, do, do, they had to do the TNA title, Impact, you know. The X Division has always kind of kept its same, same framing. There's never been a change to the name of it. We'll see what ends up happening, though. Hopefully the next time I come back on the podcast, it'll be to recap all the fucking other stuff that I had to recap, and I'm going to do it quickly as possible. All right. And I'll probably do the the, 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 the latest... Again, uh, last week's releases, there weren't that many either. You know what I mean? Like, the... the the um, like yeah, last week's release was like it's it, it's like it's like the last of the two thousand twenty three essentially a little bit two thousand twenty four, you know. This past weekend's releases there wasn't much either as well. You know. Anyways, peace out for a second. It's 8.07 p.m. January 8th. I might as well get to it. You know, I know I'm a week, fully a week behind. By the time this comes out, it'll probably be, like, in the middle of Raw anyway. So I might as well get to, um... I'll get to the Raw recap just so I can get out of my head right now. It's 8.08 p.m. So at least I can say I haven't got it done or whatever. Even though it'll come out, whatever. Who gives a shit? Uh, I'll go as quickly as possible. There wasn't much promo shit going on in this episode. It was mostly like, you know, because of the pay-per-view kind of setup. But Nia beat Becky. And this was probably one of Nia's best matches. It was hard-hitting. Uh, Becky did end up bleeding from something else. But they made it seem like the knockout punch is what kind of did it. And so we have the visual of Becky bleeding. I- I'm sure they'll probably continue this during the Rumble. And Becky will finally overcome her during the Bill to Mania, maybe. If Becky doesn't win the Rumble, then I could see her... Um, Winning the chance to challenge for it. I mean, the only two that are being set up for the big things for Rumble-wise are Becky and Bailey. you know what I mean? And people think Bailey will win and then end up challenging EO, but if Bailey fails and they turn on her, then she could be the one who wins the opportunity to challenge for uh, EO's title. It, it'd be cool if ba- Bailey won the Rumble match, though, you know what I mean? Uh, you know what I mean? As long as you get her a uh, singles mania match, I guess. Cody had a promo. He basically wants Nakamura to finish it tonight because this shouldn't have gone as long as he understands mentioning his family, comes with the territory, Nakamura then shows up. So he never thought it would be easy to get into the head and become the author of his final chapter. He whispered the plot into his ear and pushed his character to the brink. He has blinded Cody so he could not see the ending. Cody's story doesn't end tonight. He wants to give the American Nightmare one more week to dream. Next week, he becomes uh, he becomes what Cody will never be. He'll finish Cody's story, and he'll close a book. You know, and people think uh, Cody's storyline is, is the one that's being forced, but it's like the internet narrative online that's being forced because the internet thinks their narratives are 100% correct, right? Even though it's funded by the companies themselves. Something tells me, with the story having setbacks, I feel like something will happen where the story doesn't go as planned, even though... This is where the storyline is essentially going. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel like somehow we end up with like Sami Zayn in the main event or some shit. It makes you wonder if if something systemically will happen with Reigns, where where he won't lose the title, and they have to get something going, or does he, or does something happen to Cody that keeps him out? Like you know what I mean? Like it, it feels like we're like, the, the way that they always make it seem like this is the plan. They always thrive, um, you know. 
I personally believe that shit's systemic and they're going to get derived when the plans change, even though it's, like, still designed to be the way it is. They had a book an injury angle that was a shoot, apparently, to give the excuse of why The Rock needed, like, 20 or 30 minutes to fucking cut a promo segment with Jinder Mahal. But Kofi rocked Vinci with a dropkick, and there was a scare, uh, scare, so they had to stop the match. Think he's fine, whatever. People give props for stopping these, but the injuries don't even, even need to happen. But systemically, I feel, you know, it's like, it's to make it done on purpose, to make it seem like, they're, oh, they're taking it seriously. We had an Ivy Nile promo package. She had a decent match with Rhea, you know what I mean? But Rhea won. It, it was pretty good. It was it was a solid defense, and Ivy showed she belonged much better than Maxine matched a few weeks back with Rhea. We had a missed segment with Truth when he called her the Judgment Day. He was by himself, and then he called them, you know, the Awesome Truth reunion, and Truth is still thinking he's part of Judgment Day. Miz is carrying the momentum of his last match. Miz added asked Truth if he's seeing invisible people again. And Truth goes over what, what work he's doing for Judgment Day, like the PR, and how it's complicated. Jo- Dom and JD interrupt, and Truth makes mention of Dom's own hometown booing him. Miz pokes fun at JD, losing the Truth, so he's out of Judgment Day. He brings up 2023, his, 2020, his 2023 and 2024. Guy, I can't speak English. I can't, some days I get feeling, you know, Bruce Almighty effect of, like, you know, God smacking me in the fucking head while I'm trying to read. And he brings up Dom getting beat up by his dad and talks. He even mentioned CM Punk wiping the floor with them during the holiday tour. They set up a tag match and Truth is confused of who's teaming with who. He pretends that he's going to be on Miz's side for the sake of Judgment Day. He almost did punch Miz in the, in the match, which ended up hitting one of the... I think, I think it was JD. But Truth did, did, did the whole, uh, sorry I love you, like HBK did to Flair, but you know... It, that was funny. I feel like they're, they're trying to capitalize off old buzz from Awesome Truth, but I don't think the audience really cared as much about the reunion. Like, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, I appreciate it because I enjoyed that team, and there are legs to it, but, you know, whatever. Miz and Truth won the match. Priest and Dom came out um, during the Drew and set the match in the main event, and while Dom had the ref distracted, Priest hit um, Seth um, with the case. Before he could cash in and Drew um, then hit him with the... Cl- no, before he could cash in and Drew hit him with the Claymore. Drew had set the beat, but then he overshot the pin by, like, you know, uh, scooping his leg up. And Seth's leg ended up in the ropes. And that was Drew's fault, but Drew could have done something in the ring. But he went outside to, on the table with Seth, but Seth ended up turning the tides on him. And he eventually wins. But I like the development that this was Drew's fault after the other valid arguments he had that he was screwed over, screwed out of, basically. And now Drew can maybe keep blaming others, even though this time it was actually his fault. I don't know how to continue this, but I'm sure this will end up being maybe a triple threat for a title with, with Priest or something. I don't know. But they were... Uh, they're going to need something more for Drew to get a match. Otherwise, I think there will be like a multi-man match or some shit. There was a confrontation in some club while Caden K- K- uh, and Katana were celebrating and Chelsea and Niven got kicked out. But it was an overproduced segment that it was obviously a fake club, but it was fine to have this. I, it's fine to have this shit to, like, you know, outside the ring, you know, I, but it wasn't that good. Shayna and Zoe beat Natty and Tegan in a decent match. And then we had Jinder come out. I, again, I'm covering this last. Jinder came up for a promo. I think he's doing an anti-USA promo where the fans didn't seem to boom um, for being foreign. And maybe this segment just was being lazy, 80s trope, but Ginger criticized USA for being divided, and he spent, he went at it from an angle of, like, how they used to be a superpower. So he's mad they're not credible superpowers. So, like, you know, he's kind of taking, like, 
Like, the it's only a downgrade now because they're not a superpower anymore. Or, you know what I mean? Like, they're, like, you know, not, not like, you know, like, they're a laughing stock. I don't know what those angles are supposed to do, but this promo came off better than The Rock during his pro-USA shit, which is designed for him to run for president. So Judah's upset that they're they're disappointed. Thousands have competed, 50 champions, and his name is at the top of the list as one of the great, um, of, um, one of the, uh, it's hard the list, the only thing disappointing is that he has become, uh, what, the only disappointing thing, sorry, I, I misread it, man, I'm going too fast over this shit. His, um, you know, the only disappointing thing is what, um, has become of once a great nation uh, of America. Say, the fact that he thinks it was great from the get-go, then, you know. This is uh, unity. Do we feel united? You know, we have um, never seen, we, we've never been this divided politics and news, social media, all the misinformation, all the ignorance. Uh, you know, this country is a joke, basically. He will un- he'll unify us. Uh, you know, he's a unifier if you don't believe him. And then he says, shut up and listen. He speaks, uh, you know, his, his language. He's reciting the national anthem, which is pretty clever. But then, you know, but but then they boo, and he tells them that they're booing the national anthem. I mean, maybe this is a red state. Maybe this would have worked. I don't, you know. He says that they boo him because he looks different, because he speaks differently, unlike you know the Iron Sheik and others that have, that, that, that they're trying to expose the truth. He's different. He speaks with intelligence and class. So he's calling out like the way Iron Sheik called it the USA, acting like he's doing it any better. And you can tell, like, court, the Cornette types are all hyped us up because, which is obvious that Cornette's on, like, WWE's payroll because he, he was hyping this segment up while he shits on other good segments in AEW, which is kind of clear that he's getting, uh, you know, paid to fucking shit on AEW. But they want these kind of angles, but they don't want it with more nuance where the person calling it the USA Empire should be a baby face not a, and not generalize the crowd. I mean, the rock interrupts eventually. He has a lazier material than Chappelle here. He tells Ginger he's in trouble. He wants to be clear. Ginger is right about one thing. He's not the Iron Sheik because the rock knew him, loved him. And they go, they all loved him. So like, he's using Iron Sheik to, like, basically, like, you know, like his love for Iron Sheik, a caricature, to, like, you know, uh, to basically do his pro USA shit. Uh, and if the Sheik were here right now, he'd he'd ask, "Who's this no good, dirty son of a bitch, jabroni bastard?" Uh, and then he goes, "Of course." And then uh, you know he goes, "The, the Rock is here, the people's champion." Uh, and then, so the Jinder says, "Yeah, the Rock is here, the people's champion." Um, you know, the the champion to all the j- jingoistic people. And he goes, "If he was a Rock, he'd be ashamed to represent these people." And the Rock is proud to be an American, damn proud to say, "Finally, the Rock has come back to San Diego." Jinder wants to talk about truth. They don't boo Jinder because he looks like, uh, what he, how he looks like and how he talks like, the language he speaks. They boo him. And then he doesn't, he's paying, getting a message from Iron Sheik and he tells him that he'll tell Jinder right now. They boo him because he's the biggest asshole walking God's green earth. And, and Rock says there's that look they're familiar with, the resting bitch face, but this is raging asshole face. I mean, of course they, they bleep that. The Rock, uh, um, you know, um, likes him and he, um, you know, um, the Rock guesses that Jinder's angry all, um, all the time because no one likes him. He's not funny. If he was one of Rock's movies, he'd probably be Baywatch. And Jinder says, oh, I never watched Baywatch. And Rock says, no one else did. I mean, I did. I thought it was, you know, pretty decent. I don't know. 
I didn't think it was that bad. It wasn't good, but like you know, what I mean, like I didn't think it was. The, I think rocks were. I mean, if you're gonna make a comparison, Doom would been been worse. At least, at least uh, you know, at least uh, you know, it it made more money than Doom. I think. I you know, I'm pretty sure. But I, I don't know. Um, Ginger has the gall to call America a joke. It ain't a joke to the Rock and to these people. Also, it ain't a joke to every American watching. So the Rock calls him the calls him the day one douchebag, and he has people doing it. He has the whole crowd, you know, busy doing this shit. The, and then the and then the Rock, you know, uh, alludes, you know, to the, you know, um, he b- basically talks about the lack of testicles. I, 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 again, I don't want to recap the stupid shit. You know what I mean? Then Ginger basically attacks the Rock. Gets his comeback, and he talks about going to get something to eat. She said the bar. She said uh, sit somewhere else, or she said the head of the table. So it's designed for promotion of him running for president. And then he also teased a Reigns uh, match. It was a shit segment. The only people who hype it up are people who can't get over their stupid attitude era fetish. Sure, he'll now conveniently get a general audience back with the intention of the Rock being the focal point. But because plans won't go the way they planned it, it'll probably be a way for others to kind of get over by accident. But this is on the surface was designed for The Rock to set up the seeds for his presidential run. If you don't already think the young Rock was a ploy to do that. And even in kayfabe, Ginger was uh, told to go out there and have a sports entertainment segment with them. I felt Ginger came off better than The Rock, even though he didn't come off that, you know, that spectacular. Even if uh, I, I was not into the segment, people will use the ratings and the internet views to justify it. But that shit's always been amplified, and maybe it turns into something compelling, you know. People think it'll happen in Elimination Chamber, maybe, eh, Elimination Chamber, and maybe it does, and then if something happens, and maybe The Rock wins it or something, I don't know. And he ends up facing, because I, I just think there's going to be, like, it'll either go as planned as they're, as they're talking about, or something will keep, because the whole conversation has been, oh, they should have just done uh, the Cody win last year or whatever. It it feels like that's gonna constantly be a used fucking uh, uh, a used like talking point, whatever. Even though it'll it'll lead to something else by accident, you know. I don't know. Maybe he ends up maybe maybe we end up seeing the Rock versus Sammy for the title. Maybe I think something's gonna happen that derails what the promoted plans are. Even though whatever is gonna happen will be part of their plan. Again, my personal opinion. Let me go to NXT. Uh, I lost interest in this show because the Trick and Ilya match didn't happen. And I would have rather an angle play out to move that Trick and Mellow story a lot more. But it, I didn't think it was the best show ever. Lyra beat Blair in a decent match. And immediately Lola tried to cash in her contract. But Tatum made the save and actually helped out. Even though I don't think Lyra really wanted it. But I think she appreciated it. And you know... Nikita did confront Blair later on backstage, so at least that feud, um, the go that feud since she's like the one who took Nikita, Nikita out. So we'll see if she can get Nikita to look better because you know, because uh, because um, Blair is like more of a seasoned vet in the game, you know, in in general. So maybe she could like you know end up helping you know Nikita improve because she's still kind of green. Tatum did um did say that all is right in the world with Lyra as champion, and Lyra was still taken aback by it. Kelly Kincaid gave an update on Ilya, and he won't be cleared. And in real life, apparently, he's resting some injuries for real. 
But I'm sure the systemic one that um, he took from Ridge didn't help matters either. So basically, Mello wasn't buying it, even though Trick was concerned. And, you know, then Waller shows up and talks about Mello being the sidekick now. Mentions Trick wouldn't have won anyway. But they both, you know, put over their Iron Survivor wins, essentially. Basically, you know, uh, Mello suggested that Trick will put his number one contendership over the title. Yeah, I think Mello was the one that was pushing for it, right? You know. And then Ava confirms uh, Kelly K- uh, to K- Kelly Kincaid that Ilya will not compete, and she addressed helping out HBK because Heyman gave her like the you know the advice to you know go and do go go and do something whatever right, and it was not officially clear what her role is, but this is fine to get some character work done. I know people are gonna like go extra hard on her because she's the Rock's daughter, and everyone it, it, that's the narrative that you know you get favored. But I'll still give her time to fully develop into the role she's trying out for, you know. Ridge did, uh, did a sit-down interview, and he went over um, his accidents and mishaps and went over getting injured himself in war games and thought it was done. He goes over the injuries he's had with the Brutes. It was like they wanted to mention the Big E one, but they skipped over that one, even though like there's a, like that's the, ma- that's the major one that is centered around for the internet kayfabe. He basically tries to deny he's a monster and he's doing this on purpose and he's here to redeem himself. But I basically think this will be a design for him to be paid to take people out and he'll be aligned with Melo when he's revealed that Melo you know, told him to do this and so they're slow playing it. He was at the, at the NXT when uh, Trick was uh, you know eliminated, so he could have took the money there. So even though Trick was not happy about what Melo did, Trick still wanted um, one of this. Um, wanted the, even though Trick was not happy about what Melo did, Trick still wanted to do this himself anyway. And Trick won the match, Owens helped by punching him in the face. So it was an okay match. LWO beat the No Quarter Catch Crew, and it was Carlito tagging with the Wild and Crew because Dragon Lee might have some visa issues. That seems to be a new systemic reason for why people fu- plan to get fucked up too. You know what I mean? But I was disappointed by the no quarters catch. Uh, I was disappointed that the no quarters catch crew lost because this this can be a good stable, but they they have to come off with a threat. Even when Gulak wasn't happy about the loss of him wanting to go back to the den, and then when Dempsey comes back, Carlito then spit an apple in his face. So even his promises to get some even his um, promises to get some credibility get thwarted a little bit. They had Riley and Oba vignettes for their finals in the tournament. Oba ended up winning, which I was happy about because I think he looks more credible. But Riley had Chase U thing going on for him, but he'll end up being fine if he's like you know attached to that storyline. Thea did wish him luck before the match, and then got a, and they, they they did a high five. She's freaking out about it because it went smooth, I guess. This is why Oba could use the win because Riley will at least have some television time he's attached to an entertaining stable NXT afterwards. Uh, JC said Chase has to take time away, and she'll step up to help the university, and she made sure Riley and Duke enter the Dusty Cup, and, uh, you know, um, Dusty Classic, and she and Theo will take care of the money, etc., so this is her way of kind of taking over the entire university, maybe Duke's helping out, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but uh, they managed to uh, make it more interesting as it carries on. Roxy won the match against Ariana, but she wouldn't let go or stop attacking Ariana after the match. So the ref reversed the decision. Ariana wins, which is dope because she can use this to brag about and do her melodramatic speeches, you know, etc. But but this keeps Roxy, you know, going on the negative spiral with how she can't control her temper. But this is actually decent for Ariana's character because she's not at the top level of competing in this division, but she can use this to brag about that she beat a former NXT champion. 
You can, like, have her, like, you know, do the... You can have her beat more established champions by, by, by fluke so she can at least brag and have these over-the-top celebrations that she beat a former world champion and all that. You know what I mean? Uh, there was Tiffany promo for her match and she lost to Fallon. I think Tiffany has to be... I think it was... I thought it was only Fallon had to be her butler, but now it's like Tiffany had to be her butler now, so... I feel Tiffany should have elevated more after the Becky shit, but they have her in these kind of storylines. Maybe they'll get something out of it, you know, that you know I'm not seeing right now. Corbin and Braun had a segment, and Corbin is trying to get Braun to tag with them in the Dusty Classic, which they can play off since Corbin and Rhino were the first Dusty Classic, were the first Dusty Classic, and they were actually in the finals. So I could see this uh, um, do something similar for Baron and Braun to have some kind of common ground, and then maybe feud after. Maybe something does stick with them in the team, which could be good for Braun and even Corbin, uh, and even Corbin. But at the very least, if it doesn't work out, you can get a feud between them. You know what I mean? I want to see how they click in because maybe we'll. Because I, I like Corbin in NXT. I like what he's doing. Gigi and Cora had a segment. Gigi's basically putting out her dominance of taking over the section of the locker, the locker that locker room, etc. That Cora thinks she's like you know owed basically. I mean, I mean, continue the storyline. I, I, I try to move on from the backstage segment because they're way too overproduced. Um, out the mud cut a promo about Tony Stack not having the hunger anymore, and Reggie says they beat the streets in the system, and they're taking the titles, basically. Stack was mad at Chase for that caused him to have this match. Tony says they'll handle it, and then the new chick with them asks uh, Tony to get, give her an intro. Her name is a Adriana Rizzo. Uh, of course they're going to go with Adriana, of course. I'm surprised they didn't just go with Carmella. Or Janice. And then they find Gacy in their trunk, and Gacy says he's been there for hours. And then they ask what happened to the other guy that was in there, and Joe assumed that they were going to take him to the bridge, so... More murder, I guess. I have no idea what this character is supposed to fucking be. There's a segment with Izzy hyping up her partnership with Kiana. It was a nice touch to show why they're aligned. I'm not going to go into detail about a lot, because I'm, I'm weak behind with all these recaps. Nathan and Axiom will enter the Dusty Classic, and Nathan talks about how other established teams have failed, and Malik and Eddie take exception to that, so another case of him getting in trouble. I like how they're doing this, doing this, but the material needs to be stronger, especially when you're doing that fucking talk show thing that you're doing, right? But I do like how they have some of these good teams instead of a tournament. Overall, not the strongest show, but I think Alien Trick not happening kind of took from it for me a little bit. You know, uh, I don't know. SmackDown recap. Reigns showed up with Heyman. They did kind of just dismiss Kayla asking with The Rock. Later, Heyman did a promo when he addressed The Rock and CM Punk and Cody, which was decent. Says The Rock name dropped Roman, and then because uh, The Rock wants to sit at the t head, head of the table. But to do that, you have to be invited for a din dinner of relevancy. And Rock has not been invited, nor will he. Because The Rock is just like everybody else. He's looking for a shortcut, um, shortcut to the headlines. The only two ways in the world to make headlines. The first to, uh, is to date Taylor Swift, and the second is to call out Roman Reigns. Heyman says that uh, Roman uh, wins a match, and out comes John Cena. He wins a match, out comes Brock Lesnar. He beats Cody Rhodes, and Cody's still talking about finishing a story. CM Punk comes back after 10 years, and he welcomes Punk back, and Punk says he's the OG Heyman guy, and that's true, but he's upgraded from best friend to advocate, and upgraded to advocate from wise man. And tonight, Randy Orton, LA Knight, AJ Styles will fight for the opportunity to get smashed by Roman Reigns at the Rumble. And the person who will get smashed at the Rumble the same way whoever wins the Rumble will get smashed at WrestleMania. Because there's not one man on this planet 
uh, that can beat Roman Reigns. It's a really good, and it makes you look forward to where they go with all these storylines. But then again, when they have stuff hyped up, I've learned that stuff that you're looking forward to that is so simple to look forward to, this industry will com- complicate it and make me wonder if we're getting any of these things. The match with Orton Styles and Knight was really good. Knight was uh, bleeding at one point. It he carries his own weight in this match. Styles and Orton always have, you know, good chemistry. Um, you know what I mean? They, they 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 have really good chemistry from their matches in the past. Like, you know, uh, you know, past, how long has AJ been in WWE for now? Like, eight years now. Holy shit, you know. But, you know, they've had, you know, good, you know, uh, chemistry with that shit. And then the Bloodline, including Roman Reigns, attacked them, so the match is thrown out. But I thought Triple Threats don't have DQs, so, I mean, I mean, I guess, like, them being put out, like, you can't continue it, but, I mean, they could have literally, I mean, technically they could have continued it, but I guess you had to find a reason for the fatal four-way, but Aldous did the, this off mic and told Heyman to pass on the news and congratulates Roman Reigns. It was like when Sergeant Slaughter got one over on HBK talking about defending his world title against Owen off the mic when HBK and Triple H did the European t- title stunt with a finger poke of doom. So that would be decent. Reigns hasn't defended the title uh, in a while, so defending it against you know three people will just be fine. But but by the way, they never really did the fucking uh, title match with Owen Hart and uh, and and Shawn Michaels or something like that. They, they, I don't think they ever did did it. I think he ended up getting the the, the European title title uh, match. Uh, you know, a little bit later, and Triple H didn't even show up for that one. It was Goldust dressed up as Triple H. Guy, what they call they 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 really what they call they didn't want to put Owen or Hart over at all whatsoever, like in, in any way possible. And you thought that he would after like that that you know whatever. Anyways, um, so um, that'll be so Ray had to defend the title in a while, so defending against three people will be fine. But I wish they had something better than just the bloodline interfering if he retains. Some people think that Orton might win the title. Maybe I don't know. Aldis had a segment with Ashante who wants to approve himself, but he doesn't want Aldis to feel sorry for him. Also, he doesn't, and there, and this is why he has an opportunity for him. So I'm curious of how this will go because Ashante is a talented dude. So you know, maybe they'll get something for him. Um, Ko beat Santos in the final, so he'll face Logan at the Rumble. And Logan was on commentary, and he cut a promo afterwards. And he puts over how he has uh, had a title for like sixty days or so. And how no Canadian should win the U.S. championship. Clearly, he didn't know the history of this title then. Since Canadians have won the title. But he makes the crack about Vancouver hockey. You know, the, the Canucks. Whenever win a championship. Owens nails Logan with the cast. They still has on. And then later on, Waller and Theory were making sure he's okay. So they feel like they're aligned with them. And, and which for this run, it, it might be a good move for them to be officially aligned with them. Where they, you know, where they could just be the tag team. Then Grimes showed up to mock them. And officially had to break it up. Lashley and Prophet cut a promo, and uh, um, you know Lashley declares um getting back into the uh, top of you know, being at the top and getting in the rumble, and then Cross and a brunette Scarlet show up with Ellering, and then AOP attacked the baby faces. I mean they were this week, so I don't know, but they attacked Lashley and the Prophets. And I don't know if this is designed to go anywhere productive. It feels like all the talents involved feel like they've all been in a holding place, even with the AOP. The, the, way, the way they just kind of showed up, it felt like they have already been on the roster for a while. Like, it would have been better if you just had this big reveal of them instead of just coming out from behind. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't have like, any big get-up. 
I'll see what happens. You know, Io beat Misha in a pretty decent match to retain her title. It's good to let her show what she can actually do in the ring because during her time on the main roster, she's never really gotten time to show what she can do, you know, from what I've seen of her, from, from, compared to what I've seen from her in other companies. Damage Control sets their goal for 2024 and Bianca shows up and plans on winning the Rumble and Dakota tells Bailey to handle Bianca because she's going to have to work through her plans. And that's why we need more Bailey and Bianca. Like they haven't exhausted that enough. But I, as I already said, I think I, I already said what I think will happen with Bailey and the Rumbles. I think you know she and Becky are the front runners who are gonna win. Uh, anyways, uh, let me go to Collision now. I actually did a longer one on this one, but it's still like you know not many notes. <coughs> it started with Sting and Darby versus the Work Horsemen. The heels attacked and took their initiative before they matched with chairs. They got Flair involved too, where he did a chop to them, but they dominated before the match started. So the match starts. Jaden gets a diving headbutt. They dom uh, they have dominance over Darby. They knock Sting off the apron, but JD missed the moonsault. Darby gets a code red, and Sting gets a splash. Darby coffin drops outside, and Sting gets a death drop on uh, JD Drake for the win. Then later on, Flair promoting the next location for Sting. Train to Jacksonville. Sting is hyping it up in an over-the-top promo. He doesn't, he doesn't want Don to say that he's going to coast on the remainder of his time here. He has that Darby in D Daly's place. He even has about doing a retro promo. I'm not doing it justice, but it felt like one of those old-school promo to hype up, you know, from an upcoming show. It was, like, the most motivated I've seen Flair, you know, but, uh, nothing else to stand out about this. A lot of the show was felt like it was just filler other than two of the matches. The Kings didn't trend the main event, but I'll always say that Dynamite feels hype for me at times, but then when the random episode of Collision takes place, I feel I kind of lose interest a little bit. I was not looking forward to going in into it because it was a little, it was a little burnt, it was a, I was a little burnt out from the wrestling, but this opening match was basically a squash, but it felt like the, for the time given, workhorsemen were able to stand out and kind of take the role of Garcia in 2.0 when they first arrive, where they're going to get squashed, but they at least bring it on themselves by trying to be violent as possible. You know, so I always kind of dig that type of shit. You're going to get squashed. But this is fine. I think I'm already getting into that part of the year where I'm not really going to be into shit as much because there's so much out there. It's beyond just appreciating the way people have, you know, used their minutes, you know. And a lot of the farewell stuff will just work, will work, but I also feel like having Flair part of this is designed to make people not care. Then I would have to hear people bitching about cancel culture while the person who did horrible shit is still, like, being paid and still prospering, so. Casey and Trent had a match for the title. I don't know which one. Uh, Kenny, no, it's for, for the Continental Classic. Eddie got a backhand at first, and Trent had control. Trent had busted from, um, from a backhand, and the machine gun tried his nose was, like, busted open. The middle of his nose. Eddie got a Saito outside or some kind of suplex, but it was cool seeing the fo uh, the, the focus. Uh, Eddie showing how much damage he can do. Kingston had control when he came back. He had a running boot. He yanked Trent, Trent off the uh, off the rope and landed on his neck. Trent got a jumping knee to intercept what Kingston would do to get some advantage. He got a throw, but Kingston was able to get uh, control back with some headbutts. Trent got a sit-out powerbomb and take Kingston down from the top. Kingston got an exploder and insiguri and a DET for a near fall. Trent got three Amigo German suplex and a sliding knee, then a Garth-style pile driver for a near fall. Trent got a half and half after a back and forth. Kingston got an exploder, a backhand, and something else, but Trent kicked out and Kingston got a Northern Lights bomb for the win.
This is one of the highlights of the show. People think that the C2 title it, it will be on its own because Kingston will be defending his title separately. So maybe the tournament happens, the specific title will be on the line. But if you're going to do a fucking triple crown title promotion, when then maybe you should ha- just combine the titles. Otherwise, what's the fucking point? Once Trent started bleeding, it was like really compelling. It's, uh, you know, it's showing with the with Kingston having more confidence coming uh, out of this tournament that he that he's a deadly person with how much damage he can do when he's really like you know focused. Don't worry though, because the people who run uh, shit will organize body shaming discourse to put Kingston back into depression because the argument gets inconsistent with who's allowed to have a gut and who's not considered fat and all that type of shit. And it's all in bad faith, but this shows you the billionaires can play with people, um, can pay people to add to the detriment of other people's mental health. And they don't actually care because the internet thinks they're having a genuine discussion. It feels like people will point that out and people can't take criticism of others. But these people online who are paid to do this are the biggest fucking pussies on the planet. Who fucking cry if people look into what their shadiness is. But again, people don't uh, want people to actually be fucking happy on this planet. So they constantly try to drag their name down the, down the mud. Anyway, this is one of the highlights of the show to me. I was not looking forward to it because it felt like the first defense and Trent never had anything of substance other than, you know, have good matches in these situations. This made me care about the guy. I, this made me care about the guy more, but, it, but then this match, you know, it just his push never go anywhere. But this match was really fucking good, I guess. We saw Statlander and Willow basically say they'll continue to prosper to, to, in 2024. They mentioned Stokely getting in their business. Nothing much to this, really. They could just let them get another match on the show to show you can have more, more than one win match on the show. But the more people get access to the company, the more they stop mentioning the women and shit because it doesn't matter to them. A lot of them are just closeted and misogynists anyways, in my personal opinion. We had a hook... Pr- that's why a lot of these, like, you know, uh, some of these elites who are, like, you know, I feel who are closeted. In my, and, again, the reason why I'm mentioning it is because they they make it seem like they're criticizing from that angle. But, like, this is, like, how some of the people, like, start, like, oh, this person not attractive enough to me. Basically, you can't jerk off to, you know, and, and, and then just like these other people can't fucking, uh, you know, uh, oh, they don't want another woman on because they can't jerk off to her. That's, I, that, that's what a lot of people's mentality is. That's what it is. So I'm, I'm just saying, and, and, and don't worry, with the cold, they're the ones who are winning. It's not like my complaints about it are going to do anything. So, but, but people don't want you to even mention that that's uh, even possible with how these people, like, you know, have access. And it, it's all about who, who, who you're fucking and who you are, who, who you can been associated with essentially because it's not about the actual fucking talent anymore we had a hook promo talking about his win percentage and he wants to look at other championships I figured he would challenge Judah for the pure title he's going for Joe's world title which will be Joe's first defense probably which will do him wonders mixing up with him even though like a loss he could still have him get over unless Joe's is going to squash him in two minutes but I don't mind him being Joe's first title defense, but I kind of wish they built Hook up better for the opportunity. I think they'll they'll go right to it right away instead of letting Hook get some established wins so he, he at least looks strong going for the match. I'm not saying for a pay-per-view. I'm saying for, even for television. You know what I mean? You can, you know, I don't know. We had Taven and Bennett with Roddy, um, Roddy against Commander. and uh, Roddy was not in the match, but they're against Commander and Brian Keith. 
It just seems they get these guys on television time. They're just going to have, like, they're going to lose most of the time. So this match was all about keeping the new group strong while there might be a good back and forth. Give me one second. Okay, so, yeah, um, yeah, it was a back and forth uh, designed for a glorified scar. Nothing too exciting when he was going until Commander got a springboard Rana that let Brian Key get some offense. Bennett blind tags. Gets the advantage before the picture-in-picture. Picture. Taven plans Brian Keat down to, and gets an FTF-like move, and then the commentators were focusing on how it's a 10-minute time limit for some reason, and they were that's what they're focusing on. Brian Keat got some kind of comeback before making the tank to Commander, who got a crossbody and a spinning DAT. Got a running knees of Bennett. Brian Keat did a running headbutt, and Commander did a superplex off Brian Keat's shoulders. Brian hoisted up Commander in the air onto, onto, onto Bennett and Taven. Taven ran into Keat's knees. Taven got a um just a tip while uh, the move's called just, just just a tip while Bennett got the pile driver, and then they got the heart foundation like move finisher where Taven does a zigzag basically to win. I figured Bullet Club or Acclaim would show up since they would want a piece of these guys, but they had a segment backstage. I did this match to establish a group a little bit more, and it was more about more of a serious tone than what has been done before. But this is pretty decent. Maybe they'll make Commander and Keith a permanent tag team instead of having Commander randomly tag with every fucking Lucha guy and Alex Abrahanta's fucking managing them more, you know. But the kingdom looked a lot more dangerous in, in this element and hopefully this group carries on properly. But this is a discourse coming now, so who fucking knows. Then we'll see Bullet Club being confronted by the acclaimed and Billions and Switchblade want to handle on their own. Switchblade says this is none of their business. This is all started when Adam Cole laid his hands on them. Billy takes a dig of having to help his, help his sons again. And Castro says some shit and Colton reminds them they're taking their titles. Bullet says everyone needs to calm down. He says that the only way to get on top in the wrestling is through factions. Switchblade led a faction in New Japan, and Billy Gunn knows a thing or two about factions. Bowens tells the guns to think about it. Everyone walks off, but Austin says to Renee that it kind of makes sense. I like how they keep tying the guns to the acclaim since they kind of had the connection while both teams are raising their stock. But I don't know if I want to see an alliance again. But I'm sure the Bullet Club will fuck them over, and it'll just lead to a match or a rivalry with them. I think with Juice out the, with the injury, I think I can see Switchblade and the Guns actually getting the trio's titles. And they're using this feud with the Kingdom to kind of start that. But I don't know what this feud will... Um, I don't know how this feud will work. But at the very least, we'll probably get a triple threat for the trio's titles at some point. But I don't mind this segment. I think these guys should have at least shown up after the Kingdom's match. On on the actual show, like, you know, like in the ringside, and then maybe kind of do an in-ring promo, I guess. I don't know. Edge had a promo. He reminds every, 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 um, everyone that him and Christian beat the living hell out of each other. He beat him for the championship, but now he has to go back in the, now he has to go back in the line, and Christian thinks that Copeland uh, has always had an opportunity handed to him. But he mentioned that he mentioned uh, that oh he has an automatic rematch, so I guess I was put in there I guess. But when it comes down to it, Cop Copeland just works harder. K uh, Christian wants to earn the title shot. He'll start by doing that right here tonight. He'll start from the bottom because he worked hard. He's in his gear. And he's ready for a fight. So who he's throwing an open challenge. Uh, you know the cope. He called it the cope open. He goes who wants it. Then Maria comes out and Griff introduces himself and kind of talked a little bit of shit. He gives Edge the softest slap in the fucking planet. This should have been an easy win after that most bitch-ass slap but then I ne that I've ever seen from Griff. But then Maria got involved and Cole Carter got involved. It gave Griff the advantage. They gave Griff too much. You know, it wasn't much of a match, but 
Griff planted him on the mat first. Edge of the flapjack, he drop kicked Cole, and then he slid outside and got a crossbody on Griff. Griff got a discus fist to Edge to counter the spear. Edge got repeated headbutts, a superplex, the impaler DT, and then a cross face for the win. Cole caught an attack after the match. He missed a 450, and Edge nails the spear. And I, I, I would have done this shorter. I think once I saw the most bitch-ass slap on the planet, I lost interest in this being even being a showcase because this felt like if you took Cena in a confronting angle in 2002 and then and did it in the most bitch-ass version of it, I you know, I bet Edge didn't even like how soft that fucking slap was. You know what I mean? I, 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 listen, I, I get it. Maybe, maybe Griff didn't want to fucking hurt the guy or something like that. But, like, dude, that was like, I don't know. I think it was all that great. We're definitely getting another match between Copeland and Christian, I guess, you know. I guess they can carry it to, you know, more, you know, to more compelling levels. Because I don't think it's, I, I don't think uh, this was a good pro, like the best promo from Copeland. Christian Mike working character is the one that's carried this feud. That's, we're just crazy. Like, like Edge, maybe it's by design to make Christian shine more, but I feel like, I'm missing the beginning, like when Edge first came back from the in, from his injury, like he was cutting really really compelling promos, and then after then the latter half of his uh, his run WWE, it felt like he was unmotivated, and it feels like even though he's doing good work in AEW, it feels like his promos still like leave a lot to be desired. I don't know, man. We had a Sky Blue versus Kiara match. The commentators are bringing up how they've teamed up a couple times in ROH with Willow. They avoided each other for a bit until Kiara got slaps on her and then a hip attack guillotine, then a thrust kick. Sky got the advantage. She didn't have the the singlet she had the pre the previous week, so I bet the online contingent got pissed that she wasn't showing enough ass, so she had to go back to the this gear essentially. Uh Kira was uh, trying to make a comeback after the picture in picture, but Sky got a knee strike. Kira nailed a thrust kick as Sky was coming from the top. Kira did a couple of shotgun drop kicks. She did a hip attack, sliding kick to Sky in the corner. Kira got a neck breaker. Sky escaped the 10 punches, got a thrust kick, and then they basically do thrust kicks back and forth until Sky gets a, a TKO. Like, you know, like, you mark, like, you know, yeah, it looked like Mark Miro's old move with the dragon sleeper, and then she turns into a dragon sleeper. The Connors called it the, the, uh, called the TKO a follow-away slam also. Uh, I don't think this match was that great, but there's no storyline development. It's also done to appease the shills online that, you know, when, when no woman match has been announced, the Sky Blue gets promoted before the show begins. Like, oh, we got a Sky Blue match. It wasn't that, it wasn't that great. It's fine as long as you're letting characters develop, but I wish there was more women match on the show because if one doesn't deliver, it makes you feel like the division is back to being set back a little bit. There was no mention of Thunder Rose are returning or anything. No follow-up on that. It was cool that Kira get... Maybe maybe Thunder Rose is also leaving as well since she's been complimentary a punk. We got Serena Deep a promo. The same one from the pay per view was good. She's really good on the mic in this kind of setting. I wish the best for her because she's not she's really good and she needs to be focused on. And if they can do compelling promos like this, they could like be doing a lot more for the women in general. But hopefully, this is like gonna be a good push for her. If you can produce shit like this, then this is, there's no reason why you can't uh, do that for other women on the roster. But it's going to be a lost cause until Mercedes shows up. Claudio faced Andrew Everett in a... He set up a match with Hangman in the picture-in-picture, picture, like, you know, the inset promos. He doesn't need, he doesn't need a reason to fight um, when the job is to fight. So this was like a set up for Dynamite with an inset promo for the match. He got a choke slam on him. I never seen him really do that often. So it looks weird. He did a running uppercut outside. Then he got a giant swing and he flings him almost across the ring. 
Like, you know, he did a really vicious hammer and anv- anvil elbows. Everett got a springboard, leg lariat, another leg lariat in general. Connor put over Everett being a prominent up-and-comer. His knee injury set him back. I think Everett fell off the road, but Claudio got a uh, Ricola bomb, and then he gets a King Kong lariat, like a short-arm King Kong lariat for the win. He talked about he talked shit to Hangman through the camera. This was like fine match. I'm looking forward to Hangman with Claudio. I like that what time they gave this ball, kind of like you know f- to kind of get some random character work going, and just, it made the pro- the promos will hype up the match from Dynamite, and he just gave you a little like oh this is what K- Claudio can do essentially. Starks and Bill had a promo about cutting cutting back Daly's players as champion. He made his debut and challenged Cody for the TNT title. Starks can't believe in their um uh, it, it, it's Sammy and his first match together, and he vows to cut the legs from Sammy. He knows everything about being absolute, and Bill basically challenges Sammy and Jericho to battle the belts in a street fight. If Sammy makes it past Starks on Dynamite, Starks did put out a message, kind of signaling. This is the end of the company, kind of in a way, in a vague way. So I'm sure that he'll lose the title that battled the belt and we'll find out that Starks is leaving. I have a, feel, I have a feeling uh, Starks and MJF and QT and Spears are going to be in a group. Or maybe if, that, if Cody turns heel after Mania or some shit, these guys are going to be in his group, maybe. Who fucking knows, right? People, by the way, if, if, I'm, if, if I'm kind of signaling right, there's going to be a lot of people that are insiders that are going to hate this. There's already enough people that... Uh, like, you know, steal my steal my uh, thoughts before I put them out because they read what I say um, in my in, in, in some of the stuff that I write down, basically. You know what I mean? People love to fuck with me that fuck up, in that kind of way. FDR versus House of Black was the main event. Uh, Cash and Buddy mixed it up for a bit. There was, a, um, you know, the, the basic rapid st- stalemate shit and getting the best of each other, um, but they were doing it really fast. FDR got a double rush leg sweep. Dax and Buddy then got it going with some sequence. Dax blocks the kicks. They go back and forth, and Black sits down a cross-legged, and Dax sits down as well, and Black approaches Dax's family sitting front row to get in FDR's head. Dax had control when they come back, but the heels got the advantage on Cash. They sweep him off the apron, but eventually Black does an acai moonsault onto Cash outside. Cash tried to make the tag. He fell back and let Buddy fall out of the ring through the ropes. Then Black prevented it, and Buddy knocks Dax off the apron. There was a bit uh, where Cash was waiting for them to come in because... Uh, at first, he could have got to Dax easily, in my personal opinion. Uh, Cash was able to get a takedown from uh, desperation, and I wondered if they would let him get the hot tag during the picture-in-picture picture that they did. Dax did 10 punches, cross-bite a buddy, and a bunch of strikes. He and Black end up back-bite, um, dropping Buddy, and then it lets Dax get a brain-buster on Black. Buddy nails a Kamigari when Dax was approaching because Black kicked out of the O'Connor roll. Uh, Cash pulls Buddy out so Dax could roll, roll back, roll up Black. Uh, FTR attempts the power plex spot, but then they were taking their time, but then they got, they actually got, I thought it was going to be thwarted, but he did a mediocre from the top to knock Cash into Dax, so it broke up the pin. House and Blocker were dumped outside, but they caught Cash's tope, and they do a double knee strike to the face, and hip toss him over the commentary table. Black had uh, a chair, but Buddy tags in to be the legal man. Black is looking at Dax's family, and Dax fans them off. Buddy gets a combo strike, and FTR get a shatter machine, and Black breaks up the count. After Back and forth, Dax and Cash get a spike pile driver to Black on the apron, and then Brody made this up, made his way out. And Garcia chases, chases after with him with the chair, um, starts hitting him over and over again, uh, and threw that at Brody's head a couple of times. But he gets a curb stop on Dax, but Dax had his foot on the rope. But he got a power bomb, and Dax got a counter pin attempt and wins. 
The notion of um, the notion of um, Black cutting a promo about them joining the family was kind of underwhelming with the fact that they just lost to House of Black. Like, they, they they lost, but then House of Black beat them down, and and also Garcia. They cursed off Cash on the chair. Black did a black mask to the chair to Dax. They beat up Garcia more. Julia's ringing the bell ten times in the ten-bell salute. Like, you know, the death of FTR. I don't know what the comments other than just continuing this feud. Like, I don't know where Garcia fits in on uh, this thing. And I wonder if that's going to be its own feud or is it going to be put in this feud as well. And we continue to get these trios matches with Alison Black. They felt like a dominating stable in the end. And having Julia there was a good touch since she's not been there with them for a while. But the main event was really good. I just thought they, sh- that they should have just won then if that was going to be the fucking case. I don't know what this angle accomplished because it just, they built up like something darker would happen. But it was just a beatdown, essentially. Dax's, Dax's kid didn't even seem like, didn't didn't really seem to react much to what was going on. Like, the kid was, wasn't horrified or anything. While the commentators were talking about how, like, like the uh, we're painting the picture of, uh, you know, the, uh, of, of the family being horrified by this. I never know, I never know if you get invested in House of Black stuff because there's so many started to start pushes. FDR hasn't been the same since the internet made them a discourse character because the internet work shoots don't mean shit anymore to me. It doesn't add to the product anymore, really. It just adds to people profiting online, essentially. Anyways, it's 9 p.m. now. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, publish this now so you know I, I don't have to fall back on behind and all that type of shit. Peace out. <laughs>